0: Hey onesies, Josh Williams here with yet another bonus episode of the one man podcast. And this time I sit down with my dear friend, Kyle Brownrig. and not gonna lie guys, this is a long one. Kyle and I have been friends for a long time and ever since he left Ottawa, his career has just exploded. He's done every major festival in the country. He's done tours. He's done all of the TV spots over the pandemic things like that there's been so many things that he's done and uh and we talk about them on this episode and normally you know I'm not one to throw too too much into this intro anyways but because the episode's so long I don't want to go on forever just even setting it up there's so much that we talk about we talk about his podcast called Best Actress which is available online we talk about you know him starting out just being who he is you know, honestly and genuinely, he has some advice for people looking to start stand up. It's it's a good episode. I, I had a really good time. Both of us were like, "Holy shit!" It w- it went so fast, and uh, and we could have kept going a lot longer had both of us not had <laughs> previous engagements. I had shows to do, and he had uh, dinner plans. So definitely, I assume Kyle will be back another time to 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 prattle with me on. Prattle on with me. Who knows how you say it, but we'll we'll definitely we'll definitely chat again. I'll have him back on the podcast. But you guys can tell just by the way we talk. We've we've known each other for a long time and we're close. So I'm really excited for you guys to get a chance to meet him too. I really hope you enjoy my chat with Kyle Brownrig. Yeah. So and I,
1: I, so this is the beginning of the podcast.
0: Well, I, we're recording now. <laughs> this is, I can always always pick where I decide to fade. Okay, around, okay. But, <laughs> we can but go in so and that we're already talking, and we can just. But it, to to answer, like, yeah, for it's not that just oh, I'm an old guy. I'm clearing my throat a lot. It's that I have post nasal. That's its own thing, mm-hmm. and whatever's going on in my throat seems to be irritated by it. So if I take care of the post nasal, it lessens it, but it's never gone. And when I first went into the doctor to say like, there's something really fucked up in my throat. Yeah. They were like, ah, you've probably just been working too hard. It'll, it'll go away in a few weeks. They gave me prednisone. They're like, here, it's an anti-inflammatory. That'll, that'll take care of it. And I was like, oh, thank God. Because I was, I was busting my ass. I wasn't in good shape. That was right around the time I got diagnosed with diabetes too. So uh, there was a lot of things for them to dismiss this with, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and then I, you know, a month and a half later. I went back to the hospital and I was like, there's something in my throat and this is terrifying. And I was scared because I don't want like, oh, it is cancer. Do you know what I mean? I don't want that diagnosis, but I'm also terrified because every night I wake up in the middle of the night and my throat's closing in on itself. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. yeah, dude, it's fucked. Do you think and- it could possibly be like, like,
1: anxiety related or thyroid like do they test your thyroid they, gave, they
0: ultrasound they, they did an ultrasound on my thyroid but that's way down here and i'm like it's happening like up here i'm like sometimes it even feels like it's like the top of the back of my mouth which is like the source but there's a spot in my throat that always i can touch it and i can feel like I almost feel like a tickle on the inside of my throat like oh you're touching the area where it's mm. irritated Weird. you know what i mean it's almost like you ever like pluck a nose hair or something and then you feel something in your nose like is that snot or a scab
1: never in my life
0: (laughs) never in your life
1: no idea what you're talking
0: i don't know i at one point like i nose trimmer and i probably went too close to to the surface and it's like you can irritate it right so it would have like it would have like okay you've picked a pimple and had like a little clear yellow crust on it right from like the the stuff that would come out and then solidify so the idea is like the same thing in your nose but you're like oh is this like you know Crusty snot, or my picket. Uh, uh, I guess the terrible metaphor, very unrelatable. Again,
1: but, this is just a delicious start to it. A is a delicious episode. Start. Listen, I, I haven't eaten. I'm in days. starving. I'm starving. Are you after this? You, Are you kidding me? We met? met with you
0: eating. I was like, oh, I missed that. They,
1: like, <laughs> the Eglinton here has really, like, improved. The last time that I was here, it was, like, basically, like, a homeless shelter <laughs> and, like, bus stops and obviously all the construction. But now it's, like, these, these that beautiful LCBO on the corner. That's
0: been there for quite a few years.
1: It didn't look like that. It's so beautiful now. And they have, like, the Kettleman's Bagel. And, like, yeah. there used to be a Jack Astor's that was, like, so sticky and gross. And that's gone now. Good. And they have all these nice stores. And- I
0: miss... The step back for me was when the Golden Griddle was on the corner there, right at right at right at Red Path in Eglinton. So like it it was just a tiny. This was probably before you were even in Toronto that that it closed. But for like fifteen years that I've been coming here, there they had just a little Golden Griddle. The 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 server probably slash manager Khan who worked there. It didn't matter. I'd see him once every eight months, but he'd be like, "Hey, boss, how's it going? You know, good to see you." Blah blah blah. They had uh, Golden Griddle has the, a Hollandaise sauce there that's just like a Hollandaise mayo. It's thicker, but it doesn't taste like gross. A lot of places will have a Hollandaise mayo or a whatever. It was great. It was absolutely delicious. He even sent me home with like a carton of it one time. Mm-hmm. I was like, I love the mayo. He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah it always was Nor Nor brand Hollandaise sauce," but sent me home with a cardinal. of Just a good guy who I'm like, every eight months he sees me, but still remembers me, my name, whatever. And it's a, it was a good cheap breakfast, a block away from where I'm at. Great. I'll be, I mean, but it's got, I, I was with Dambra, just to finish real quick. I was with Dambra and I'm like, oh, let's go to Golden Grill. And the, the marquee or whatever, the sign canopy was still out front. And I'm walking with Dambra. We crossed the street and I, I'm not really paying attention because we're talking. And he stops at the corner, and I'm walking right up, and I grab the front door. I'm looking, I'm like, "What? Well, yeah, let's go!" And I go to open, pull the door, and it's like locked. I'm like, "What the fuck?" I look, and there's fucking brown paper in the windows and everything. <laughs> like, like he got to the corner and reckoned, like, "Oh, this place is nothing." I'm like, "Ah, blah 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 Like, it's just all—it's just one of those things. It's always been there. So, like, my brain wasn't like, "Let's evaluate." It was just, "Yeah, there's a golden needle on the corner." Blah, blah blah blah. Didn't, and I was like, uh, uh, what? I <laughs> "Like, you were heartbroken." I right? was heartbroken.
1: Well, that food, it does, it does, it does sound delicious. I don't know if it sounds as delicious as your post nasal drip. I'll be honest All of with it, you.
0: Listen, it's the same texture. That's, I was trying to make it more relatable. Yeah. Hollandaise sauce. Yeah. Going down. Now the, the short version is I went to the hospital, went to my doctor, got stuff. Everyone was like, ah, it doesn't sound like it's a thing. I'm like, well, every day my throat will tighten and loosen and, and predominantly irritated in the exact same spot. So for the love of God, can we please have an ear, nose and throat guy? Like I should have had an ENT for my post nasal drip 10 years ago. Mm. So, but they're all saying like, well, now that it started during COVID, like they're all two years behind my doctor who I love. It's almost like he's a comic in the sense that like, he'll just give it to you straight. And you're like, fuck, I could have used a little bedside manner on that. Sure. But he's like, when I first saw him, he's like, listen, the thing with being a doctor is like, there's always two things that are huge. One is being able to find what the issue is, because there's a lot of issues people have or just can't necessarily find it. It's not saying that it's not a thing, just not being able to find out exactly what's causing it. And then two is what can we do when we found it? And he's like, those are two really hard things. You know, everybody I've, I've said for years that everybody kind of goes to the doctor. I, there's something there. I saw a little scoff. I love you very much. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I gave my self-esteem a pep talk. We're like, Kyle's going to check me
1: (laughs) no it's it's not that I just I I I just, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm like, I'm, I'm going through your, your, your diagnoses and your health ailments. I told and you
0: I, I shouldn't have taken that Adderall I'm I'm like, dialed into the car. And I'm, I'm just wondering, I'm like, what is this podcast? I'm like, it's about you. We're going to get there, but we're getting this past. Just, I, we also haven't caught up. It's fair to give the audience context <laughs> that we used to spend, you know, a few days a week together yeah, and yeah. then we haven't seen each other for a long time. So yeah. I've been admiring you from afar. No happy for you. And just no. I glad to, hear... to see that you're doing well. And I'm like, you know what? I've been up and down. I don't want to get any of me. on. I here, want to hear so... more about your bodily <laughs> fluids. There's to... no fluids in this. <laughs> no <laughs> fluids. But I'm saying that like, you know, when you're a kid, oh, just in life in general, you get older and some of the saddest shit about life is the fact that you realize, you know, over time, oh, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. And, you know, all the people in my life don't know everything. My parents don't know everything. And the worst one when you're at least my age is when you realize, oh, the fucking doctors don't know everything. Mm, oh, yeah. That's, and that's what I'm at is like yeah. one of those like, fuck, like, you know, you're sick. You go to the doctor. They're the, they're the pro. They spend 20. They know they fix it. It's like the amount of, they don't know, like I went to the hospital, I went to my doctor, I went to a lot of people. I've had to go
1: to the hospital because of multiple misdiagnoses. I have, our healthcare system is free, but it's not perfect. Yeah, you get what you pay for. I've, I've had, I've been diagnosed with really like in very sensitive areas of my body. I've been diagnosed with, they were like, oh, that's HPV. And I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah. And they would use acid on my fucking dick to treat it over the course of like a year and it wouldn't go away because it wasn't HPV but they were like well you're a slut so it has to be and they didn't do any tests they didn't I went to a dermatologist for like 50 bucks one fucking second later they were like you have a cyst do you want me to remove it because it's like you know I'll just zap it and it's gone and I'm like are you fucking kidding me and I spent a whole year getting my fucking dick burned with acid because they were like it's HPV you're a whore so
0: Well, that's and that's something I wasn't thinking, but I've I've experienced too is like doctors with their preconceived notions or or what have you in terms of just their own biases. Let's call it what it is bias or or uh, even uh, yeah, the word is escaping me right now. But but oh, I've been discriminated against many
1: many doctors yeah. in my life. There was one time though the one where mostly you kind of just put up with it, but then there was one where I was like, I'm out. This there was this guy he was. Obviously not from Canada. He was, you know, I don't know, so he, he was South Asian or, or something. And I, he basically ex- explained to me he was one of the doctors that also misdiagnosed. There was multiple, mm-hmm. and he said something to me about how I'm giving this to other girls. And that I you know, and that's what I was like. I'm out. Like I'm like yeah. he. He started like shaming me and saying that like it's my fault. And then he started like saying that like you have to stop giving this to girls. And I'm just like, oh my fucking god! Like first of all, do you, have you, hi, gay. Like so gay. <laughs> like what? Are, like if you as a medical professional cannot diagnose me as gay, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like, do you not? Yeah, that's really really funny. Yeah, uh, but it's actually there's a lot of it, man. I I was the Santa Claus photographer at the Rito Center for like mid-November to December. It was great. It was an at-home gig. Like I just go to Rito every day. Monday to Friday, so weekends open for stand-up. Oh, you shakes. mean like in Ottawa? A gig, yeah, yeah, yeah. from just, home. No, no, yeah, I was a Santa Claus like, At the computer. I was at the like, computer, I would see it on a, a... Fuck, that would be great. And then click. I'm going to suggest that for next year. Yeah. I could just watch, <laughs> get an iPad there. Why can't I just watch and be like, all right, let's go, no. click.
1: Because then I you're like, look at, the, look at the camera kids. There's just a man on <laughs> <and> a computer <laughs> watching
0: you. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, these parents would be fine for it as long as they got their fucking <laughs> pictures. It's, 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 a, it's a great gig in terms of consistent money monday to friday daytime hours cadillac fairview's got deep pockets great but there was there was just as an example of, of like like kind of read the room or or ask there was there was there was like a group of six kids that come in to get the pictures done kids teenagers 14 15 <laughs> okay,
2: but they yeah. come in yeah. they
0: come in and it's like it's like four girls and two guys so they take a group shot cool next picture guys first couple boy girl click second couple boy girl click and then it's two girls In my head right away they could be a couple mm-hmm. let's uh, sand is like okay so for this one you sit down to me and wrap your arm around me because the other couple shots are like they sit next to sand with their arms around each other the couple Right. And then Santa has the two girls. Okay. So you sit next to me, grab my arm, and lean your head on my shoulder. Like you're. And then the other girl's kind of like just puts her arm around her partner. Like it's like one's in, you know, focused on Santa as opposed to the two previous pictures focused on each other. The love is there with Santa. This is like, okay, you love on Santa and you put your arm around. I'm like, so they're like, and even in their faces, they're kind of like, uh, oh, like if we're not getting the same treatment. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Santa read the room. Like, so they're like, okay, no, that's, that's good. We got the picture. And I'm like, guys, do, do you want another? I go, I go, forgive me for asking. Are, are you a couple as well? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, did you want one of the, the two of you guys? Like the same thing, holding each other. They're like, eh, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, I think that I, I, I don't know. All of it would be speculative, but I'm like, I don't know if they were uncomfortable with like the fact that Santa didn't recognize. And they're like, we don't
1: Oh, could have been a multitude. Yes, no, they, it could have been a multitude
0: were. of like we don't want to correct him and make him feel bad yeah we don't want to have to out ourselves or, it's, it's, i don't know it's, it's, all i know all is the above
1: it's all i've been in those situations before and but, you just you're uncomfortable and then you don't want to make people even more uncomfortable and then it's like there's this pity factor right and then you're like oh, oh god like and so you just yeah i've been in those situations so
0: i don't want to publicly out anybody but there's somebody very very close to me who's who's trans and i've i've been able to ask questions i always appreciate the people who are willing to let me ask questions because i don't ask like the people who oh let me ask so i can tell you how you're wrong or whatever like which i can imagine is only infinitely just annoying and horrific so i i just i've asked whatever and even they say that like they don't want constant flurry of apology and whatever and some people from my understanding it's not my experience i haven't been there but some people like overdo it the apologies like 15 times a night oh i'm so certain it's like we can get past it You know what I mean? They're almost like, I don't even want to address anything because I don't want that flood of like apology and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I could, I could see that being a reason too. my, my big thing was just that we're in a time where, you know, maybe just ask, you know would you guys like one to, are you guys together would you like yeah you know what i mean it's just it's okay i think right it's not it's not is it bad to ask i don't think so i
1: mean i guess it depends how you ask like are you two fucking like you know no no mean? no like, but i mean to- it's
0: just like are you guys a couple as well or just friends like yeah oh we're a couple okay great so let's get one let's just continue what we've been doing together as opposed to like completely being oblivious to it. Now, again, he's a 60 year old guy. So part of me is like, but does
1: the Santa? Okay. I always wonder this because like when the Santa, the guy who, who, who's taking on this, this job, you know, when doing the kids and stuff like that, like fine. Once the teenagers start coming in and sometimes there is even adults that do it just as like a laugh that must make that Santa guy really fucking uncomfortable.
0: Like it depends on, on his demeanor. Some of them are cool. So like if, if some teenager comes in with his phone and he's trying to do like a clip for TikTok about look at me being a dick in front of Santa or whatever, or yeah, my stupid hacky joke that's gonna, you'll say, I want a bitch for Christmas, like in the and Santa Claus is like, well, that's like some of them are just like, well, you know, that's going to get you on the naughty list, talking like that or whatever it is. Like some of them just they have something that they dismiss stuff or whatever.
1: His go to material, know? yeah, and
0: and they're also careful that like they can't snide back because they are being filmed. Yeah. So like if they make a snappy comeback back. Cadillac Fairview sees that and like, Hey, you can't talk like that on camera because all the other people that see it are like, the Santa's got a potty mouth, whatever. It's ev- like, win. like everything, exactly. Like everything in our industry. It's like, you know, I could have just said what I thought, which was probably really funny. And honestly, 95% of people would have laughed at it, but those 5% will jump on their keyboard and yeah. you know what I mean? Who and they have the loudest voice all of a the sudden. smallest dogs bark the loudest. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would imagine it's infinitely annoying for them
1: also i need to acknowledge something because i (laughs) i i need to acknowledge because i keep like giggling in my head at like everything you're saying, because I can't fucking take you seriously. I really? haven't seen you in so long. Oh, I'm sorry. And I remember we used to drive around when I was living in Ottawa. You used, to, you used to deliver pizzas for Domino's and I would sit in the car with you and we used to listen to comedy albums and we would just kind of laugh at everything. Yeah. So when we're here and we're talking about like post nasal drip and serious things, 10 years. I, I can't take I'm it seriously. I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to make some inappropriate joke or I'm waiting for you to be like, ah, and I'm like, and so I can't take it seriously.
0: It's because we're wearing a wire right now. I know. I can't. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's um, what's well, true. I, I can't take it seriously. I feel like I'm, la- I got like the church giggles. Well, okay. So I, I will be transparent before and then, and then we'll use this opportunity to get into it. So, <laughs> so to summarize all the early stuff. I'm waiting for a proper diagnosis. Mm. I've had a lot of things It took, I had a hernia for 10 years before they even found it. Now they're like, you got to lose weight before we can send you for proper hernia surgery. Oh, yeah. I remember. So that, I have yeah. like, I've had pains and shit in me for a long time. Mm. I've had post-nasal drip for a long time. Like I wake up every morning, just fucking coughing and, and I'm sorry, it's gross, but like I, I'm not comfortable and I'm not a gross, dirty person. So to have like these gross, dirty aspects of me, it's infuriating. Mm. I've been working. Hard at times in the last few years to lose weight, and I've had success. I haven't worked as hard as I can because even when I lose the weight, dude, I have all this extra skin on the front, and mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to work hard and discipline? You know, I'm unhappy with my body. Am I going to work hard, discipline, da da da, to end up still unhappy with my body, like walking around with this fucking from Click Adam Sandler giant tongue flap? Right. So I'm like, how much is that going to? Can I afford to even? I don't get that happy? reference. If you you uh, haven't seen it, you <laughs> I haven't had the pleasure. No. It's actually you know it's fifty first dates. I like that one. It was one of the sweet ones, right? Yeah. Click is like that. I, I mean, I saw I, it in
1: theaters and that was good.
0: You haven't seen it again?
1: I remember the ending very well. She wakes up on a boat and i remember that's the whole movie guys yeah (laughs) she wakes up on a boat
0: it's a serial killer it's yeah
1: i would Uh, tear i would be scared a woman
0: yeah she doesn't know where she is
1: but she's on a boat in the ocean
0: there's a lot of movies like that where when you go back and look at you're like yeah it was a sweet premise but if you if you really decompress it well yeah but that's the you know that's that's the problem with society nowadays too much you know dissecting decompressing
1: i well we get paid i get paid for it
0: I'm saying when people do it to our shit, that's when we, yeah, oh, oh, like, yeah. Oh, I that's found this. Right, yeah. That's what I'm right, saying like yeah, too yeah, many yeah. people are decon- deconstructing, not decompressing. They're deconstructing our shit and going, I found this thing in yeah. there. Like, no, 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 don't it, ignore the man behind the curtain. It's uh, only okay if we do. it. <laughs> yeah. We're doing it professionally guys. Stay in your lane. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, whatever. The whole point isn't click. There's, it's like he can control his life fast forward, whatever, but it's a, it's a, it is very sweet. It starts off. It's, it's an older one. If you, and you're a movie guy, hmm. don't don't sleep on Click. Click is one of the good. I haven't seen a good Adam Sandler movie in like ten years. Click is is a good one. It's a sweet message where it's like, oh, I need to get stuff done so I can you know be with my family, or whatever. So he finds this magic remote that he gets from Christopher Walken. So you can't tell I'm me just, that. I'm just
1: I'm just picturing in my head like the 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 Bridge on the River Kwai, Casablanca, Godfather Part Two, but don't Sounds sleep good. on Adam Sandler's Click <laughs>
0: because I know that you've already seen those other ones. But I tell you, I swear <laughs> to God, have you seen Bridge of a River Kwai?
1: I've seen everything because I had a podcast called Best Actress. And I know that so, I was
0: waiting very patiently to get an invite. I oh, really? <laughs> Were you? I, reached out. I, I, n- was like, I was like, yeah. You're like, I'm doing one with Matt Carter next week. I was like, okay.
1: Oh, I'm just I teasing. never, you know, I never, I always felt so guilty every time I'd ask somebody because it's really? five movies and you're not getting paid for it. No, that's fine. It's five. Well, the, I ended the podcast a month ago
0: after doing it for, <laughs> for four years. That's me a day late and a dollar short. Yeah. Like, we
1: should,
0: yeah. Did, why did you end it?
1: It was time. The episodes that were left were just in terms of like numbers and viewership. Did you have it?
0: Was it always slated to end?
1: Well, I mean, technically, there's only so many years of the Oscars, so there's only so many episodes you can do. Technically, I think the Oscars are on their like 93rd. Okay, year. so so
0: it was ba- like I didn't know a lot about it. I know that you guys talked about movies. Yeah. So is it still available? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah plug, it's available. Do me a favor. Tell me what it is. Plug it now. It's, so it's, that- called,
1: it's called Best Actress. It's it's anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And the first, like, 11 or 12 episodes are, are free. And then, like, if you want to listen to the entire thing, it's just five bucks on Patreon. And you can access the entire catalog of episodes from the very beginning. I'm very proud of it. And I, I put so... I did it for almost four years. And it was like kind of like a little part-time job. But I did everything on my own. I didn't have any sponsorships. I didn't have any ads or anything like that. And so that's kind of where the Patreon came right. in. Because I'm like, I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta... Like, this is so much work. And I'm getting nothing out of this. You know, it's not like America where people get paid to do TikTok. You know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> like in Canada, you know, we, we really have to hustle for not like no everything, money. Everything but, everything yeah. everything. And, and so everything
0: we, is earned in this country. Everything, everything. Everything. Yeah. Which is why it really sucks when people tell you, "Oh, you don't deserve that." You're like, "Fuck you." Yeah, I do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, called best actress. I I really I'm I'm very very proud of it, but we we did stop doing it because I think there were probably about 17 years left, but the years that were left were a movies and actors that you've never heard of before. B having to ask other comedians to watch these just garbage films. Like, it would be... Because roles for women, I don't know if you know, haven't been great historically. <laughs> historically. Sure. Of course. Especially, like, pre-2000, oh, <laughs> right? And so, when you go back, it's, like, of the five... Okay, so, for example, it's, like, you'll have, like, a great year from pre-2000. It's, like, Jodie Foster's Silence of the Lambs. You have Susan Sarandon for Thumb and Louise, and you also have Gina Davis for Thumb and Louise. Like, that's a great... Years, those kinds of years are very few and far between, you know?
0: Oh, there's years where, where you look and you go, holy fuck, how do they pick a best picture? Yes, right. All of them deserved recognition. And then you go the next year, but it happens in our industry too.
1: A bunch of a
0: year where there's a bunch of great albums. Only one of them can be the best. And then.
1: Do you know what's funny? And then the next
0: year you go, oh my God, the fact that they had to give somebody an award for these pieces of shit. <laughs> there was, you know
1: what, I, because we haven't had the, the, the Juno for best comedy album. Uh, I won't name names because that's so tacky, but I will say that there was a recipient of one of the best comedy album Juno's you know, since since it started right. that actually after they received it, they had to change the rules because it was a bit of a yikes and they wow. were like, oh shit, we we kinda and i I know from some people that are like on the inside again i'm not naming any names but and you shouldn't really but when we're done yeah i will will reveal everything (laughs) because literally what is
0: reveal is that gonna do with rupaul yeah yeah it's like he has she has this thing
1: where it's like she has like this lip sync assassin that comes in to compete with the winning queen of the week on the all-star season and then they it's a mystery of who it's going to be because it's just somebody from like other seasons and they're like reveal yourself and it's like big pan lifts up and they come out and they like reveal themselves so right just... right
0: so if i if just to let you know i saw rupaul live in vegas oh how RuPaul, was that drag was so i took crystal for a 40th i actually haven't even recorded this episode i was still sick with the throat and i was behind i just it's one of those things where as soon as i was late for one episode just it's pff, snowflake turns to blizzard so should we I'm call recording... this episode post nasal drip it's well i don't name them it's actually going to be named kyle Brownrig. Post nasal drip. Post nasal drip. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I always say Josh and Kyle talk about blank, blank, and blank. I'll put post nasal drip <laughs> as one of those things. Dri- it's just going, for me. I it's want go, that. You, you, it's, it's for you, buddy. It's for uh, me. Post nasal <laughs> drip if the pen works. <laughs> this is nothing. Yeah, I guess because I keep going back. Dude, it's affected my life so bad, though. Depression. Like When you think you're dying, do you strive? I guess maybe some people do strive for that. I, for me, it was just like, I, I think I'm done. My body's breaking down. In a very small period of time, right? Because I, I used to drink a lot of water and stuff. I'm going back to RuPaul's Drag Race life, don't worry. Okay. But for like for the longest time, like I've been a big guy as long as you've known me. But every time I go to the doctor, it's like you you don't have diabetes, like your blood sugars are okay, your cholesterol's okay, your your blood is okay. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I, I drink a lot of water and I do try to stay busy. Like, you know, I don't sit around and eat chips and ice cream and cookies, which is probably a good thing for me. But but then just on that tour, I started to have this throat issue. And the doctor like, yeah, I looked at the blood work. He's like, you're definitely type two diabetes. I got tested maybe a month later for like my blood pressure because I had a, like I said, I got sick, wouldn't go away. He does the blood pressure formality at the doctor's office. He's like, you're 160 over. He's like, that's crazy. And on the spot, they prescribed me blood pressure medication. Mm. And so it's just like, it's just like all of me breaking down at the same time. And so-
1: Depression, sorry, whatever, whatever. No, no, it's all good. All good. And this
0: was during the pandemic, like where the certainty of our industry was already like, we didn't have a lot of comedy clubs to begin with and we lost some during the pandemic, right? Oh, so, I think
1: Vancouver just got like Yeah, leveled. decimated,
0: but Los Angeles too, apparently like yeah. everything in Los Angeles. That's why everyone was jumping ship in LA, moving to like Texas and other things. we like, they're like the city in terms of business is like decimated. So, well,
1: I was in San Francisco recently because I'm gay and the, you think homeless the homeless problem in Toronto is bad. I live I downtown. Oh, it's, fair. it's, it's bad, is it? but Go uh, to going to, no, but going to San Francisco, it looks like, you know, a scene out of like the last of us, the, all of the buildings are boarded up. There is human feces all over the streets. People are living in their cars. There's homeless people everywhere. And no one is asking for money. No one's like, you got any change. No one's harassing no, you. They're just like, we're trying to survive. Yeah. They're just trying to live. Like
0: it's bad. And they' and that's, they're such beautiful cities. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if it didn't happen, yeah. like I, I, I was at Vancouver for the first time in my life in 2021 or 2022. Uh, and I've been again a second time this year. Like, so, so my forties was essentially like when I got to see the most beautiful city in the world, but where we were, was near Hastings. Mm. So like I'm walking down the street, I'm like in Ottawa, Rideau street, you know what I mean? Where most of the homeless is, they're like sitting along the, the, the you know, sitting on the ground against the wall. So you can still walk and They're, kind of yeah. along the sides.
1: Ottawa's not that
0: bad. I no. mean, King
1: Edward is like, eh.
0: well, that's what I'm saying. Like what, but there's five homeless shelters on King Edward, which by the way, for just someone who's formerly from Ottawa, the leases on those buildings, its it's been speculated that the the people who own those buildings are not going to renew the leases for the homeless shelters. Oh, so shit. all of those places are going to get shut down because there's so much money going into the downtown core that they're like, we don't want this shit here anymore. Yeah, Clean it up, right? So they'll right. push it out. Vanier's got like a huge influx of money I've going heard. to it to gentrify, yeah. whatever. So it's going to be the new Westboro. They're going to just push everybody the fuck out, which is sad. I have a ton of empathy for the homeless, but sadly, it's not one of those industries where you can get a ton of money. It's not it's not sexy. It's not a sexy charity, right? It's not like here's $10,000 for breast cancer because it's going to go to like research, like to, to right. rehabilitate a human being. We're talking about like doctors, prescription drugs, psychological, you know, professionals, caretakers, subsidized housing. Like it's a lot of expensive human beings and and things to fix one person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's just it's just not people go like how am I going to fix it? I I really hope Side note, because you and I both, I hope I'm not throwing you out there, but both you and I have some mental health stuff that we worked on over the years. Depression oh, and shit like crazy that. over here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: up in this bit.
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean? So like, hopefully I would say like we're functioning, functioning mentally ill people. Whereas yes. I, I, I'm hoping, like, I do know that at least we're at a point in society where we know that you don't walk by a, a person, go, oh, they're a bum or oh, they're crazy. Oh, get a job. You know what I mean? You don't have to we we have a little more empathy and understanding that this is not somebody who just doesn't want to work Mm. we know that they're mentally ill we i think as a society we understand that they're people who've fallen through the cracks so there's some growth in our understanding there i'm hoping that as a society we we are able to diagnose these things early when people are kids and adolescents so that they can get the help that, that is covered by the system and yeah. everything like that in an early age where you can get your prescription medication before your life goes to drugs and off the rails and everything like that. You know what I mean? Like, I
1: mean, it is it is getting better now because my, my youngest nephew has just been diagnosed on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, autism and Asperger's and, and things like this, these are all things that are not new of course not but right. they are things that we talk about more and there's a lot more education and there's tv shows like love on the spectrum that are going my on. favorite show my favorite of show. all time i love it i cry yeah. when i watch it, I, I, cry. Love it.
0: I, I love it and i was like oh there's another one but then there was like down for love uh, and i keep falling asleep during I the first episode yeah. with
1: because they were all about you know wanting to find love for each other and they were like but then, when it came to the topic of sex, and they would sit down with like, I don't even know what you would call them, like rubberhead. A, no, 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 would, <laughs> I'm no. Joking, what, I'm what, what, like, a, like a she was like a like a coach, if you will. Oh, I oh the
0: professionals. And then okay. she she
1: would be like, "What do you think sex is?" And they'd be like, "Kissing," right? And then you're like, "Wait a second. And then you're like, "Are you actually like, <laughs> m- like equipped?" emotionally and mentally to actually be in a relationship because i don't think you understand i don't know if you understand exactly what it is that you're and and that and that actually kind of opened my eyes a little bit because I, I i watched most of the show but then i kind of thought like is it is it that they are looking for relationship with another person who has you know who's diagnosed with down syndrome or is it that like they're they like the idea of it,
0: yeah. Disney princesses fallen for Prince Charming,
1: yeah, because they
0: kiss at the end, but doesn't go further. Uh, but it than doesn't that. go
1: further, yeah. And so, yeah. I'm I'm assuming that like you know whether you have Down syndrome or not, obviously like a human connection. That that's just human nature, right? Of course. So I'm assuming that they would crave that, but it, it, the extent of it. I don't know.
0: It's funny in my head just now while we've been talking about it because I love the show. And I, and it's like one of those things like dating is hard enough for people who don't have issues with social cues, mm-hmm. right? Like like generally speaking, the love on the spectrum is a lot of people with Asperger's mm. pre- predominantly, mm. right? So people who don't pick up on social cues. Whereas like even people who have no issue picking up on social cues for the most part, when you're on a date – your insecurities can run wild. they are like, fuck, do they like me, or were they just you know what I'm saying? So for somebody who can't pick up on it at all, I'm like, this sounds hilarious. It it and it is a funny show. It's a funny show, but it is so charming and endearing at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where you're honest. just like, they are, they are, they are beautifully honest. on that show and i'm like fuck even even i try to be as genuine as i can all the time and i'm like fuck like i would aspire dude that one guy who's talking to his mom saying sabat i'm so proud of you you're gonna be on your first date you've grown up from such a point when are you gonna be done talking he says to her (laughs) yeah I fucking died I'm like yeah. Who hasn't thought that well, it's, it's funny It's <laughs> funny that
1: you say this Because I actually I did I did a Rick Mercer Gala During the pandemic And because it was During the pandemic There wasn't There wasn't anybody In the, It was this huge theater In Burlington But there was only A limited 50 people That could be there And they were all spaced out So it basically Just looked like <sighs> That's you, horrible You know Like a like a, It was almost like The teachers listening To the principal Like at like lunch And they were And was this
0: over Zoom Or is this gonna be For like CBC or this something This
1: was a CBC television show What they did is they actually edited it pretty good and like some, they just added like fake laugh tracks and stuff like that. You'd have to, you'd have to, you know. But I had this whole bit that they fully cut about love on the spectrum and how much I love this show because Michael from season one was my favorite.
0: Yeah, Simon, Australian Um, Simon. Yeah, these are my quarters. Yeah, and he has his toys and he loves his toys.
1: And I say that dating, it's, it's, it's so, I love the show so much because this is how dating should be because he'll go on a first date and he'll be like, I like toys and then the person that he'll be on the date with should be like i fucking hate adult men who collect toys and that's the end of the date and you're just like yeah well exactly you get it out of the way you don't waste i always make this joke on stage where i say that like i see this thing that like straight women and let's be honest gays as well do where like for the first like month or two of a relationship they're like this perfect inauthentic version of themselves demo reel yeah because the exact because they like because he hasn't figured out that she's actually the girl from the ring okay he doesn't know
0: <laughs> i've never had that part of my thought he doesn't know that he has seven days from the ring. you know what i'm saying i'm like I let, see, I let see. him
1: know on the first date bitch like just be the realest bitch because on my first date with daniel we got fucking wasted and we ended up on the news on live by accident but i remember being like oh, dear God, like that is the most horrifying, embarrassing thing. He must never want to talk to me again, but he loved it. And we've been right. together for like almost six years.
0: Okay. And and that's great. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. Quick question, because you said by accident and, and you and I both very, words are very important to us. How we phrase things, very, very important to us. Yeah. We're very structured in that regard. Dude, the amount of people I hear say, oh, I did that on accident drives me crazy. On accident instead of by accident. I am, yeah. yeah. When you hear that, does it does it just sort of, like a, like a speed bump in the in this like
1: when I was growing up, my best friend Leah. I, you remember I Leah. saw
0: Leah a month or two ago, and oh, I gave her a big fu- hug. Yeah, yeah, she texted me. I still see Leah, and I say hi to her every single time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's she's
1: kind of grammar police, and she was always grammar oh, police. See. And I so see. when I was growing up, like w- like she would like correct texts that I would send her like in terms of tense in terms of spelling so for me that I just kind of like I always kind of thought it was funny like I would probably drive most people crazy but like I was friends with like all the band geeks in high school so like I'm used to like kind of you know People that take that stuff very seriously. Maybe she's on the spectrum. I don't know. But so for me, I hear it and it's like nails on a chalkboard. But right. I, just, I just don't. That's what I mean.
0: Anything. It's like so here. And I just like I, like even though they're talking, I'm actively yeah. listening, I just I stop because I'm so. So used you're to like being by corrected. accident. And I'm like I haven't heard someone say it right in a very very long time. Yeah. You know, by way of accident. Yeah. It's like on
1: accident. No. It's like it's like nails on a chalkboard Converse, conversation like comedy it's it's music right it's like durra, 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 and so yeah, whenever so you're like hit, durra, 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 i'm like uh, yeah, like they plucked
0: it, the wrong chord, and even though they didn't hear it they're like i wonder if any i i the i'm not a i'm not a grammar nazi or, or language police when i was young i used to do it and i and i have over the years realized that when people feel the need to stop you and correct you mm-hmm. it's an insecurity on their part because they're like i need to show everybody you know i need to bet you know put myself above this person but like i know this and you don't so i don't a lot of times i even have friends who are who are younger and i'll ask them, i just i say to them hey just out of curiosity if you were using a word incorrectly or mispronouncing it would you want to know mm-hmm. and if they're like yeah i'd be like okay you just said blah blah they're like no nah, i don't care i'm like okay it still changes how i think of the person like when someone chooses well if you if, if you said hey if you're doing something the wrong way would you want to know the correct way? if they're like no i'm like well, okay that person just said i choose ignorance i would rather do it wrong than learn yeah right because i'm like there's nothing wrong with being corrected i i've said words a minute i even have a segment i do now just recently the word of the week so words i've heard a million times and i'm like some of them i'm like i think i even know the definition but i'm like fuck it let's on the podcast hear if i know what it is yeah i actually i just did one yesterday and I, i what i should start doing is saying what i think it is before pulling up the definition and just a to, to contrast of, of, did I understand it correctly or not? Or just words I straight up don't know. Yeah. Like the rules on whom is coming up next week. Yeah. And it's kind of like when to use whom, because I think we can use it correctly, but there's a lot of words even just doing this that I realized like, Oh, most people who use them are using them wrong.
1: Using them wrong. Did
0: you know the difference between imply and infer?
1: not off the top of my head. I but don't you've th- heard
0: both words, right? Are um, you inferring? Are you implying like,
1: I don't think I've ever used the word infer in my entire life.
0: Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But you've heard it. Yes. Okay. So it was a, it's a simple one. People use them interchangeably, but it's actually, so imply is like subtly, you know, sending a message from the speaker, but inferring, I, I couldn't infer something to you. Because inferring is what the other person received from the message. Like I'm inferring, like I feel like, oh hey Kyle, I spent a lot of time with guys, right? You'd be like, are you are you implying that I'm gay? It's like, yes, I'm implying it, and you inferred it. Yeah, right. You, what you understood subtly it's like is the, the, and the receiving. Exactly. So the the giver is the one implying. It is the a, a top and a bottom inferring.
1: situation. Right,
0: but but yeah. a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people will say, oh, I'm inferring that da da da. It's like, well, I can't give you you know i could say i'm inferring from what you're saying that blah 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 yeah right you implied i inferred the giver receiver yeah but a lot of people will just say oh i'm inferring that you're gay it's like well you're not because you didn't say anything i mean what, what a I mean? what
1: a perfect segue to get back to rupaul's drag race in Las Vegas.
0: <laughs> you're hosting this by the way just so everybody knows <laughs> uh, it's about kyle but he's gonna host he's gonna keep me on track I'm just enjoying the conversation. I haven't spent time with you in a long time. In a long so, time, I know. Um,
1: 2016, to be exact. I, I hope
0: it's equally enjoyable. We see each other
1: once a decade. It's
0: sad. Anything it more than sad. that,
1: it, I pull the fire alarm.
0: <laughs> in my head, I'm always like people who I put on stage for the first time. I always have this <laughs> odd, like it's the the only relatable thing is like siring you into comedy. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, I feel the need to just no, nothing, nothing elitist or arrogant or 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 possessive Hmm. but just that like you know trevor thompson put me on stage for the first time you know pushed me to get on stage for the first time Hmm. so i will always i didn't know that at any time yeah it was at his little show in the basement of the royal oak on lawyer which is no longer there anymore and i'd done all sorts of different other shows even one-nighters in that stupid room since but trevor thompson encouraged me he recognized that we were coming to shows all the time. He, he pushed me, my friends pushed me. So his show was the first time I ever got on stage. He booked me for it, got on. So whatever I ever achieve in this industry, a part of me will always be grateful for him. And he hates that. I tell, you know, I'm like, Hey, Trevor put me as I say, ah, stop telling people that, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know if he's embarrassed this, or doesn't like your... it doesn't even matter. But all I'm saying is I, I, I am, I appreciate that. Now you didn't, I didn't push you to get on stage. I'm just the one who put you on open mic Mondays or whatever it Do you is. know what the, I didn't,
1: I actually didn't even sign myself up. Oh no? No, it was my friend Emma. I don't really talk to my friend Emma anymore, but I will always mention her because it really was her. She found your at Monday yeah, absolute yeah. open mic night email and she literally was just like, you're doing it
0: send an email that's kind of how my friends did it we were the yeah. big group of us and trevor's like i have a show on sunday night and all my friends were like do it do it do it so i was just like what a-? like i i tell people all the time every story and that'll be the first question i ask so we're gonna get on on track with this this interview if you will but yeah i tell people all the time i was the last person in my life that thought i should do stand-up i wasn't i wasn't the, oh i want to do it i always thought i i was the last person but my point about seeing you on the first time is that i'm I'm grateful that I got to see you in the beginning, and I've been able to enjoy the fact. It's not because of me, but just I'm I'm I, I'm grateful that I'm like this person who's very funny, very successful. I got to see the growth as opposed to like yeah. the, my my listeners who are going to hear about it
1: now. Yeah, do you? Know you what I mean? Do you? I I remember that show very well. Do you remember who the host was? And do you remember no. who the headliner? It was Matt Carter was the host. Brennan McKeegan was the headliner. He had just gotten back from I think Sudbury or something sure. like this. And Yeah, he
0: probably just recorded a special because that's what he was doing in Sudbury around the time.
1: Jo- Joey Houlihan was there as well as this guy named Itzy. Itzy Camille. Yes. Sounds familiar. Like I I remember names, but what's well, funny because where I grew up in in Orleans, I went to a Catholic high school and I lived in a very WASPy white privileged suburban neighborhood. And I remember the first day I ever did comedy. I met my first Jewish person.
0: (laughs) Really? Yes. It was it. That's hysterical. You probably met Jewish people before they were hiding. Yeah. (laughs) Which in Ottawa, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Ottawa has a very large Jewish population. Kirk Kirkwood there's oh. like i believe there's synagogues and stuff like you'll see like like orthodox where they're walking around like oh, like looking like quakers yes. and stuff like that's that
1: that's true that's true yeah. but you, but i but other than that though because toronto obviously has a very large jewish population As does Montreal, i have, yeah. I, have a, I have a lot of jewish friends but in in ottawa no itzi was the very first jewish person that i ever so I was like, are you openly Jewish? Like, no, it wasn't like, like I wasn't like that, but I'm just saying no, like, he, he just kind of mentioned that he was Jewish and I thought, Oh geez, I've never, I don't think I've ever met a Jewish person before. Yeah, I was 23 years old.
0: That's crazy. I get, yeah, I'm surprised. That's insane. Like my, my mom was part of so many different groups of like just charity. Like my mom was a volunteer for, you know, as long as, as long as I can remember, so like when we were little, we used to volunteer at like the black Canadian scholarship fund dinner. Like that was my, my doctor was Jamaican and it was like this thing that they would do every year. They'd raise a bunch of money to send like a promising student to, to university or whatever. So mm. we would all volunteer to help like serve tables and everything like that. Yeah. So I, I just, I guess all sorts of different cultures. I was very open to mm. from a very young, open, open to like, I'm like, I'm, I'm willing to accept. <laughs> I, I, I was exposed. I like the idea of the Jews. Yeah. I was, well, ex- I was exposed to and when I was around. I was exposed so. to it. I'm, I'm into it. I'm... Yeah. That's crazy. That that's yeah. so that sounds like a fun show.
1: It what well, I remember I was so nervous and my sister made me more nervous because she thought I was just going to eat a dick on stage and she came over and she had this big glass of red wine and it was hers and she was like down it. Like just drink it because it does she was help. she was nervous for me and I remember it 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 did nothing because I was just adrenaline and I honestly don't remember doing it because I was so nervous. There's a video of it. Is there? There's a video of it and I I'm t- like a sound tech taking the cord and like wrapping it around my elbow and like collecting Coloring. the cord. And I think it was like, I was nervous or so. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I was so nervous. I blacked out. So I've never experienced anything like that in my entire life.
0: Yeah. Well, that picture, that's not your first time, right? The one, the picture in the, the green room. The green absolute, room absolute, upstairs, yeah.
1: Where I have a collared shirt up really high and I have a, a cardigan and I'm holding the microphone like this and I'm like,
0: <laughs> to the side. You're like,
1: yeah, yeah it was just it's a great picture. And you
0: did have the Lyle Lovett haircut. Yes. And everything. Yeah.
1: No, that was not my first, my first time was I was wearing, you remember um, what you were wearing? A white t-shirt with a black blazer and these like pants that were way too big with like the Lyle Lovett haircut. And then at- afterward I was, I was so like, Oh my God. Like I was like, that was really great. And then, cause I, I had it like a, a decent set for my first time. And afterwards, I think Matt Carter was on the, 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 Patio outside, and Mm. I think he was trying to get my attention, being like, "Hey, like you know, good job." And I remember, I I didn't think that he was talking to me, and then I realized, oh shit, I think he was talking. But the moment passed, so I Mm. I kept walking, and I'm like, oh fuck, I think he thought I like fully ignored him. I've never acknowledged, I've never said anything to him. I
0: don't know that I've ever seen Matt Carter say to somebody, "Hey, good job." Yeah, he said said something, and that's not to shit on Matt. It's just usually like there was i i was one to say that there's you know comedy when people like go oh, comedy clicks i'm like yeah i know they exist but generally speaking in ottawa i didn't find there to be one when i started when i started there was a group of really good comics trevor thompson jeff mckay alex wood nick carter matt uh matt fuck matt carter so i just I'm like i'm like did i just say his name yeah <laughs> i said nick carter so nick carter not the backstreet boy everybody matt carter dave atkinson and maybe one or two that i'm missing like like a uh, what do you call it? Greg Schroeder. I don't know that he was really clicky with them, but over time they've he's you know they, they always loved and respected him. But I don't know they always hung out. You know what I mean? There was a group of guys that were hanging out every time. This is the and straight, I started. That,
1: that's the straight white guy special if I've ever heard of. That whole thing.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't. I, and, and and the thing is, some of those guys were really really nice to me. Well, what about Brendan and Keegan? Wasn't he? No, in, he wasn't in Ottawa. He's in Toronto then. Oh. Yeah. So, but and I mean again, and Brendan came to Ottawa as a headliner, so it wasn't like this was all the guys who were doing you know, the, the Wednesdays, the, the, that's all there was at the time. There was no Tuesdays, there was no Mondays, the Wednesdays and absolute and yucks. And some of these guys would get to host or, or, you know, middle sometimes, but none of them were headliners. And so this was, and this was around the same time that I started. So the Matt Carters and the Dave Atkinsons and some of these other guys who were like, were still only on amateur nights. These guys were like Six months started before I did, so i'm on i'm I'm watching these guys for like a good six months before I start, but we're still kind of the same class of that year sort of thing mm-hmm. so these were my peers. these were the guys that were doing the shows, they were on everything, you know what I mean like they were the ones that I would sit and chat with afterwards, but it was a it was a volatile thing. I would hear them have a lot of negativity about other people in the scene and things like that, and I always just remember thinking that like. I've seen them say nice things to someone when they're sitting at the table and then when they leave, they all attack them. So I'm like, I'm very certain that I'm the recipient of this.
1: Oh, all, all comedians. But it just sucks. Like, like I'm like,
0: I'm like, I'd rather not tear anyone down. I'm like, let's just, let's just all just try. It sounds so sad, but let's just try our best, man. Like I go, all the guys who are working hard. I remember one time a comic um, and I'll tell you afterwards, but a comic like walked in the green room because I'd done a weekend of hosting at like the comedy nest and this was like, oh, like you're you're doing shows outside of the city and not absolute. He's like, who calls you for that? And I was like, who calls me? I reached out to them and asked for a, a while until I got that. You don't, this industry, as much as Yucks has got people convinced that, oh, you sit around and wait for the phone to ring. It's, it's not. That's why Yuck Yucks is successful is they, they their business model is, hey, you don't have to go out and look for it. We'll, we'll call you, but you belong to us. We'll give you the work. Right. But any comic who knows how to call around a club and email and, and grind and showcase. Yeah. That's, those are the ones who are really going to make it because you're not under anybody else's thumb. Well, that's how I got
1: Halifax, the CBC television show for the first time. Everyone was like, how'd you get it? I was like, I made a video and I emailed yeah, them. the
0: people who were to take care of me. So let's, let's go like, we've already addressed your first time. So like, I don't have to get into the whole questions of it. Okay. Very quickly. Crystal wanted to see RuPaul's Drag Race live. Yeah. I had watched... I had <laughs> we, watched uh, we made it. We got back here. I watched... Oh, yeah. Like, again, maybe that's the Adderall just making me slightly re- capable of remembering what talking doing. <laughs> but we went for her birthday. I saw Canada's Drag Race. Thought it was great. Just threw it on because I thought there was a dead pixel on my TV. So I'm like, okay, Crave, first thing on, drag race, boom, on. And I'm just looking for the dead pixel. I'm cleaning my room. I watched the whole season in a day. It's great. I love the creative aspect of it. I love the character. Like, it was great. I absolutely adored it. But I knew nothing of RuPaul's Drag Race... There's no pit crew on the Canadian one.
1: There is. I actually am best friends maybe, with like one of them. Not best friends, but like I'm good friends with one of them.
0: Well, maybe there is now, but that first season there was no pit crew. Unless they walk in to to move the stuff and then walk right out. But there's like this whatever, or maybe they just did more in the the. I never heard them call the pit crew. I watched the very first season. No one of them. One of them is Frankie. One of them
1: is Evan, and I don't know what the other one's name is. That was from the first season.
0: What did they do? Um, Showed up with I the think, stuff and then walked out of the room. Yeah, basically. Is that all they do in the RuPaul, like, RuPaul one too, Ru, Ru, or does RuPaul's RuPaul's... not even
1: in the Canadian
0: one? No, she's she. You know, you and I both know she recorded all of the segments in L.A. or in forty minutes yeah, once, yeah. and mm-hmm. then that was it, and yeah. then that was it. The, you know, yeah, so, easy
1: breezy, beautiful. Collect your paycheck and go home. Yeah, <laughs> situation exactly. Get your royalties exactly. Yeah,
0: right. We want to we want to put your brand on this Canadian version of the show. Yeah. But I, I, I thought that was great. I love the creativity of like having to, anything where you, you just make a dress out of fucking recycled. I don't care. Like if you're doing something creative, I'm in. Sure, I'm in. Yeah, I like but, that too. So I, I it was a different experience because I guess they kind of did different stuff. I didn't know any of the people. I was to say characters. I didn't know any of the. the kind of are the, the 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 people from the RuPaul's because they never watched it. Right. So, but I went and the the host was was a a, a fat do I do girl? Do I say girl when they're in drag?
1: I mean, Queen.
0: Okay, fat Queen. Fat. She was fat. <laughs> okay. They were fat. Uh, whatever. But, but like, so expressive. The face was so expressive. Hosting, uh, like as a comic and someone who's hosted, I'm like, I was just like, oh, I am so like in love and so much respect with you. Are hosting the shit out of this? Like fucking the face is so express. Like they were really doing good. a good job. Yeah. yeah. The events were interesting, but it was predominantly lip syncing. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I wasn't disappointed, but it was just like, oh, there's not, we're not seeing any real competitions. It's more of just like, it's a lip sync. One of them is lip syncing. Then the next one's lip syncing to a song. The next one's lip syncing. Yeah. And sure. They're just, one of them just kept doing the drop.
1: The I guess that's all time, I do. Yeah. They would
0: just do like Got the splits and whatever, walk around blah a lot. And then drop. Like, so I was like, okay, so your thing is that you can do that, but you're not really, they weren't really selling anything else. And they were almost in like a one piece bikini outfit the whole time with, like, nothing else going on. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to, like, the big Canada's outfits. Canada's drag race
1: is very low budget. But frankly, this was in Canada.
0: This was the, the, the RuPaul's Drag Race, the race RuPaul's Live drag in race. Vegas, in oh, Las I Vegas. See. Well,
1: see, I just... I'm so dragged out. I'm I i, I I'm like, there's drag race, Australia, Canada, US, UK, France, right. Right. Philippines, and all-stars. And then they have, like, UK versus the world and Canada versus the world. And you're just like... like I. I there was a time during the pandemic where like I used to go to gay bars and every episode and like everybody is like drinking and you're all and the and the queens that are on those episodes are in the the club with you and right. it's it's just a fucking party. I rem, I remember that fondly, but then it just. It's like Kevin Hart
0: was in every movie for every two months. Like, there's a new Kevin Hart movie every two months. You're like, can we just have a break from Kevin Hart? I I don't need him to be in everything.
1: Yeah, it became oversaturated. And then it was just kind of like, it was almost like there was like a golden age of like drag or drag race specifically. But now, like, bitch, I can't fucking watch that show anymore.
0: Yeah. And this was two years ago in 2008. So, but but it was the show that I don't want to say I didn't want to go to. I have nothing against it. I was just like, it wasn't one of the things in Vegas that I wanted to see, but we were there for her birthday. So I'm absolutely happy to. Bought her a nice cabaret table right up by the stage like oh, wow. this is gonna nice. be this me great i'm gonna expensive and it was a great show i don't remember probably probably like 200 bucks
1: you're kidding american for the for close to the yeah, stage yeah
0: really yeah, it wasn't horrific in vegas yeah
1: i would have thought it'd be like a thousand oh god no
0: for no no, no 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 but this was like five this was just random cast members from the seasons mm-hmm. it's not oh. like ru paul was not there right so we have a host and there's part where the phone rings oh oh hey mama ru oh what's that like of course not. Of course not. It's not on the phone. like we we all know. But it was it was a great show. Mm. <clears throat> the production value was great. I I loved the energy. Again, you're in the the southern part of the United States, and even though it's like a big city, I'm like I'm like it just was really cool because I'm sitting here going like I loved seeing all of the the LGBTQ community. You know what I mean? And I was like, I love that this is a room full of those people. In Vegas. Allies. Yeah. In Vegas. And it was such a safe space. Everyone could have fun. I was like, and I just love that. I love people being able to be themselves. I don't give a fuck what you are, but I just was like, I... Love this. People aren't walking around going, oh, I don't want to, can I say that here? There's MAGA hats and shit like that in Vegas, right? Because people are coming from all over. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's and that it's the worst is that all the, the most fucking closed-minded people are the ones who think, everybody thinks like me. I'm going to wear this so that everybody knows I'm I'm one of the good ones. And Yeah. Like, ugh. Do you know what I mean? Somebody wore it. With, there's a gay beach here in Toronto. It's
1: called Hanlon's, and it's like ex- exclusively like an LGBTQ space. And I remember years ago, there was this guy that was on the beach and this is not like a – you wouldn't walk on and 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 sit down and then kind of look over your shoulder and be like, is this a gay beach? Like, it's so fucking gay that you can see, like, the rainbow from, like, 200 miles away. Like, it's, right. it's very clearly a gay space. And it, not even just from, like, the music, but there's, like, drag queens on the beach. And there's, like, all of the jacked guys wearing like, the skimpy little thongs. Like, get the fuck out of here. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And, like, the women – you know what I'm talking are about. Are you
0: suggesting that the, the Jack guys with the thongs are gay? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not suggesting that they want, but is, but is that a, is that a, is that a yeah, a thing? like if you're a in, huge big muscle dude in a, yeah. in a speedo, you're probably, gay. but people
1: are fucking in the bush. Right. Like everyone's it's well, cruising. People are fucking. And so it's, it's just a very obviously gay space anyway. And there's also big fucking pride flags Like, come on. Okay. And well, it, yes, that's, you know and there was this guy that was like he had a MAGA hat in toronto like mm-hmm. not america and he had a MAGA hat and he was on the beach i remember everybody was looking at him and it's like are you wearing that like ironically yeah. like are you wearing that to to to, to as like a like fuck the, like protest like fuck this space like because you know you're not in america right yeah like what i don't understand like why you're wearing that like 'Cause that 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 hat, especially in Toronto, even if you're doing
0: it to be funny. Like I could see weird. someone going like I'm gonna wear it and just watch people's faces. You're like, it's for me, but you're like, but you also know that you're polarizing people. Yeah. Just just needlessly. Because not everyone's gonna get that you're joking and you just like you know you could ruin someone's day. With it's a that. weird it's a weird move yeah. to wear that hat
1: in 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 Toronto. It's. I. Anyway, it's I'm, also I, very. It's
0: just. It's almost like just walking around going. I'm very close minded. Yeah. But the point is, is that I. I enjoyed it not just for the the show, like the production value. Is that I was just. It was really cool. Again, being, whatever straight cis whatever I'm allowed to call myself, as I, I don't know. I don't say that like ignorant dismissively. It's just like I'm trying. Is all I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say it right, progressively. So as a as a cis white male. You know, I've always considered myself ally, even though I've had people tell me that I, I'm not allowed to refer to myself as ally. I'm supposed to have someone else knight me that or whatever it is. I'm like, can I, I'm not allowed to say like, Hey, I love you, be you. And, and you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it, so many rules. Why can't we be just genuine people? Why does someone have to come along and say, you're doing it wrong? I'm like, well, that's, that's a quick way to make somebody like a forced lesson is not learned. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So when people are yelling at you. You're like, can I just,
1: that's all Toronto. But I just but That's learn? all Toronto now a
0: lot a lot of places yeah. are like that they're like i'm just gonna yell at you and you're like you're like you know that like just from a psychology standpoint when 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 people feel attacked they attack back i I use the santa claus merry christmas example because i'm like the first time i said you know hey merry christmas to somebody and they're like you're not supposed to you're, you can't say that you have to say happy holidays there's other holidays and i was like and and knee jerk i was like fuck this person you know what i mean like fuck that but yeah. i'm like but then i stop and i'm like like not in this moment, but just like I was like, oh, what I, I was trying to be kind. I was just really, and I'm like, I'm not even religious. Yeah, like, I don't have a dog in the fight to right. begin with. Yeah, it's just that in that moment, I was trying to be kind, and I I felt like I was met with hostility, punishment, yeah. and reprimand. Yeah, and so I'm like, but that's I, I that's just kind always, of the
1: thing now. Is people nowadays like to create a personality out of being morally superior to others? Right. Yeah. That's yep. kind of the truth, But the thing is, is those individuals and people that are like that, my whole thing is whenever those moments happen, I'm like, okay, keep being that person and see how far it gets you.
0: I just, I, I feel sad because I'm like, I, I, okay. So earlier we were talking about something. I don't even think that the mic was on, but the, I'm surprised at how many people have never heard of the three stages of truth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And, and are you familiar with them? I go to bed
1: with them every night. <laughs> Is that I
0: I, I assume you're joking, but I couldn't, (laughs) I didn't get it. So I'm like, well, the three stages of truth of truth. I know something is considered to be true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure more people know those, but I thought it was something everybody knew. So the three stages of truth for something to be considered true is stage one is, is ridicule. Stage two is violent opposition. And then stage three is acceptance. acceptance. So anything that has gone through life to be considered truth has had to go through them. Mm. Right? The world is round. Even though that one's fucking being questioned for some reason. But you know what I mean? Like (laughs) ridiculed, ridiculed, violent opposition, whatever it is. Right? And then finally acceptance. And I, I, I I feel like the gay community has had a long period of the ridicule. You know, I feel like over the course of, of, of time, there's been a, a big bunch of the violent opposition. Yeah. And I feel like for for the gay community, and this is just from my experience and my armchair observations, is that I feel like it's, it's really coming out on the acceptance side. Like, I think it's really hard to find someone who is just like, no, oh, okay, he's not a thing. Like I, I know they're out there and I'm sure that being in the community, those ones who want to oppose are right there, probably in your face infinitely more than mine. Yeah. But I find that I feel like at least in terms of societally, at least in big cities, because I know that the second you step out of a big city to a small town, you're like, what fucking year is this? Yeah. Like even from the shit they'll say to me, I go, what part of, do you know, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even say
1: I felt that way in Alberta and performing in small town, Alberta. It's actually East coast, Canada. That's the most homophobic. I wouldn't say homophobic. I would say the most maybe uneducated. Mm. And like, they just, I was performing at this comedy festival in New Brunswick and people would just come up to me and say like, Hey, like out of nowhere, Mm. like I wasn't even talking to them and they would just come to me and be like, Hey, like just so you know, like I had a roommate in college who was gay and what do I do with that? Uh, okay, cool. Like, enjoy the show. Like, what the fuck? I'm like, cool. You'll pull out your card. I'll stamp it. For yeah. You. Like, <laughs> like uh, okay. Oh, or um, they'll be like, uh, they'll come up to me and be like, hey, just so you know, like, I don't have a problem with gay people. I remember I was with Rebecca Reed's and we, we had just smoked a joint and it was after all the shows and stuff. And we went back into the bar area and we were just going to hang out just like kind of, you know, they, they, they were, they were ordered a pizza and we were just going to be high and be right, right. stupid and, and annoying. And one of the uh, producers of the festival just came up to me and just like straight to my face was like, Hey, like gay people, like don't bother me. <laughs> and me and Rebecca just You're like, that's crazy. I don't mind
0: Parmesan cheese. Yeah. Like it was just like, <laughs> what are
1: you? But they say, but the thing is, is I don't think that they mean it in any no. kind of harmful what they're, they're just trying to to show their support, support and they yeah. they mean it in a very nice way. Way, but it's just like going out to a black person and being like, "Hey, I don't, I, I don't, I'm, not hey, I'm racist. cool with you being free. I'm cool, exactly. Like it's like, just like, what the, like why? Are, because yeah. what that says to me is that that is the only way that you view me. You don't see yeah. me as a person. You see me as a
0: gay." Yeah, your sexual preference is your identity. Is who you are. Yeah, I used to say that to my buddy Dave. That was what I was trying to tell you earlier. With Dave, was that like, like one of the comics? He came out to a show one time and he was hanging out with us, and one of the comics just wanted to keep asking him questions about it. And he did say, like, are, are, do, "Do you mind answering these questions?" And he's like, "He's like, no, no, I'm good with it." Like, but it was just like his fascination was purely his sexual preference. And I and I, I was walking with him out of the car afterwards, and I was like, "You know what's funny? Like, when people talk to me, I get to have like favorite movies and favorite, you know." To favorite meals and, and hobbies and things like that. And I'm like, anything that people want to ask you predominantly is just about your sexual orientation. Yeah. That's all they're fascinated by. And I go, but at the end, I mean- it's it's but hard. Then, it's but hard. then straight people, it's so funny because that's the way
1: that straight people treat gay people. Is that like they are just a gay, and then as gay people, your whole life if you're treated that way, mm-hmm. the only way that you talk about things and get and, and get people to engage in things is to talk about the one way that you've been treated your whole life right and then what do straight people say oh my god buddy i get that you're gay but it's like why do you always need
0: to fucking talk about it that's yeah and that's really unfair it's really really unfair you can't win you it can't is. win the 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 only thing that i would say i guess in a in a a straight person's defense now and, and here's the thing too is okay
1: that, yeah, let's let's this will be a new segment of the podcast <laughs> no no i don't say this i don't defense. say this
0: I, I but i mean it like like empathetically right like is that i would imagine that it's just the one thing that's fascinating to them that they don't know anything about Mm -hmm. right whereas if you say like what's your favorite food or whatever like I'm sure let's put it this way it's novel the novelty of it is like I have had conversations about food and movies and hobbies I have not had conversations about this Mm -hmm. so that's the only thing I could say is is trying to give them the benefit of the doubt that oh I always do I've I've never I've never
1: like snapped at somebody I've never been like "Why the fuck would you ask me that like no
0: no but you've always been a you know you're a kind person you're also well. This is not my place to tell you what you are. I've always found you to be a kind person, and so I can be. Yeah, we're also. I mean, we have to kind of check ourselves too because we're in the entertainment industry. Yeah. So we could snap at somebody, and now that person go off and tell everybody that that comic is a piece of shit or whatever too. So well, do you know the one thing that I'm getting tired of is this is
1: this seems to just be at weddings. Mm-hmm. Is whenever a straight guy at the wedding in the in the wedding party or something has had a couple drinks and he comes up to me and mm-hmm. he says. So you're gay, right? I know he's about to ask me something transphobic. I just know it. Really transphobic? Every single time. Oh, really? It's okay. always like, "So okay. what do you think about Dave Chappelle uh talking about trans people or It's always it's always asking me about trans people." Right. I I there's this part of me that wants to be like, "You know that gay and trans are not the same thing, right?" Yeah. It's like I know LGBT, it's they're they're in that same, but that's just an, an encompassing yeah. expression, but like I don't I can't comment on what trans people go through? Right. I don't fucking know. How can I be an? We authority all have different experiences. Yeah. You're like, well, you're gay, so you'll know. It's like that's really not how it works. I yeah. know because I educated to myself. Together, yeah, yeah. It's like I know because I have trans friends. I know because I educated myself. I know because I opened a fucking but, book. That's how I know. So, so the
0: yeah, that's do you know what I'm saying? No, of course, of course. And and but the thing is too. Okay, so I I agree with you. Like, there's ways to educate yourselves. I I have I have ended up in a in a couple maybe like one or two times in my life where I've asked a question and said like, cause I'm curious and, and the response was, and it seems to be almost like worded a certain way. They're like, it is not gay person's job to educate you on the community. And I'm like, I can see the merit in that. Like, no, it's not your job. And and I agree with that. It's not your job to have to answer questions and do things, but perspectively. Mm -hmm. It's like through, through understanding comes peace, right? People fear what they don't understand Mm -hmm. and through understanding comes peace. So no, you don't have to, to tell anybody anything, but if they're, if they're asking, and and, then again, I do know that not everyone who asks is asking out of sincerity where they legitimately want to learn, Mm -hmm. Right, I am one of those people where I want to learn. I love everybody, and I know that I'm capable of making mistakes if I don't educate myself. And my mistakes could cause someone else pain, and the person I am, I never want to cause somebody else pain. Mm-hmm. So I actually get anxious from it that I could make a mistake do you know what I mean? I could hurt someone unintentionally. and I, think I know that's that, a big part of it. People yeah. are
1: afraid they're going to say the wrong thing.
0: Yeah. And I don't mean say the wrong thing like, I'm going to get in trouble and I'll pay the penalty. It's like, no, I don't want to hurt somebody. Yeah. I, I love everybody. And you know what? You have a new... Well, I, don't know I, th- I-, I think it's a little bit of both.
1: I think it is a little bit of, I don't want to hurt somebody, but it is also like, I don't want to get in trouble.
0: I don't care about getting in trouble. Like, cause the thing is I know at the end of the day, like we talked about this earlier about a different thing, but I know what my intention is. Yeah. So I, even if I I can't prevent what's what narrative someone's going to put on what I said. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? A lot of comics and people in, in, in the public eye can't, someone will pick something, they'll put a narrative on it and you may never convince people otherwise, but I can sleep at night if I know that I wasn't trying to hurt somebody. Yeah. But if I did regardless, yeah. That's what's gonna haunt me is that I hurt somebody, not that I got in trouble. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, look, I didn't have to talk about it at all. But then th- that goes back to me saying, even about the choosing your choice of words. Do you want to know what this word means or do you want to know how to pronounce it properly? Is that if I don't ask, then I feel like a part of me in that moment was choosing ignorance. Mm. I chose not to know out of fear of hurting or fear of that. And I don't want to act out of fear. I don't want fear to be the reason that I didn't learn more or grow or expand. I don't want to hurt anybody. But I also don't want to, I, I feel like the risk of hurting people more is to just not learn about about things we didn't know, right? Because mm-hmm. that's how we grow as a society is to have conversations, everything like that. However, that whole, you know, someone comes up to you, well, let me ask you about that. And it's like, they're not asking to learn. They're asking to challenge, yeah. to correct, to represent. Well, and I, and I, and I, and I purpose... can't imagine anyone wanting to be in that conversation. Well, no, but I mean, I answered the question. He asked
1: me what I thought about Dave Chappelle and him talking about trans people. And he asked my, after I had just mm-hmm. done stand up comedy at a wedding, which by the way, don't ask me to do stand up comedy at your fucking wedding. It is not the space for that because people are there. Why did you do it? I didn't want to bring a gift. <laughs> Why don't you do what I do? It's just but, don't do either. <laughs> no, but it's funny because it actually ended up being I kind of an myself. amazing show. Because this crowd was ultra conservative. They were very, they were very right. And I remember when the bride walked down the aisle, it wasn't like that fucking song from Twilight. Like,
0: I went there, I went. it wasn't that oh, the, the a thousand. Years, yeah. yeah, yeah. That it, one. It's, that, like, every it's every wedding, wedding.
1: <laughs> or like a piano. It, what it was. If your
0: legs don't work like that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. right <laughs> uh, But what it was instead when she was walking down the aisle was this country, like Jason Aldine kind of Garth Brooks kind of Brad Paisley kind of song. And I'm looking around and I, cause I just got there and I'm realizing, I'm like, oh shit, like we're in a barn. And I just looked at Daniel and I was like, <laughs> You walked into the barn before you realized you were in a barn? Yeah, cause we were like <laughs> in the back part of it. And then there was like a rooster. You were in
0: the back wing of the barn.
1: And, I, and I, I, yeah. And I just, and then the second that the country music started and she's walking down the aisle, I looked at Daniel and I was like, Start the car. Start like the car. we need Start to, we car. need to get. So when I did, when I did my stand up, I was so nervous, but it actually kind of, worked so well because they were like, I've never seen one of you before. And it ended up being one of you kind of really funny. And it ended up working. Did you
0: know you could hire one for your wedding? Yeah. Like
1: it was so funny. So I was kind of like the token comedian slash gay guy. And so they were like, Oh, this guy's like fun. Like he's funny. So this guy had the confidence to be like, what did you think about you know, trans people and Dave Chappelle and all this? And I, I answered the question, and he did not like my answer to
0: the point where he actually walked away from me. Well, that was the thing, because the way you originally kind of postured his, like, "Hey, so like, what do you think? Like, I was like, okay, so he came up with almost like an arrogance, or, or did he? We were having a really lovely conversation up until that moment. Okay, so he didn't come up no. and start with that. No, okay, no. so I apologize. I was going in context of like, no, so like, what do no, he, he, I'm like, oh, he came up and challenged, yeah, you, which is why I wasn't like, hey, benefit of the doubt for this guy. I'm like, no, no, this guy sounds like he's starting shit, so no. I'm not giving. But a- the, it was funny because one of the other groomsmen saw it happen, and then he
1: came over, and then for the rest of the night, like we were kind of like, there's this. He was the straight guy. He was there with his wife. She was gorgeous. They had like so many kids, and we just spent the whole evening together. and We had the best time, right. But the thing is, is this is not the first time that this is. Ha- it's always at a wedding. I, people get drunk and they're like, "Well, you're gay. You must be the authority on trans people. Let's talk about it." And it's it's, it's weird
0: that when when people want, it's it's hard to talk on behalf of anything.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not the authority. I'm no. not
0: trans. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do, but like. I you, don't. You might have more of the answers. I have, might have more of the. answers What happens on season three of episode? Well, I've seen it, so I could tell you. But I didn't yep. write the fucking episode. Yep. I don't know where their character arcs are going. Yeah, like, I can give you the gist. Yeah, but I can't. Give I can you tell any... you what I've learned. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Really, at the yep. end of the day, right? Like, I can tell you what I've learned, and and like I said, but I don't was...
1: get mad when I give you the answer. You know what I mean? Like, don't.
0: Well, that's that's the thing too. But it's like everything in conversation, right? You take that whole step right out of of, of sexual orientation or what have you. Like it's like, oh, what do you think about this politician? Yeah, it's like, did you ask because you want to know? Are you open to to having your ideals challenged? Yeah, or did you just ask so that you can tell me your position? Do you know what I mean? There's people that will do that. I don't. I, don't I think care. I think it was what a little bit think. of that. Yeah, yeah. I think and I think that there's a lot of that, which is why when I ask something and I met with hostility, like I I don't like being reprimanded for trying to educate myself. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I also try to go like, I'm, I'm sure that they get the exact type that I'm describing that they don't care to learn. They came over to let you talk for a minute and then they're going to yell at you and try to tell you that everything you are is wrong, whatever. And I'm like, and that, why would you be a part of that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I would imagine that most people's policies like, you know what, honestly, I'm, I'm not the one to, to change your mind on it. But like I said, I, I feel like if every single person in the community's position was, it's not my job to educate you. I'm like, well then. I don't know where people are going to get it from. And I don't mean just in a conversation. If yeah. nobody wrote about it, if nobody talked about it, if nobody did it, it's like, you know, Google, Hey, just you figure Google it, out. it But, but I'm saying, I'm, but I'm saying if nobody put that out there, yeah. right, if no one was willing to offer, whether it's written blog, yeah. context, podcast, or conversationally, yeah. I'm saying that if everyone took that attitude, it's not my job to tell you, then it would be very difficult. I'm not saying it's their job, but I'm saying if you're like, Hey, look, it's not my job to help the homeless. But if I buy a guy a meal every now and again, I made things that much better. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not, I'm saying that like, I feel like the marginalized people, it isn't their job. They are the marginalized ones. They're the ones who are being mistreated. Mm. But I'm saying that like, I don't know. It's don't, don't become what you hate because you know what I'm saying? Like I, I would rather still, doesn't matter how many people are going to hurt me for being a vulnerable honest person. I'm not going to let that change me. I'm still going to take the, like, it's like the whole, Hey, if I do this and I help one person. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my mentality is if it helps every now and again, i get someone tell me like, listen, listening to you being upset and vulnerable about your relationship ending helped me realize like, okay, I'm not broken for feeling this way. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm like, cool. So if, if, if 15 people are out there laughing at me for it, but I helped one person want to step off the ledge as a result, that was worth it to me.
1: Yeah. All I know is that this conversation has given me a real post nasal drip. That's all I know. <laughs>
0: it's on there as the title. So let's use this opportunity. I'm going to write down the timestamp just to throw to, so you you guys know that kyle's actually funny i'm gonna throw to one of his uh, his bits here so we're gonna we're gonna just so take a couple seconds to uh to enjoy a kyle brown clip which i haven't picked yet so who knows oh i, I hope you have is. bits on post nasal drip and then i can use.
1: i them. it's what i named my second album you have no idea the white people that i had to deal with growing up because wait for it i used to be a starbucks barista <laughs> which i know it's like the final piece of the puzzle I hated working at Starbucks because Starbucks is all those, like, fancy, expensive drinks, right? It's not like Tim Hortons where everybody's drunk. And... (laughs) I used to have this one bitch that would come in all the time and she'd always be like, hi, can I please have a half-calf, quad, long, grande, lactose-free, extra hot, no whip, 172.5 degrees, half for here, half to go, marble mocha macchiato. <laughs> oh, mercy. And I would just be like, one coffee. my <laughs> bitch. It's a whole thing. I mean, you know, Starbucks, it's a whole lifestyle. And when people walk through that door, when they're coming in to get their coffee in the morning, it's like they immediately adopt that, like, California cadence where they all sound like a Kardashian, for example. And they'll be like, "Mm, hi. (laughs) And they're on their phone, like, texting. And they're like, "Mm -hmm. can I, like, literally get a grande half-sweet? Just a second. I just have to answer this. Oh my god, I know. It's like the worst. Can I please get a grande, half-sweet, skinny vanilla latte to go? You're like, bitch, you're from Bar Haven. Why are you talking like that? <laughs> I hated working at Starbucks, especially in the fall, because what comes out in the fall... That's straight, the pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> it's going to be on debit. <laughs> You did not want to be working on the first day of the year when that shit came out, because you know what's waiting for you on the other side of the door when you go to Unlock It? An army of Ugg boot wearing, Canada Goose sporting, Taylor Swift loving, How I Met Your Mother DVD box set owning, Michael Kors watch wearing, Sephora online shopping, yoga pant wearing, even though, bitch, you do not go to yoga, tiara on her birthday sporting, (laughs) bath and body wear coupon hoarding, live, laugh, love wall decals, and picture frame owning basic white bitches. (laughs) Oh, my God. When they came into the store, it was violent. It was like watching the first 20 minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Only terrible people ordered the pumpkin spice latte. Like, if Hitler was alive, that would probably be his drink. And I'm not saying that if you personally order a pumpkin spice latte, like you hate the Jews. Okay, but I'm not not saying it. So it's like,
0: ugh. right. And we're back. So we already just, again, conversationally got through some of these things. I, I, I didn't ask. We, you answered the how did you get into stand-up. Your friend signed you up. Your first night went well. Yeah. I always like to ask, who were you before you started stand-up?
1: That's funny. That's a good question.
0: Cuz it's almost like for us as comics that like there was that part of us. Yeah. It's almost like we're born into our second life once we get to sort of do what we do. More like we've fin- like we've
1: Ooh. final we're, we've become our true self. Yeah. Like we've kind of We um, found an
0: outlife an outlet for the expression that we've always wanted to say but felt like we couldn't.
1: Yeah, but also we were like, "Oh, that's why I always need attention." <laughs> like, that's <laughs> why I I'm like, "Oh, like because as comedians you know we're all the one thing we all have different styles we all come from mm-hmm. different walks of life we all have different perspectives but the one thing that we all have in common is we are all inherently insecure and we have to be because in order to need validation from like 150 strangers in a basement yeah. on a Thursday night <laughs> the audacity to stand on stage and say you all be quiet
0: yes, and listen to me talk. That's right. <laughs> like, you have to
1: you have to be inherently insecure. <laughs> and so before um, I was a stand-up comedian. I was a professional illustrator artist. Mm-hmm. I used to do contracts for like the Globe and Mail and the National Post. So it would be like a, an article and they'd have a little drawing that would go
0: with the article. It's like I would do the drawing. Right.
1: And it somehow paid less than comedy, if that's even possible. And I remember... I
0: saw some of your work. You showed me some of the stuff that you were working on at the time.
1: Uh, yeah, I did magazine covers. Yeah. I did... You did like a
0: future court that had like a RoboCop judge. They had like visors on and stuff.
1: It was a great picture. I it was hate a great it. picture. I, that was. The, of all the things I ever oh, did, wow. that was my least because it was a, it was it started as a great image and then it got turned
0: oh, okay. into something horrible. Because the, you take edits, right? Yeah, it's not it was, like I draw a picture here. You go. That's what you asked for. That's right. You take notes and change. And, yeah, you know. it's 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 art directed,
1: and this person had no taste and art directed it into the trash. And it was one of those things where, when it was finished. I never showed
0: anybody except for apparently you. And well, I, remember, I maybe I did. Did I? Is it possible that I didn't see the finished result? Because you're like this is something I'm working on.
1: No, because if, if you're talking about this, then like I must have shown it to
0: you. Because I you I did show it to me, but I'm saying that. would I have seen what like no, would I Would probably, I have seen it while it was still in transit, or would I have seen the end result? I'm I don't saying. think you
1: would have seen the end result because I remember I got it in the mail because they send it to you, and I remember I got it in the mail, and I was like, this is an abortion, I'm right? Just so I it.
0: saw probably. Along the way picture of it
1: it was it was it was almost like if you had like a a joke that you loved, and then like the owner of the comedy club when you first started and you didn't know any better, was telling you how you should be telling the joke, and then it just gets turned into like a and just ruins the bit completely and yeah. it's not funny, or anymore. if
0: I recorded something for just for laughs and they put it on Xm and I heard all of the tags that were cut out of it, and I go, this joke sucks without yeah. those well it's funny because because <laughs> you know, i've had exactly that
1: happen yeah but it's it's funny because it's an art director oftentimes is not necessarily that just because you're an art director doesn't mean that you have taste Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because i would come in and i would just see what an art director would do to just tank and you're like why is the the artist who has professional credentials and is doing the work being told by someone that has no experience in what i'm doing yeah telling me how to do it and then just ruining it completely and then right. my name gets stuck on that when it's published right do you know what i mean it's yeah. like that doesn't make sense to me but anyway so before i was a stand-up comedian yeah i was a visual artist and you went to school for that i, I went i went to school for that because i thought that was a slam dunk and i actually am a little <laughs> angry at my parents not gonna lie for being like
0: really yeah because I, have- I love your folks if i could just say i love when i see them i i want to go give them a hug but i don't know if they understand that it's genuine yeah i don't no, know. I, love your, would, I love your i love your folks very very much and i, I miss they you.
1: love stand-up okay. and but but i do think that there's a limit they say let your kids do what they want i think there should be a limit when your kid is like hey can you drop thousands of dollars on tuition because my parents paid for my tuition i want to put that out there they paid for and it was not cheap okay they paid my for my university tuition and for art Right. And I got to be honest with you. If you can name a bigger waste of
0: money to give you some peace, all I can say is that the amount of parents that pay for their kids to go to school to get a degree that they never use. Yeah. You went out and got gigs first off and you even parlayed that into designing pictures for yeah. albums. Like yeah, you you that's true. I I have to just say again and this is this is so not comedy or funny like this would never be a me on stage it'd be me after stage saying they're like why don't you rip that guy apart because i'm like i don't know what he's going through mm-hmm. what if this was his last attempt to try to feel good about something and he got shit face because he's down and i made a room full of people laugh at him and tomorrow he's going to kill himself i'm like i'm not going to be the person to to hurt somebody but the empathetic side of me is like you didn't waste it you know what i mean you you well, I mean, did kinda what di- i don't i don't do any of that anymore I mean, I did, but, you, dis- but I did but you make can For the rest of your
1: life, for you the rest you will never, of my life, you I will can. never pay
0: yeah. anybody ever to illustrate something for you. That's correct because that's in your skill set. That's in my skill set. I was an electrician for five years, yeah. right? And that's, everyone's that's like, more, why did, you, that's do, more why did useful, you do that? Though that's like, is how many houses am I going to buy as a comic <laughs> 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 that I'm going to fucking rewire? Okay. But so, well, but what I'm saying is, but, but. I did, I learned in those five years and for the rest of my life, I will never need to spend the money Mm -hmm. on an electrician to do that. So like, as opposed to someone who may have gone to school for half of it, learned nothing, wasted the money that their parents paid Mm -hmm. and never done it. Like you, you at least valued the opportunity that they gave you by finishing it and, and actually chasing it and and getting some work out of it. So to diminish, to mitigate the guilt or the fuck that was worth nothing. Yeah. You did something with it.
1: I mean, you can look at it that way. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I just I just look back on um, I just look back on university and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh fuck, like making kids decide what they want to do with the rest of their lives at like 17 it's when you're the applying dumb the It's world. the dumbest shit in the world. Yeah,
0: and um, all of it, dude. All of it's dumb. Letting them join the military. You shouldn't be able to join the military until yeah. 25. Till you know yeah, that you're yeah, a piece of shit that. and you have no value. I agree with that. You
1: know, no, I agree with that. And then so when I came when I came into comedy, you know, I I remember I would do work like I would I would do like a magazine cover, but I would do it almost for like a reaction. Like I needed validation. I needed somebody to be like laugh or good job or whatever. Right. Like is, when you're pitching
0: a new premise. Yeah, like is it's this a, good? I get this idea. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. as
1: performers and because we're in, in Inherently insecure on some level it's like we thrive off making people laugh and we thrive on making people happy in whatever way and so when I would do work and people like would just be like oh yeah like it's good job like but also like that's your work like I don't really care and you're just like yeah like (laughs) fair get that. I always loved seeing your stuff. It, but it, but it, I realized like somewhat recently, I'm like, oh yeah, like I wasn't illustrating because I loved it. I was mm. illustrating because people's reactions would be like, wow, good job. It was a means to an end. A means to an end. And so for, I, I made that connection recently and I'm like, okay, I don't think that I would have lasted long in that industry Because when I found comedy, I had a light bulb moment. And you know, you're like, aha, you're like, oh, this is definitely this, the shoe fits. Mm -hmm. And at the time. I was still illustrating and I was working at Starbucks part time. And I'll be honest, I loved working at Starbucks and Nipi was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had in my life. Yeah. I loved everybody that I worked with. And I, that was like a, a really fun time in my life. Cause I would wake up at 4am to go to work for five. I would spend the afternoon cause I would be done by like noon. I'd spend the afternoon illustrating. And then at night I would try and do like a comedy show and I yeah. wouldn't get home till midnight. And then I would sleep for four hours and then I would just do this all over again. It was yeah. very cyclical and and that that was who i was before i got into stand up comedy
0: may i pause you yes only to say
1: well that that's it that's that, that's the answer
0: <laughs> but i mean like hobbies like like for, for example i I don't, I don't know if it's my place to even ask again i don't kind of know the rules all i know is my own genuine curiosity yeah. is you were chatting with me now the relationship that you told me about before is a is that off limits do we just move right past that Oh, no, I... But, because you were somebody, you would talk to me about that. You are in a very healthy, loving relationship right now. I love now, seeing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, now. But when we first became friends or whatever, you had just recently gotten out of yeah. a relationship. Now, that was during the stand-up time. Did that relationship start pre-stand-up, or did that relationship start after stand-up? This was pre-stand-up,
1: so I so was... So, like,
0: that, because that's part of who you, are, and also somebody who just... I love your parents. How <laughs> early were you able to express who you were to them? And did you struggle with, because I, again, I apologize. That's not part of most of the people that I interview's experience, yeah. but I feel like if I have listeners who may be struggling with it, I, are you aware that just recently, one of the comics from absolute comedy, the club, the servers, I don't want to say it on this, but he has come out. Yeah. You know, are you aware that he's, he's recently like no one's shocked. <laughs> yeah. But like sometimes I've, people really, even in an environment where everyone's supportive. Yeah. But
1: I, uh, I've known him sure. since I was in high school. Oh really? We used to have mutual friends. We used to hang out with the, I had a couple of um lesbian friends in high school mm-hmm. and he was friends with them and we'd all just be you know like we Fair. would talk about it. So
0: you knew the entire time is that? I am knew I but, he, but he correctly? never so he would always
1: say that he was straight and he insisted on it. Right. And and As, we don't yeah. you don't push. Of course not. But obviously okay. we knew. So
0: for us us the 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 rest of the community who didn't know we were just like, you know, we'd, we'd, no, no, we're like, okay. And of course, you know, absolute comedy. It's very progressive. Supportive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say, if Jay doesn't call me a faggot, I'm like, are you mad?
1: Like, did I upset you? I'm
0: like, I he just might have like a lot of bills at the moment. Yeah. But you know, he's like, I can't lose too many customers this week. <laughs> so I, but I just mean that like, I guess even being around the community, sometimes it could take people a really long time to feel comfortable to, to come out. Yeah. And so, for yourself if you don't mind sharing the experience not not even necessarily what happened but were were you able to come out early was it ever from the moment because i I always say all the time i'm sorry to have such a long question before letting you answer but i always tell people i wish i could just go back to being a kid where fuck sexual preference just the idea of sex is just never on your mind where you're like i just get to get up and live my life you remember being a kid and sex never entered your mind it was about what fun thing i can do or go to school just before that part of your fucking biology took over your way of being for all of us. Right. So I'm just saying like, do you, do you remember how, how early you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I remember the exact moment of waking up and being like fun and kids. And then I experienced a very traumatic death when I was like in the fourth grade. I had to change schools because she was like my babysitter and I loved her very, very much. And then.
0: Sorry, I, forgive me. You're, was she a teacher as well? No, she just, she, she so I was.
1: She was trying to figure out
0: how the how the school part affected the babysitter. No,
1: she, she kind of raised me like oh, in, in a what? way. Yeah. Like because my, both my parents worked full time. Okay. So I was with her. You know, if you think about it, like almost as much as like Monday to Friday, like from very early in the morning till, you know, the, in the afternoon and stuff like that. Is it that. fair
0: to say that she was your nanny?
1: No, I would call her my babysitter.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: But it was... She um,
0: wasn't there on weekends helping
1: out because your no, folks were... No, 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 no. Okay, like, okay, okay. I got dropped off at her house and... Okay, okay. And then and, and then she died. And I remember I, I, I was kind of afraid of her because she was very like... Strict, okay, very yeah, authoritative yeah. very strict and i remember before she she died i saw her she had cancer mm. and she was this frail like this woman that i kind of was a little afraid of and and then suddenly i saw her as this frail fragile thing i'm vulnerable she
0: wasn't infallible yeah, you know, yeah i
1: remember that was once i saw her that was kind of like the end of my childhood yeah it was like that because and then I remember I went to her wake because my parents didn't want me to go to the funeral. They were like, "You need to see the open casket. You need to see a dead body when you're a kid. It's very <laughs> important."
0: Horrific. I think I don't know what age, but around that, I yeah. saw my dead grandmother, and it was the and the smell of formaldehyde and everything. Like, oh, oh it's disgusting. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need to come to these. <laughs> it's full stand. I'll stand meeting. in the back of the room and it's support, but fuck, yeah. I don't need. I'm gonna go
1: talk. I would. I prefer the. F- funeral maybe not so but the wake is is the the whole tradition there's no age where you go to a wake and you were like this seems normal i
0: still couldn't gun to my head if my life depended i couldn't tell you like the funeral is where you see the wake is where you see the body or the funeral is
1: where you see the body the funeral
0: is the speech i thought can you do one in the same do some people just put them together and make it but the wake, yeah make a day of you could do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the
1: wake, the wake is literally to a child like a full scene from Stand By Me, like you want
0: to see a dead body. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and I'm still struggling with death. I've had a fear of death since I was little. So that the the worst thing in the world for me. Oh well, of course, because face we're, my fear. We,
1: as comedians, we're narcissists in some level. So the idea of death is is the most terrifying thing in the world. Yeah, are, are you afraid of death? I'm horrified.
0: Yeah. Do I, you do you wake up like, dude? I I actually have like like literal fight or flight like my body will release adrenaline panic attack. pop me out of yeah, yeah the only thing that gives me a panic attack and it's only when i like really like conceptualize in my head like fuck like my bo- i can't I have no core strength but i will stand up straight in a second <laughs>
2: right.
0: because like just the adrenaline just pulls me up to like, duh, like i have to run from it. it's like you can't there's no escaping it
1: i had a panic <laughs> attack uh for the first time in almost like four or five years a couple weeks ago because I had a, like a weed soda, where it's like it's like an edible, but it's like a soda, yeah, yeah. and um, it wasn't really that strong. But I just started thinking about death, and I had a full on panic attack, yeah. and then I had to take. I was trying to fight it off as best I could, but I've been, I've had panic attacks since I was a kid. So I'm, I'm used to it.
0: Likewise. Like, yeah. like my parents sitting in my bed, trying to like, Oh, well just death is part of life. I'm like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. Like, like just, but trying to give me comfort. I'm like, and I, and I couldn't sleep. I'm like, this. Yeah. and my whole life, I even feel like I truly feel like that's why I do comedy. Is that all the great minds throughout history have said that the only way to achieve immortality is to be remembered? Yeah. And so, trying to, no job I've ever had before stand up has anyone come up to me like, hey, you sold me my cell phone. Great job. Well, yeah, My TV's <laughs> great. Thanks for, right. right? But I've had people doing in the pandemic, like a year and a half into the pandemic, wearing a mask in a Harvey's. Someone's like, hey, man, you're a comic, and absolute comic. So, like, yeah, you were really funny. Yeah. And I'm like, and I know that person's being genuine because my face is covered and they recognized it just from the voice a year and a half since the last time I was on stage. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I was like, so that you know, that guy too will die, but I, it's just, it's nice that, that this lasts longer than the effects of anything. Oh, what you do is important. I'm like, I, I remember I ran into a guy whose home I rewired yeah. a month after we were gone. We were yeah. there for a month. Yeah. The, the next month I ran into him, he didn't recognize me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, just like nothing. I like, oh well, it's important what you do. Not really, and and a lot of jobs I could leave and someone else will do. But but our jokes. But the people that
1: actually you make an impression on, like they're the, the like I find normal people don't go up to you. They just remember you and they think of you fondly, but they keep it to themselves. Sure, you but I'm saying, I mean? but I'm
0: saying, how much more does it mean that they were willing to go out of their way yeah. to tell you? And I'm like, oh, I shower. Them. Yeah, thank. I go really thank you for coming up and saying hi. Like I appreciate that. It means a lot. You yeah, know I mean like I've been
1: you. yeah I've I've been recognized in in really weird places and it. It's, it always feels great. Bath always. Houses, that's, that's uh, so hacky. I'm very sorry for I that. I was going to th- say, uh, uh, bathhouses <laughs> are not usually my scene. I have been, I don't even,
0: I don't even, I got told about sex clubs last night and I'm like, what's that?
1: Well, we, I was in, so when we were in San Francisco, I went to Folsom, which is like this big kink street fair. Okay. And most of it, I didn't, I wasn't really that shocked by but the one that I, I like really, sh- I was like shook,
0: uh, was the piss pool. No explanation required.
1: Yeah, you just go <laughs> and you just pee on somebody. Okay. In the I street. thought you
0: just bathe in it. I,
1: there are people in the pool. And you like it's like a kiddie pool them. And people go up And piss on them And they drink your piss And at first I kind of thought I was watching and you're it. gonna
0: give me shit For post-nasal drip <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Now we're even Piss pool is also One of the tags <laughs> Yeah but it's a Piss pool Yeah It's the piss pool Piss pool post-nasal drip This is gonna sound like A garbage pails Kids fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> But i And I'm watching pool. this person But they have like a leather Thing like over not Like a latex thing Over their yeah, face Yeah
0: the, the, the Sorry for the bad term But the gimp mask yeah from right from, sure
1: and then and so and they're being but there's a bunch of people that are being peed on and then i was so drunk that i was like fuck it i'm gonna go what pee do you on call somebody. them are they gaggle i <laughs> have no idea so but then i thought i was like fuck it like i'm drunk like i'm gonna fucking oh, pee on, you somebody. Went pissed on someone. no either. i almost did i like i ch- i went up and then like, my parents love me i can't and i just like walked <laughs> <up>. <laughs> i was like i'm sorry and then the the thing that made me was there was like a reservoir because that the street was kind of on an angle so like
0: oh the bottom <laughs> of the street just had like a a, a, another pool in the pool. There was the piss pool, and then the pool that pissed in the. the but the, but like in the, the pool, pool the there water. was,
1: a, and I just was like, and I just, I that that's that's probably the only thing I've ever really seen that I've, I've genuinely found shocking in my life. Right. Or, Cause most, most things like I I've, I've been in clinics where somebody had their finger being put back together, like in the waiting room and I'm like, cool, I'm just eating. Yeah. Over I here. can't, I can't, you know, but, but the, the one thing I've ever seen in my life that I actually genuinely was at a loss for words was the, was the piss. Yeah.
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I'm not one of those people who sees blood and gets sick, but I can't look at like a, I can't look at like a man, like an injury like 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 oh i know yeah no. I, I fell on a glass bottle a few years ago and you like, relive the pain of it right no no i i just i just didn't comprehend what i was looking at and i guess it's like it's, it's this feeling of helplessness like i can't do anything about that yeah so i'm just like maybe like i've never thought about why can't i watch surgery or something it's just like it's almost like the same feeling it's I mean, who wants to watch surgery? No, but you know, there's channels like you're just scooping through. Also, there's a fucking heart, like an open hole in a heart beating. You're like watching someone. I'm like, okay, surgery channel. I'm not interested in that shit. Holy fuck. Like it would be like A&E or Bravo or something at like three in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's educational. If someone's curious, well, here it is. Yeah. Right but i mean hey fuck it if if someone's like hey you're gonna get surgery done but we'll give you an extra two grand if we can televise it (laughs) i'd be like okay Uh, is my face on it yeah that's gonna cost you five yeah Uh, (laughs) if you can meet my quote yeah we'll do it Um. what's in the green room (laughs) oh wait so wait so (laughs) what's in the 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 recovery room afterwards but so i I, okay so uh, what i mean is just like seeing that stuff is you can't do anything about it it's like when you hear about oh the dog meat festival in china you know what I mean? Like, oh, they killed 100,000 dogs yesterday and they marched them through the streets to terrorize them first because it salts the meat. And you're like, like I don't know why you told me. Even in the article, it says that it's been petitioned a million times and they won't stop doing it. So all I did was absorb pain. Right. Right. Just like seeing someone injured. And I'm like, I don't know how to fix that. So I'm absorbing pain. Like it's just it's this weird thing watching people get pissed on. There's a part of me that's like it's is it degrading? But if that person wants it,
1: that's, well, that's like if the they're point. like piss on
0: me, it's yeah. my thing. Well, it's a kink. I'm thing. like, well, I'm here to help, but I'm like, but this is a kink festival. Like that was yeah, their, of course, their, of course, their kink. We have a mutual friend who's who's kink. After knowing this person for years, is getting pissed on, and I won't I won't name them, of course. <laughs> but but I was like really. But I, if it's okay with you, I know that you want to say something, but I, I, is it okay to circle back to, like, this was traumatic, this person died, you said you had to move school. So I'll,
1: very quickly, I'll just say that, like, I went to a funeral when I, or I went to the wake when I was a kid, and I remember there were so many flowers because she died quite young. She was, like, in her 50s. And I remember the smell of flowers was so overwhelming that to this day, if I smell flowers, I think of death and I think of funerals. Right. I, hate, I hate the smell of flowers. Right. Do
0: you know that because the scent is the yeah. right, only right brain? yeah only right brain sense and it goes it has to actually go through your memory before it gets to objectivity yeah which is why swells always make us think of a moment
1: that's yes, right and so when my ch- so there was that and that very much affected my childhood and then i remember around like grade 6 i remember realizing immediately that I was gay. I always knew I was gay. You just, you'd know, but then like when your body starts developing, right. I remember you would, I was thinking about like, I don't know, like my gym teacher who was a
0: guy. Okay. And then I remember just being like, Oh,
1: you know, really? <laughs> like, uh, and then, so even
0: at a young age, because the thing is like, I, I, I couldn't honestly say that I knew I was into women because that's all that was on TV. Yeah. Right. So it was almost just like, this is just what you do. I also didn't know I was going to be employed. No, because it's just that like makes you grow up and you, you, you get a you. job. Right. So but, I, but that makes
1: it even from a young age. I was like, I know this doesn't make sense to me.
0: Right. You okay. Just know, like, okay. So, for, I, so, and
1: when I say young age, I mean like, it's five, not six. once
0: the hormones kick in and That's you start right. to, to feel attractions. Cause there is a very biological thing. You're picking up on, on pheromones. Yeah. Right. So well, if children can have little crushes, then they know, you know, yeah, you know. no, that's fair. I'm yeah. not saying you were wrong. It was no. just one of those like, oh, I always just assume that it's yeah. like once all of us start having, yeah, little crushes. Cause I can't even tell you a point in my life where I actually remember just being interested in girls. Yeah. It was just, it was just there. Yeah. But I don't know but, when.
1: But then you like bargain with yourself as you're like getting older. Like you'll yeah. be like, you'll be like, okay, like you can jerk off to gay porn if you take this girl out on a date.
0: Oh, really? You know? Oh, I didn't, re- I thought bargain with yourself, maybe I'm not like, maybe I'm just, I thought that type of bargaining. That's interesting. Well, so because it's I didn't like-
1: grow up when it was like fun and cool to be gay. I didn't grow You're up saying the- it's that now. I'm saying it's that now okay. because now everybody like uses the word queer as a way to like fit in, which to me just blows my mind because mm. I, I, I didn't grow up during the lady Gaga years. Right. I didn't grow up during the glee stolen era. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I grew up when I grew up. Like the only thing that we had was like Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Right. You know what I mean? And we had rent the
0: kids in the hall. That's, that was one of, that was my first experience with like, I think that's when I was like, Oh, what's gay. Like we used to stay up late when I was little and watch kids in the home and Scott Thompson was gay. Yeah. And so, and, and the guys were dressing up as women in almost all the sketches. Yeah. That show was so fucking ahead of its time. Yes. So ahead of its time. My parents love that show. I never really watched never it. You never watched it. You have to. It's so good. I do think it's it is so a moment. It, I have,
1: I've seen clips, but it was never a show that I grew up with.
0: That's fair. I I would say that the first season of South Park probably wouldn't do anything for me now, but I'll still watch the current episodes because I've evolved with it. Oh,
1: I love South Park.
0: Yeah. But I'm saying like, but imagine you watched the first season where the jokes weren't really that good or whatever. Now with all the other levels of comedy you consume. Yeah, that's right. Like it's probably not going to be as much, right? Even, even the Simpsons, the first few seasons, but there's just shows that I know I've gone back and watched movies. I thought were hilarious when I was a teenager and they're just not that funny now. So it's not even that they haven't aged. It's just that looking at that level of humor, I'm like, I've been exposed to so many other jokes since. I've said for the last couple of years, when people are like, oh, old people in the audience never laugh at anything. I'm like, it's not because... They don't have a sense of humor it's that a fart or dick joke they've heard a billion times yeah. and it's not new to them anymore yeah they're sitting there predicting where you're gonna go with it yeah but so it, they're more interested in the in seeing a clever thing made a clever point or a clever sure. juxtaposition true but also i
1: find because i i do perform for like cbc audiences and they are like all over 60 right because the only people that really support live stand-up comedy outside of major cities it's it's mostly seniors yeah. and older people but hey you know what thanks for fucking coming
0: right like thanks for actually supporting and yours is a different subject matter like i would also not argue that they're open because yeah no but i do i usually do pretty good okay. uh, in these rooms but what i will say
1: is that they love like corny cheesy kind of jokes and i think that that's like a product because you know you look at like cbc material from like the 90s and you're just like dear fucking god what is this and it's just like that's
0: just how it was Well, it was, in, it was the most boring safe shit ever did you ever watch yeah. air farce Like I'm not Uh, saying like, I'm not saying like, like consistently, but I mean, have you ever seen it? That's all. Yeah. I've seen it. Yes. And it would be like the dumbest, the same joke, like almost every sketch someone would be in the back of the cab. And I think it was Don Ferguson would be the cab driver, right? Doing a, a very hacky impression of a middle eastern cab driver or whatever it is and they're like oh what's that smell oh it must be the liberal government's new caucus or whatever like it yeah. was always just like oh what's shitty oh this political party what's what's this gross like a thing Mad this libs. Po- it was it was yeah it was just always so blink. hacky. but then dave broadfoot the oldest one of them do you remember him no so dave broadfoot was this super old guy who's long since passed but he would just do like a little rant on the show sure he you know he wasn't part of the main cast he would just have this little rant that was like two or three minutes long and he was just his shit was so well written and it was funny and it was like whatever like people keep asking me what my position is on puppy mills and he's like i can't tell you what my position is puppy mills until you tell me how many kilowatts per hour a puppy mill can generate <laughs> do you know what i mean like it was a little yeah. more clever and and stuff. That was one of the only things I remember. But, but but he was older than all of them. Right. And he had well-written, intelligent, good jokes. But he was one of those like staples on CBC radio where he was the funny guy that would come in. Yeah. Whatever it was. So they they weren't incapable of it. But I think it's just they went with safe. What's safe? Oh, we'll make fun of a political. I mean, that's party. all
1: Canada is, you know. It's just safe. But talking about, you know, when you were asking me about You were
0: talking about you you felt it, you knew did you, you felt it, was, it knew and yeah. then
1: you know, going through high school you know, trying because if anybody ever like made fun of me or teased me or bullied me or whatever, I, I had an older sister. She was almost ten years older than me, and she would constantly kind of come at me. So I learned oh, really? from a young age to come at her. So if anybody ever tried to pick on me, you know, I would just throw it right back in their face, make a joke, mock them. But this it, is like shit talking, not, sh-
0: not physical altercations.
1: No, I have I have had physical altercations. Yes, I lost I lost a couple. I won a couple. You know, but it was
0: never anything for being gay. Yeah. Okay. But was telling your parents easy?
1: I didn't tell them. It was more like they, I made them say it. Okay. Because it was very difficult for me to say because there is so much shame that is ingrained into you from society, from Mm -hmm. everything in media, in in television, in movies. And everybody, you know, when I was growing up using the word, calling somebody a fag, was that's just, that's what you did. And so that is so deep. When you are that thing that everybody says is the worst thing in the world. From a very, very from the, as far back as you can remember, that deeply affects you, how you identify as yourself, how you see yourself as a human being and how you see yourself in this world and where you fit in right. and you're less than, and you're told that you're less than and your life is, it's, I think the most terrifying thing in this world would, that's how you in. end up in the piss
0: pool. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you're yes. like, so I'm just what you pit off. Oh, yeah.
1: Of And so, but the thing is, is that most gay people, the timeline is your teen years, high school is just surviving your twenties is you maybe have some kind of independence and you're trying to figure yourself out and you're maybe a little bit of survival, maybe a little bit of making a lot of really fucked up mistakes, maybe getting into drugs. It's very common in the gay community. Well, I mean, yeah,
0: I mean, drugs are, it's an escape. It's right, a, if you don't like I can only I can only imagine how difficult it must be to be like where do I belong there may be a feeling I don't want to project anything but but the idea of like feeling Oh, am I broken because I'm not like everybody else or am I this am I that like yeah is there even a mentality of like when you're in high school of, like if I just get through high school like I don't have to see these people ever again is there ever this like is there a sense kind of. of of like oh this will end. Like, like I'll get past high school and then I can go be who I am. And I don't have to worry about all these people being in my face all the time. Like, is there any, Um, I've never thought of that before, but just when you were saying like you're in high school and I'm like, do you just try to get through it? Yes. And nobody knows. You just survive. Did, were you, were you openly gay in high school? I'm I'm sorry. I don't know if you Like I was, but like. So this wasn't people thought you were gay and were coming at you. Like you, you said it and people came at you. I'm a,
1: you know, I'm a very honest person. I'm a very Mm. real person. It was like, I, I. I was. It wasn't something that I was like screaming from the fucking top of the bleachers, but yeah. it it is one of those things where I, if people asked, I would answer the question. But I also had a, a girlfriend in high school for three years, mm-hmm. and she was just like, mm, I don't know, like he just he's never. Thank God he's never pressured me for sex. And then I'm like, No, <laughs> thank you, bitch. Like,
0: I there's you know. a there's a just really quickly. I I remember reading the audio book. The book was called things i've learned from women who've dumped me and one of the guys was dan savage he's a writer in the states yeah, comedy comedian savage, yeah. do you know him? Yeah. yeah he referred to like you know the first time he was like forced a finger girl is like you know fingering Harry lasagna <laughs> he's like i'm so glad like all these women who like didn't make them fuck them or whatever he's like oh you know hey listen if guys like that Harry lasagna whatever blah 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 i don't know why that that popped in my head it's just like thank you for not for because because to me i'm like oh vagina's great but to some like i could i could completely understand why it would be super repulsive super yeah sure super repulsive like i
1: mean i don't really think of it necessarily like that it's more just sort of like when you look at a guy's ass i'm sure that does like nothing that
0: thing yeah like if it's like i get i get so i find gay men to be incredibly clean, neat, and shaped. But there's there's bears. Yeah, I'm sure there's guys who look like me who are like, yeah, I'm gay. I'll yes. take it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. now again, I take care of myself. But if I was looking at a guy who looked just like me, I'd be like, the over-under is that that guy does not care for himself physically. <laughs> sure. So I'm like, that guy, Not no chance. Yeah, but, but I find know, opposite, his, opposite his garbage track. shoot to be the thing that I would want. Yeah. <laughs> well I actually heard a really interesting It was a psychological discussion about how every Relationship has a masculine and feminine role In it and it says it doesn't mean that There's a man it doesn't mean that every yeah. relationship has a man and a woman Because yeah. they're like you can see a relationship where you can tell That the guy is the feminine archetype and the, the Woman is the sure. masculine archetype yeah he's A tiny little mousy thing and she's really out there Like yeah but they said that like you can't For the most part there's exceptions to every rule but for the Most part you can't have an effective relationship it? that Didn't yeah I, I would say but, dominant Submissive yeah I, I would I'm say sure more this that this was this was a talk from the '90s, and they were not they were not attacking like they said in yeah, gay yeah. relationships and in, in lesbian relationships. Every yeah. relationship, there's one that is predominantly more. even more more aggressive to submissive or what have you, right? <laughs> like, but it's just it's it's just it was a fascinating thing because I'm like I've you know you see a lot of relationships and you're like you're like if you were to say like which one has a more I I don't know is 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 saying feminine and masculine necessarily gendering it. Like if you, what, if you said what's masculine? No, I, I guess mean, it, no,
1: but I, but I think
0: maybe we don't, two say, we, we, we don't say
1: masculine and feminine. We say feminine mask. Okay. I, I don't know if that makes a difference, but, we, but when you abbreviated, say like it, would be like on an engraving budget. No, but it's like saying the word homosexual. It's just like, just say gay. Like it's just right. like, it's weird to say feminine or masculine. I
0: guess it's more of when like, when you say
1: feminine and masculine, I think we're talking like French verbs.
0: Right. That's fair. Yeah. I, I guess it's always just more to be like when we're talking about Communication, Because George Carlin said something that stuck with me and it's always like we, he goes, I, he was actually doing a bit about how they should change it from chairman to chairperson, things like that. He goes, I, I do believe he goes, because he goes, we do think in language. And yeah. so the quality of your thoughts can only be as good as the quality of your language right so being able to expand your vocabulary and things like that allow you to have a deeper level of thinking so to, so that's why i said like but i'm with you in the sense that like if we're if we're talking you know vernacular and and and, and quantifiably you know is it safe to say masculine because you're saying dominant submissive but I, I i don't know if you i don't know if you'd have a feminine dominant masculine sub i think you could couldn't you yeah so I don't know anyways whatever but again this is this is me about words and categorization not so much the experience all all I'm all I'm saying is I that's well, cool to to but, have been out at such an early age. I was, but also like it wasn't
1: like there were no gay people. there was like a there was like a couple of gay people. Uh, but the thing is, is we were all you were, strange. You were in a
0: French part of Ottawa. Yes. So everyone was a little bit gay.
1: A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. A little bit. No, but it was it was a very like I went to a very like waspy, like white privilege, like kind of high school. And for me, like the people that I went to high school with, they were all very preppy, very jockey, very Saved by the bell. Uh, yeah, sure. And whenever <laughs> I meet, like, I was an emo kid. I didn't really like people that I went to school with. But the second that that bell was that that bell rang, like I actually specifically got my locker in the janitor's hallway because it was the fastest exit out of the school. Okay, and I would just fucking leave, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. Okay. When I went to college, I like went to college in Oakville, which is like you know five or six hours away from Ottawa. Right. I wanted my that's independence. where the illustration. It was at Sheridan. I wanted my independence, and then you know I started dating Jenu when I was eighteen, and he was a lot older than me. Which, when I look back on, I'm like, that was a very inappropriate relationship. But when I was younger, coming from the suburbs, that was so normal to date someone that's like a lot older than you. Like it, it was like almost encouraged and. It's funny because as a gay man, you identify with women and women's dating rituals and stuff like this. Right. But at the end. Of the, but it's because you don't have any other gay role models, and that you don't understand how gay dating works. The only thing that you can relate to is women who right. date men. So you think right. it's the same standards and the same way of dating, and you don't figure that out. Until you go through so many relationships and you're both kind of disappointed in each other because you're like, wait a second, like this is not a heteronormative relationship. And then by the time that you get to your 30s, this is when gay people have the best time of their life because they've done all of their experimenting, they've done all the drugs, they've done all the fuck ups, they've gone to rehab and believe me, a lot of them fucking have, Mm -hmm. they've done the drag or they haven't done the drag. I don't fucking know, but they've done, they figured themselves out. And by the time that they get to their thirties, not only have they and everybody else in their life has accepted that they're gay and moved on with it. And you've maybe found a, a good relationship. You know what you like, you know what you don't like. It's like, your 30s this is when gay men act like teenagers because they finally get to they have a good job they have money they can travel and they just slut it up around the globe and i'm not judging i'm saying i do i'm doing the same fucking thing
0: but it's like not for the last six years i hope
1: oh yeah the 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 sluttiest (laughs) i've ever healthy relationship now is monogamous it's no it's, (laughs) it's it's we're open Oh really? Yeah, that's more oh, okay. that's more okay. for that's more for him, but like I mean I'm not complaining about it, to be okay. honest with you. Okay. If we didn't if I didn't have it, I wouldn't need it. Okay. Um, but okay. It, but he needs it. And to be honest with you, like whenever we're out and we're partying and stuff like that, like yeah, like we sometimes like fuck around with other people and it's nice. But to be honest with you, it's actually made our relationship even stronger yeah there's this real sense of trust there that's
0: that's all it is that's why people don't like the the oh i don't want you to cheat i go it's not that they cheated it was that they they deceived you there's the they broke the trust that's right because i've always been very empathetic to open relationships but i'm i'm too insecure and Mm -hmm. i was like part of me like while you were explaining that i was listening but i'm like i have so many questions about like does it does it play on your you know your insecurities does Mm -hmm. it ever do you get in your head about that? But that's stuff I could just ask you conversation. I don't have to ask it on a, on a well.
1: Podcast. It's funny. I don't. I don't think of my relationship as an open relationship because we. It's. It's. It's so hard. I don't know how to explain it. It's like we have such an amazing relationship and we're together all the time. Like if I was like with him and we were like watching a movie and then I yeah. just suddenly said like, "Oh, I'm gonna go and like fuck somebody," I would be. Or he said, "I'm going to go fuck somebody." I would be like so pissed off. I'd be like, "What the fuck? Right, is wrong? I'm right, right here. here. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. It's more just sort of like if you're out of town and you're like drunk and you're at a bar and you hook up with somebody, like that's fine. Or if we're out together and then like he hooks up with somebody at the bar and I hook up with somebody at the bar, like that's fine.
0: Is it? Is, I really, I like as I get the couch thing cause again. I've talked to women who are like, "Yeah, my boyfriend just gets up and goes in the bedroom and beats off." It's like I was right here. <laughs> so they were like, "Oh, he would rather that than me." Cause, but that's the voice of insecurity yeah. talking like I'm not good enough. It's always being able to internalize someone else's actions that have nothing to do with you. Yeah. And I'm not 40 years old, not past that kind of thing yeah. in my life, but I'm fascinated by the, like, cause I get it too. You're on the road doing shows and stuff after mm-hmm. a while. You're like, Hey, I'm, you know, I need to, I need to get my, so I get, open relationships in that regard but i but i am a little fascinated by the you're together at a bar and he's like "Eh, i found somebody else yeah i feel like that would play back to the insecurity of sitting on the couch like i'm here with you if you want to do something right now like am i not no because when we
1: go to the bar it's like we go with our friends and we get drunk and it's actually if anything like our time away from each other okay because we're together all the time i see
0: yeah so the road doesn't sort of absence make the heart grow fonder kind oh, of thing oh it does no it does
1: i when i'm on the road i don't really hook up with anybody i don't want to i don't want to know who goes to local shows in like calling ontario on a of thursday course. you know what i'm saying of like course. i don't need to hook up with those people
0: no, that's fair. I, uh, I, I just honestly, fascinated by it. That's all. Because like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm too. I, I, I understand the ethics. Yeah. If you're safe, you know, you use protection, and you're, you know, you're honest about it. Yeah. You know, you're not like, oh, I'm gonna go get some. You know, I'm gonna go do some errands. Oh, con-
1: well, condoms like, that, that doesn't exist in the gay community. We take, we take pills. We take like prep. Okay. Um, which is prep is like birth control, but for AIDS. AIDS. Okay. And uh, well, HIV. I not, believe I've not heard not of AIDS. that before. But, but that's that's that. where I you see this mark right here like a little blood work done. That's where I was coming from. I was coming from my prep appointment before I came here. Okay, prep and, appointment
0: like to, yeah. to to get the prescription or oh to I've already got it renew it.
1: You just renew it. But like so, basically what it is is you go in and they just like check your because uh, to, to make do, sure it's worked to make sure yeah to make sure that like your kidneys are okay because it, it can affect your kidneys. Oh, okay, and you know you also get tested to see like because you you they're basically horror pills. Let's be honest. And when you but take does it them, protect from
0: all STDs? No, like mm. you could still get something that isn't going to kill you. No, it's going to ruin your fucking month.
1: No, I've, it's, it's so funny. The way that straight culture is with catching things is there's so much stigma and so much uh, uneducation because when it comes to STIs and things that you can catch, you go to the doctor cause you right. go like, I have a gross thing. Like when I pee, mm-hmm. they give you a pill and it's gone. That's it.
0: Everything like I don't know I can't say This is not a a stigma thing I'm not like oh gays I'm I'm just going with Unprotected sex Regardless of whom Yeah Is like is that It it is a risk right So are so it's but it's you're not going to die. And the way that uh, that we are
1: educated in Ontario right. and in in high school and, and in high, in sex ed and stuff like that is mean girls just put it perfectly they're like don't have sex because if you do you will get pregnant and die. Right. And that's how they teach you. And when I was growing up obviously there was no gay sex education. That's another issue. Right. But you know, when it comes there's so much stigma with the point that I'm making is that there's no such thing as slut shaming in the gay community. Like lesbian or gay or sure. whatever, there's no such thing as slut shaming, and I just know
0: about human beings. Yeah, I know there's human beings that are selfish regardless of their orientation. Who are like if they have something, they're not going to not fuck you yeah. because they told you. Yeah, the so that's thing- where I that's where I would just say that like just knowing that there's selfish people yeah. in every community. Yeah, that are still going to want what they want despite of what it might do to you. So I was just in that regard. I'm like, is it not, no, is it not safer to just every now and again, wrap it up?
1: I would say gays don't really do that. I mean, you're not wrong. Yes, there are, but like, is it a bad thing? Is it insulting? No. Like, is there a cultural thing with it? No, not not at all. It's just most people just don't.
0: Yeah. It sucks. I can't, I was talking about just in the podcast. I, I, I'm not one of those guys. When I was little and I heard a guy going, oh, I could fucking feel anything with condoms. I was like, shut up. You're getting sex. Shut the fuck up. Wear a condom. Sure. And then when I started using them, I literally can't feel anything. The ring on the end of it feels like it's choking it out. I'm yeah. not a super long dude, yeah. but I'm, I'm thick. Yeah. And I have yet to find something that I can fit into where it's like, it literally, it's like a, like a portal Everything on the end of it is like I could feel the ring squeezing it, and yeah. I know that there's a, a solid piece of meat there. Yeah, but I have no sensation, so I'm like I'm like I, I was talking about how I wouldn't have a one night stand. Yeah, because I'm like I wouldn't just fuck somebody without protection because I could get because I get them pregnant, which is the worst STI. <laughs> But, it's a lifetime sentence. But, but but yeah, but I'm an accountable person. So I'd be yeah. like, if I got you pregnant, I also like, sure, it's your body, your choice, yeah. which means that I may be financially obligated and tethered to you in some capacity for the next 18 years. Yeah. Is that worth the fucking coming one night? No. And so just fucking someone without a condom, you know, for that risk? No and wearing it i'm not feeling anything anyway so i'm not going to get where i'm going so again there's always the risk that the condom could break something can happen whatever so i'm just like i'm just not a one night stand person mm-hmm. just because i'm like it's i get two in my head it's like all the things be, that could go wrong
1: i have to be drunk yeah well I i'm sure that yeah. if i was
0: drinking there would be some different discussions i would have with myself too but yeah i guess it's just one of those yeah so if it's just that the like, yeah, the you know you get something you take a pill yeah Have yeah that's it I, I, uh, not a night like, can you just see your doctor the next day? I don't have um, my doctor's pretty fucking specialty.
1: We have specialty clinics where you literally just walk in and swipe your health card and that's it. Really? Here in Toronto or just? It's specifically for like men who sleep with men. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you have to pay for that? No. That's free. And
1: it's, it's, it's funny because like privilege. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want that. Well, they, yeah, we, we just, we just have that because we're more at risk, but it's all it's all preventative you know but i don't you know it's it's funny i am in an open relationship but you'd think i'd be having sex like all the time i don't it's just that once in a while if we're out something might happen that's pretty much it It, i I, but you know some people that are in open relationships are just banging everybody but you know what like that's their fucking
0: business well honestly at the end of the day it's just like if everybody's honest about what it is that they want and they're after if everyone agrees to a set of you know rules yeah in terms and and, and like like fuck at rules sound so gross ethics just ethics yeah you know what I mean? Then at the end of the day, it's like if we both agreed, then then we're both adults and, and that's the thing, if we can both live with this. I just find there's a lot of people who are like, we'll agree to be in an open relationship because they're like, I'm gonna lose this person if I don't. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's when adults start lying. I, I had friends who would date girls who were like, well, you're cool just being casual. And they're like, absolutely. But they're like, well, I... And I was, I was like the gay best friend as a straight guy, mm-hmm. but I was raised by a single mother. And mm-hmm. like I said, I've always been the guy who doesn't want to hurt something. So I had, I had girls coming to me because my buddy would promise them the world to be with them or whatever. And they're like, I'm like, he told me that you guys are like, it's just cash, whatever. And They're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, so then what do you want? Well, I thought he would, you know, eventually over time. And I'm like, yeah. So you weren't honest about being okay with it being open or whatever. Yeah. That, that is also a fear with like a one night stand thing or whatever. Like. I also know that once those hormones start going, you get a little like, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes to fucking land this. And you're like, you're like, that's an ugly part of you letting those hormones fucking take over. And I'm like, (laughs) I, I would hate that. It's the rhetoric of a predator. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I've never done anything horrific to anybody, but I'm just like, but I'm like, there's been times where I'm like, I'm so fucking horny. Rub one out. And you're like, it's like, you know, turning back into the human from the werewolf. That's right. You're like, yeah. What would I have done if I had like, if I just gone out with that fucking just not like rape or anything, but I'm saying that like, sure, you know, make a problem. Yeah. I could really see you being the kind of girl I would marry. Like that was what my buddy would say. He would, he would tell a a woman everything she wanted to hear to be like, he's the one I always, I, 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 that's, that's the so fucking gross and vile. Sure. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm, I try to be genuine. It's so disingenuous, but it's just, it's human nature you know salesman yeah, yeah salesman tell you whatever to, to make the sale yeah and then once you get home with the product you're like oh I, this is nothing that's like yeah but you already got your money you got your you know money what I mean? like mm-hmm. so who cares and i was just like that's a horrible thing to do to another human being
1: yeah well i i always think about like whenever like if you're if you're like watching porn and it's just something fuck it's just something that's fucked up and then you know you you come and then you you just kind of think like well, that was weird and i always think like but they have to keep going.
0: I feel, oh, I feel bad for them in the scene. I'm like, oh, you like, what happened the, to you? Yeah, like, like, you you closed the laptop, but they're still going. You know what I mean? I never use my laptop. So for me, it's my phone and it usually just gets yeah. tossed down in the bed. So even after I go wash my hands and come back, like it's still, I still hear the sound. I'm still, <laughs> and I'm just like, you poor thing. Like what happened to you that now there's eight dudes just, coming on you so this is, and what, this like, is the video I'm you like watch. Oh, I'll watch all sorts of stuff. I'm very uh, diversify <laughs> the, the portfolio no but it's just one of those things where it's like it's like you know it's debaucherous or whatever at times yeah. i don't the, the whole like like fisting and weird shit i'm I, like not super into do, do but I do girls like the for, fist their pussy is that a thing i don't know i maybe prob prob let's be honest probably okay cuz i'm like but if it's you not, would just
1: ruin your pussy wouldn't yeah.
0: you well that's what i'm saying is these things and i watch a lot of porn documentaries i actually find it i think we talked about it the other night and i was saying you've
1: already meant, you've already yeah, recommended
0: yeah I, I absolutely recommend it and and because it's fascinating because you're like you see somebody if you if you get a crush on one of these people you can put their name in there'll be tons of videos that come up but that's like a three-month circuit they're used up now they exist forever on the internet mm-hmm. and that was three months of their life that they can never get back you know what i mean and it's it's quite literally using up a human being which is just horrific mm-hmm. it's it's sad i mean every guy's like oh, i'd love to be a porn star it's like really You'll have to turn that fun thing into work. All right, hurry up, guy. All right, flip her over. All right, go, go. Okay, come, 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 come. Let's go, come, come. We got to, dude. Let, yeah. You couldn't it, possibly. It, it, you're dead inside after a while. Yeah.
1: I know a lot of people that work in the porn industry, like a lot of people, weirdly. Comedy attracts those kinds of people. I, I don't know why. Uh, maybe because it's like being
0: it's honest and insecurity and, real and stuff. And, yeah, it, totally. Or just we recognize the yeah. whole, why are you doing this? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't funny. <laughs> and i wasn't quite ready to get a government job yet <laughs> so oh my God. just okay. sell your soul in that regard i gotta do you gotta pee okay cool well i'll use this opportunity to tell the the listeners that we're going to throw to our second kyle brown clip and we'll be back in just a second guys
1: And listen, if you want to be a performer in Canada, you got to work on the road. We do not have a star system or an entertainment system in this country. So it's like if you want to do this for a living, you got to perform like in the middle of nowhere. And I get to perform in places like Elk Lake, Ontario. (laughs) I just did a tour through small town Alberta, or as a gay person, we call that rolling the dice. Oh my God. (laughs) Holy shit. Nobody warned me that everybody out there drives a Ford F1 hate crime. Oh my God. And you have to understand, whenever I perform in these places, like, they've never seen one of me before. Do you know what I mean? Like, they see me on the horizon, like, I'm a gay mirage, and they're like, what the fuck is that? Get the gun. <laughs> it's scary performing in small-town Canada if you're any kind of minority, if you're LGBTQ, if you're a person of color. Honestly, even if you're just a woman, it's actually really scary performing in small-town Canada. Did somebody woo that? <laughs> <laughs> um, But it's like, I have been attacked after shows. I was once choked in a parking lot after a show in Timmins, Ontario, and I never reported it because I was so hard. (laughs) I was conflicted, you know? I was like, stop in a minute.
0: Um. All right, so Kyle's back from the pee-pee b- room. Um, <laughs> the, no, the piss pool. The piss pool. Yeah, can you imagine? I got a piss... I got You know, I, I did my research. I didn't want to ask. I didn't want to make someone educate me, so I researched. I heard about these piss pool things. I went to Canadian Tire and bought one very... It was out of season, so it was hard to find. And <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly, I on found a kiddie pool. I found a kiddie pool in the clearance section... No. So we, we've been talking about a lot and I do I, for, for those of you listening, it's, it's becoming dark outside <laughs> since this conversation started. I'm loving it. I think too, we were talking about on your way to the washroom, you're like, I think you said you make these an hour. I try to give them at least an hour. Oh. So when people are like how long, well, they like, well at least, least an hour, an hour. <laughs> yeah, I go, at least an hour, but <laughs> there's no hard stuff. Ryan, my colleague from, from uh, the, the, the Sharon tour and the hometown hockey tour, we did a five hour podcast in like Detroit one time because we just the conversation just kept going to these fascinating things that that he was researching like, right the universe is like a lung they were saying that like like this thing where where the whole universe like you know how they talk about it being an expansion right there, there's there's theories that like it's like a lung so it ex- it expands outward and then contracts but it actually as it contracts it's ex- it's expanding on another side like in a different oh. universe or whatever so but he was just talking about that and what do you think we talked about ai and all sorts of shit like that because it was much bigger at the time everyone was talking about it. Right. So just whatever, but sometimes the conversation is fascinating. It's engaging. It goes long. I do not intend to have a five hour podcast, (laughs) but I, I, I did have some stuff that was, was fascinating to me. I hope fascinating to others nine times out of 10, basically the amount of comics will stop to go to the bathroom and go, I don't know if anyone's going to care about this or like this, (laughs) just like you said, most of the time, those are the most interesting and compelling episodes to the listeners.
1: I, I um, hope, I hope though, that after, you know, they, they listen to this, that there's like a spike, a trending of piss pool on Twitter. That would
0: be great. Can you guys do that? Let's make that happen. On Twitter specifically? Oh, well, X.
1: that's where the trending or X. Yeah. Right. Stupid. Sure. X. Yeah. That's what it's called.
0: Do you know? Like I read something the other day that said like 17% of Twitter followers like left after Musk took over or whatever. Or I, since it became X or whatever, they're just like, they're just not a, th- it's not as it's, much of a thing. It's threads now. And I don't even, I don't even understand. Dude, I've, I'm, I'm I've so never old.
1: opened threads in my entire life. Not once.
0: I'm so old that I'm like another new thing to learn and have to, <laughs> you know, fight the algorithm. When's the time? Like I meant today, like last night I was going to come home and, and do my little promo for like this week's episode that came out this morning. Right. And I'm like, I'll just do it in the morning. More people will see it in the morning. I fucking slept until one thirty, So I'm like, well, I guess maybe I'll do it on Thursday. I'll do it Thursday <laughs> morning. But yeah. You, you talked a lot about your early stuff, which I appreciate who you were before stand-up. You, you were actually in the middle of talking about being in your relationship with Janu because he was older mm-hmm. than you and, yeah. and you were younger. And Oh, it was awful. It was an awful,
1: awful relationship. All we did was fight. We were a horrible match. I just thought,
0: And did you meet here? Sorry, no, Toronto thing or, or no, back in I, Ottawa? No, I
1: met, I met him in, in Ottawa okay. on Plenty of Fish, that gem. Which is one chromosome away from like Facebook Marketplace, Mm. you know? It's like, are are, like, are, are you still available? And I, you know, I don't, I don't fault him as a human being. I, 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 I hope he's happy. I, I, he had a lot of mental health issues. He, you know, like lived off disability. He was a real winner, and. At the time, I just didn't really think I could do any better. But also my parents got married and had kids at like 18, 20. So I thought that if you meet somebody at 18, like this is your person. And in my mm-hmm. head, it made sense. And all we did was fight. And it was a bad relationship. And we broke up like four or five times, you know. But listen, you have to have those kinds of relationships because it teaches you what how, you don't want, what you don't want and how to not how to not be a dumb bitch, you know. And I, I was a real little cunt. Really? And oh yeah, like I am a very if you piss me off, I make it quite clear that you have pissed me off. This is this is where my drinking problem comes in. But that's where it really comes out, but I I have such a temper and I have such a lack of patience for people that are disrespectful or don't consider you mm-hmm. when they make their actions when it's like a two part, a two person situation. And anyway, this was my relationship that I I was in for a very long time and it was it was truly horrible. But I will say this though, he was so funny. Really? He, he had the best sense of humor. He liked things that were dark and different. He loved the Howard Stern show. He was always listening to that. But he had a very different kind of alternative kind of sense of humor and I I always really appreciated his sense of humor a lot and that that was that was about it also when i was with him i was a big old bottom i don't bottom anymore my
0: asshole is an exit only situation really but But he were you were you against the bottoming at the time but that's what he wanted so you did it like no i just was it a compromise or were you like yeah i'm good with whatever
1: no i thought i thought i had to bottom because i was younger and skinnier oh really so i just thought that that's how it it
0: went okay you know was it at all the purely fascination was it Enjoyable at all as the bottom, or were you like, no, I hate this every time. For I the think. for the five seconds that you come, <laughs> right? It's of course because physically,
1: that's your as a man. That's your I would G imagine spot. that's the
0: fucking young chick with the old guy with the millions. Is like, yeah, I don't like any part of this, but yeah well, while I'm coming, if that happens, yeah, it's, yeah, for, that's that's kind of fun. But all yeah. the rest of it is like, this is what I have to do. Is what me. I have to do. Another ends justifies the means. That's right. Means to an end or whatever.
1: Yes, this. but I didn't know. It's it's not. I don't. It's not really my thing.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, that's great. <laughs> Well, no well but i mean in the whole facet of like knowing what you like and knowing who you are and knowing what your thing is and all this stuff right yeah like you're saying like in the 30s when you're like now i know what i am and now i'm living my teenagers.
1: years um, now you know, like
0: michael jackson all right i'm a success i can go and live, relive my childhood a horrible reference but something that people might go oh well, that was the whole excuse right it's, yeah. Oh, he never had a childhood so now he's living it Well that's right that's effectively it's like i never got an opportunity to be fun and and carefree yeah you know what i mean that's like that's one of the worst things that our parents do to us right Is like when you're a kid you're essentially you've got no stigmas you've got no biases and every we're all just doing our thing and having fun with each other i i
1: michael jackson is terrifying for the record like i actually have nightmares about this man he's dead now thank god but i mean the interviews that you see with first of all just his physical appearance the 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 work like he had like a head transplant he was
0: a white crib keeper It was absolutely, it was absolutely terrifying. And the fact that he, I'm sorry, he fucked those kids. That's how I feel about it. I I put that documentary. Did you watch it? I've seen,
1: I've seen seen
0: the Oprah special. Uh, Well, I watched that afterwards but, you know but the the, the i wa- i put that documentary on going let's see how these money grubbing motherfuckers were going to go after this guy like yeah. who lets their kid just sleep with michael jackson like right. that's the stupidest thing again could- but you but i watched it and i, I got to the end and i was like this, this guy fucked these kids totally like fuck he fucked these kids and i know people who, who refuse to watch it and they're like no they're lying these guys are liars i'm like i'm like if they are acting They deserve all the Oscars. Yeah, right. I'm like, because there's shit that just, like, in the muscles around your eyes that happens when they're recollecting the stuff. But they're both
1: describing the same.
0: And they're describing the same thing. And they both even saying, like, why they Mm -hmm. came for it. Like, they really teach you a lot about the grooming process. Yeah. It's not just like, some guy's like, hey, can I fuck your kid? It's like, Michael Jackson's making all these very compelling arguments that, like, you know. I can't meet people the regular way. Your kid won a competition and got to open for me at a show. So it was nice meeting you, It was nice meeting him. You guys want to go to for dinner tomorrow night? Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, I can't just make friends because the public can't get anywhere near me. Yeah. So like this is the only way I can meet new people. Thank yeah. you. And this and oh, that. he'd he come hang out with the families that are having sleepover at their house. So, you know, months later, when he invites them to go on tour with them, hey, can I go stay in Michael's room? It's it's not a big deal. Yeah. It's not a fucking why would you think twice about it? So I'm like, yeah, I can get where it's where you know how it how it evolves it wasn't just like hey can uh your kid come stay with me in my hotel room yeah right <laughs> and uh, oh i'm sorry rude to me i'm michael jackson <laughs> but like you know that's I mean? that, like,
1: the fucking neverland ranch and then he'd be like they'd be like let's get ice cream he'd be like me first me first and you're <laughs> me like first, climb a tree.
0: it's <laughs> so creepy yes it's terrifying yes. it is a guy who's acting like he's a child like, yes he, he, like what's the robin williams and jack or yeah <laughs> what's his right face? i actually i remember that movie. Uh, yeah. uh, Will and Elf, just just this this, this childish sort of acting. He's, 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 he scares the shit out of me. But yeah, and even these guys who talk, they would say like during the daytime it was all fun and games, there was everything, but at night it was like running drills about how to like hide in these hidden fucking hallways. There's like staff that would say there's hidden hallways all over the fucking place. Yeah, he would run drills, but but like any predator. Oh well, if we get caught, you're gonna you're gonna get in a lot of trouble. Do you see that one video where he accepted some like award? It was like an
1: American Music Award or something, and he goes to the mic, and there's like this theory that like he was putting on that voice the whole time because he actually spoke in his real voice. And like, like Derek
0: Sagan, or- yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but he goes he goes Derek, sorry. he goes to the mic, oh, and he he was like he was like okay. And then he goes, <coughs> Can you hear me? Can you hear me? and he like switches into it. Yeah, and it was like, whoa, Jesus Christ! Because I mean, I'll well, there's no way.
0: A- even Gilbert Gottfried doesn't exactly sound like he does. Yeah, when he's doing the voice, you know what I mean? Like he's got a lower, much lower octave. Where he talks kind of just natural.
1: He's not when I I worked with him mm-hmm. one time at Yuck Yucks, and he he was really not what I was expecting. What do you mean? Oh, he's he's very kept to himself, and really very quiet and very i wouldn't say she's off-putting
0: no not at all so he was nice when you met him and stuff oh, yeah like that. yeah okay, yeah okay. yeah
1: perfectly professional very uh absolutely definitely nice but he saves it for the stage when he was on stage wise. you can tell he turns it on right he turns it on and when he's off stage he just kind of is but i mean you, you're in the business for so long i i understand but it just i think when you see who he is on stage and then when you talk to him in real life it's it, it's they're two different
0: right one is a one is a performance as opposed to some of us which is like eh, it's just me but i'm yeah. on stage and me off stage yeah i i <laughs> i, I uh, was when we were on the the tour this summer they were talking about how Sheeran was going to come out and like meet the crowd handing out like the hot sauce that we were promoting for him and everything and i was like before the show there's like a thousand people out here. He's gonna come out before the show that sounds like a fucking nightmare i would hate to have to meet a thousand people and just put on a because fa- you have to put on a face if you're not feeling it you have to put on a face. I tell people this all the time. Even after a show, as much as I love everyone and I appreciate them coming out, I'm not going to stand there and be like, whatever, like because they're going to be like, oh, we met him, he was an it's asshole. Part of the like, job. Like you have to, yeah. you have to appreciate every single person for being there, which we do. But it's energy. Like coming off stage is like a crash. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you're like, fuck. I just want to go to. Sometimes I just want to go to bed or whatever it is, depending on on what particular high you had from the stage. But sometimes you're like, and I got to stand here and put on a face to meet everybody. That takes a lot of energy. I would hate to do that before a show yeah because then i'm like well I, I just emptied the tank and now i gotta go on stage so i'm like i'd rather do the show have it, whatever's left i'll dig as deep as i can and scrape the walls but but that's the thank I you can't, thank you I, I can't
1: be around like friends and family leading up to a sh- leading up to a show yeah uh, because i find it so they're draining exhausting. yeah they're exhausting yeah my fa- oh yeah. absolutely just just being so <laughs> just being social being very social before a show it's it's I find it absolutely exhausting
0: well yeah I I get my attention itch scratched so easily now from being at all. I I relate to the old man and his fucking lazy boy just sitting in front of the TV so much I'm like I can't fucking wait. I can't wait. Mm. Like I I used to like oh let's go out and get the atta-. I I get enough now. I get way more than enough. I I just want to go home and and I don't my days off I don't want to be around anybody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Are you at that stage too where you're just like, yeah, I just, I don't... I'm the opposite now. I have really? to be
1: because I was starting to become like a bit of a recluse. Okay. Okay. And then this was at the the height of my drinking problem and my drug abuse. And I remember just like never wanting to go anywhere or see anybody or do anything. And I was having a really hard time maintaining friendships because mm. I was kind of just saying the wrong thing and the worst thing and, and being an asshole when I was drunk to people like all the time. And I realized I was incredibly depressed, not to say that just because you know you don't want to go out. It means that you're depressed. But what I'm saying right. is that I was, and it's a pretty, it's a pretty big sign of depression
0: that yeah. was not wanting to interact with, with other people. Yeah.
1: And now I'm realizing that that was me really just as a way to protect myself because I I have a diagnosed anxiety disorder, so I didn't want to be around people. And what I did to make that better was I forced myself to be in uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. being around people that I don't necessarily agree with their point of view. I travel a lot more. I I, I step outside my comfort zone and do things that I normally wouldn't do to a experience life Mm -hmm and b to like reduce my anxiety and depression because a big part of it is is you know like when you stay inside all the time it it does it really starts to get to you and it starts to affect you but my idea of heaven and bliss is just staying at home getting really fucking high and watching american dad with roger heavy episodes that's i love to eat maynard's (laughs) wine gums in the order of orange yellow purple green red because i have ocd
0: really yeah i think i have ocd but not in everything yeah i got it from my father he is a he's like he's like jay oh really
1: yeah okay i've i've always gotten on with jay because it's like i'm talking to my father
0: Interesting. Jay's very controlling though. Is that necessary? Is that OCD? Absolutely. Well, I know you have to have control have to be able to handle your,
1: yeah. Yeah? yeah. it's You have to be in control of everything and everything has to be exactly in a very specific way. And if the it's not, is, it's the end of the world. The
0: only thing I can say about Jay though, he's not always like that. He'll say in a moment that this has to be like this, 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 and that when he's giving direction at his club, but then you could follow that. And then something happens and goes wrong and he'll be like, Oh, you should have done it. Do you know what I mean? Like Jay's a very hindsight is 20, 20. he'll always tell you what you should have done after him I'm like well everyone knows what you should have done afterwards do you know what I mean like so yeah I but don't like know alcoholics that- have their good days too <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying oh like- well Jay is Jay is a functioning alcoholic for sure <laughs> for sure like every every time it's like at one o'clock all right let's fucking do this thing like he'll work hard but it's like all right fucking, uh, what are you gonna think, I didn't drink there so we can't I'm like it's it's two in the afternoon can't we just oh you're kidding oh yeah he'll he'll drink every single day Absolutely. Like I'm not saying that, that things well, go by the wayside the, as a result, but, but that's not the comparison. I was, I
1: was just saying that like, you know, like as an, a, a person with OCD, like not always freaking out, it still doesn't change the fact that he the, has OCD. The day of OCD. Yeah.
0: I, I probably have it. Like for me, I know that, it, that everything I do to organize and, and prepare and this and that is, you know, the, the avoidance of, of pain and the pursuit of pleasures. Like if I protecting myself from what could go wrong. Right. So it's like if you're the more you're organized, I heard a, a saying recently that I really like, which is two is one and one is none. You know what I mean? So if you have something, it's like, Oh, I got a, I got a spare, you know, there's batteries in the thing. It's like, you know, but I need spare batteries because two is one. Oh, I'm like, and that. one yeah. is none. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm almost out of milk. Well, I, as soon as I notice the milk's half full, there needs to be a second one in the fridge because two is one Cause and two one is one. Is one. Uh, yeah. I'm right. Like I, you can't run out. Like, but Crystal was laughing at me, you know, months ago in bed. And she's like, like she's always out of like I, I. We had the two rolls of paper towel left. I grabbed another twenty four pack from Costco. Like once I you love start, Costco paper towel, yeah. Once you start to get close to running out, you replace it. You replace it before you run out. That's right. Where she's like, the amount of times she's like, "There's been dead times for like two, three days in a row. We had like no fucking toilet paper because I just didn't get to it on my way home from work. You know, forgot about it or whatever. They used paper towel. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't like I didn't wipe. I know. Like, I know. And I she. I, I don't think in the Savage. moment I thought to go. What did you? But it's like I know she's a clean person, so I'm like, they probably just used something else. But there's times where no paper towel, no Kleenex. She's like, I don't know those luxury items. I go luxury items, <laughs> luxury items. I'm like, those are essentials as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah. So, but, we but buy- she was laughing. She's like, you always have like more supply, and I'm like, yeah, because two is one. Yeah, two is one, and one, one is, one
1: is none. none. I'm the exact <laughs> same way,
0: right? I only heard yeah. it recently, but I'm like that succinctly summarizes my position on things. Whether it's batteries for something or stock or whatever it is, you just need. to have more than you need because probably something will fucking happen to the ones that you, it's like the apocalypse mentality or something. Well, it's just, but it's, but it's just being prepared for situations that could come up because in my head, it's part of anxiety. It's like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? So before something happens, we're trying to prepare for it. Yeah. Right. And I, I've just said, there's so many people in my life that have never had to like burn that mental fuel with anxiety because there's someone else in their life who's making sure that if something goes wrong that they can fix it for them. Right. And so, but they're always saying to me that like, Oh, you need to just relax. Like shit. will ha- Like whatever. If it happens, we'll figure it out then. And I go, I'm, I'm resentful because I'm like, fuck you. Like, you know, inspector gadget. I fucking love
1: inspector yeah. gadget.
0: I'm like, I'm your penny and brain going around behind you, yeah. making sure <laughs> that you're safe. You piece of shit. Yeah. I don't have that for me. Yeah. You're always okay because I'm always covering the blind side or whatever for you. Yeah, You know what I mean? I'm always making sure that that thing, and, that, and even though you yelled at me because I insisted that we prepare for it, look, it happened and thank fucking God we did that. Yeah. Whereas when I'm just supposed to relax like you going through everything and be fine, ah, nothing's going to happen. I'm like, I don't have someone covering my back like that so i just sit in it i live in it when i don't so i don't have the luxury of just ah when it happens it'll be you know we'll figure it out i'm like so it's it's annoying for that because all those people walking around "Ah, everything's gonna be fine i'm like you have someone watching your back
1: yeah i don't have that i completely does that does that yeah it's relatable my life
0: (laughs) yeah and so when people go why are you always fucking stressing out i'm like because if i don't i'm even more fucked yeah. You it's have, like you
1: get to enjoy the fruits of my labor.
0: Yeah. You, like, like I don't. I'm looking out for you every day when you leave. Hey, don't forget your lunch. Hey, don't forget. Hey, you left your keys. do you know, the yeah. gas tank's up. Like if I'm looking out for you, you don't, yeah, of course nothing ever really goes wrong for you. And when it does, uh, there's a backup because I burned all that stress fuel, took years off my life fucking making sure that this thing is going to work yeah. out. But I just, I don't have that. That, that. That's not the other person. And I get it. It's not their experience. It's actually kind of apparently part of ADD for I, I grew up when i was diagnosed with add and and i just recently talked to someone who was like you ever get frustrated that other people aren't paying attention as much as you are has that ever happened to you we're like how did you not see that how did you not notice that how did this not like i saw it. it was one of the first things i've been focusing on it the whole time apparently that's add like part of the same thing that distracts you from engaged in every single conversation that you're in you know being distracted you ever getting shit because someone's talking to you and your eyes dart over because someone walked by the window like you A stimulus happened. That's ADD. Like the same thing that can pull you out of a conversation because you're focused on everything at once. It's a hypersensitivity of everything. It's like when I was little, it's like, oh, you're broken. You have ADD. It's like, oh, okay. But it's, but it's, it's the, the idea is that it's a superpower. You are more aware of everything going on than the other people around you. Yeah. So that same thing that, that will distract you. Yeah in a conversation is the same thing that makes you aware of things that can help protect them because they didn't pick up on it see I, we did. I
1: have I have a little bit of ADD I don't know if it would be enough for me to take medication but I definitely have that I'm in
0: the same boat yeah but it's like like the same thing that people give you shit because you're not paying attention I'm like yeah but you also recognize that time that I saw your keys on the, the thing and you're like where's your keys how did you know I don't know I, saw, I walked by them two weeks ago and I saw it my brain recorded that information yeah that's but then a I also superpower. have
1: like anxiety so I noticed everything and then everything terrifies <laughs> me so it's, it's overwhelming but it's yeah. that's the
0: thing is our our engine is running and processing data at such a high level yeah we have the same brain as everyone else except ours is running in the red line all the time yes and and i it would feel be like nice. that's gonna cause like a heart problem it is oh absolutely yeah it's stress man and yeah. then it'll kill you that's one of the reasons we we, we die sooner but it's just the idea is you're you're taking in everything your brain is taking in everything as opposed to some people are only taking in what they're looking at or focused on yeah so the same thing where they're like why aren't you listening hey what what's what are you distracted by like like, sorry you saw that i looked away i'm like i someone walked by and my brain was like stimulus it's all it is is it's a slight bit of stimulus but it's something that grabbed my attention i'm hyper aware of everything around me Mm -hmm. so at first it was like feeling like you're broken and i was like how did you not see that how did you knock over that thing that was right there in front?" I, I watched you walk and go you're gonna hit that i'm sure they'll see it and adjust no they walked right in i just watched that happen like mm-hmm. they're like well i wasn't looking at it <laughs> like so you're only so it's when i was young vision. i felt like i was broken oh i've got add so i'm broken i better take pills to not have this thing but someone else is like no man like when you're frustrated with other people for not being as attentive it's like you know the same thing that you know makes you feel like you're broken is also your superpower. Like you, true, you can you see so much more, you can take in so much more stimulus and and you know external data than other people can. So yeah. it's one of those things that also makes us kind of better comics. A lot of comics are ADD, and it's because we just notice more. I think every comedian is ADD. <laughs> to an extent. So yeah. I I take Adderall on a PRN basis, like as needed. If I have a day where I'm like a lot is a lot needs to happen and a lot is going to happen. I need to make sure that I can kind of help steer it back to where it needs to go. Those are the days that I'll, I'll take Adderall. But if you've if you've ever taken it or whatever it is, it's like for only when for, I'm drunk. Yeah. Well, for us, for the ADD people, it doesn't give you that limitless Bradley Cooper pill that that they say. Like the people, I, I've had people who take it. They go, "Yeah, like I get Another so movie, much done on a day."
1: I have to add to my list. Like I got click Adam Sandler. Yeah, I was
0: late to the party on Limitless. It's fine. It's just a movie to me. It's nothing. It it wasn't. A, oh man, I'm really glad that's in my zeitgeist now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, for other people who take it who don't require that, they're like, for them, it's like really like dials them in and they get a million things done. Whereas for me, it just kind of quiets some of the external noise. It keeps me focused on a, a thing a little bit longer. Keeps
1: the voices at bay. Yeah,
0: yeah. I wish I, I, I. I it's almost times where it's like you know, you know how like some comics get frustrated that other people don't, you know, oh, how do other people not find this funny or how do they not notice? I'm like, listen, if everybody was funny as us, we wouldn't have a job. It's true. So you almost have to be grateful for the fact that other people don't pick up on as much. Don't <laughs> notice like, right. And that right. way we can go like, oh yeah, I remember that. You know, I saw it and I moved on, but like we just like, what the fuck is, you know, we get yeah, right into stuff. We get- I'll use this as the opportunity just to throw to the third clip guys. We're going to, we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to do rapid fire questions. You know, all the stuff that I prepared for Kyle on the back of this. So one more time listening to Kyle at a club or a festival or whatever it is I pick for this. And I hope you guys enjoy.
1: So I developed a little bit of a drug problem. I developed a little bit of a drinking problem. I started to lose a lot of friends, not to brag. And it's so true what they say. You know, the hardest thing to admit when you go through something like that is admitting that you have a problem, right? And that's so true, because we as human beings, we will justify any of our actions. We are the most narcissistic generation to ever exist on the planet right now. You know, it's like, we'll do something really shitty kind of feel bad about it. Go on Instagram, see a quote that will validate that toxic behavior and then we'll just go on being garbage human beings, right? Yeah. I call it the supervillain logic. Right? Because a supervillain does not think of themselves as a supervillain. They do not think that they are the problem. They all have their reasons for, like, blowing up the bank. You know what I mean? They have their point of view. I, like, I'm pretty sure Hannibal Lecter just thought he was a foodie, you know? Like... Michael Myers was just family oriented you know and the reason that I found out that I had a problem is because my friends told me and so my name is Kyle but whenever I drink everybody calls me Lyle because I turn into Anna Nicole Smith from the Billboard Music Awards okay (laughs) I know a lot of you don't get that reference. Google it, trust, okay? It's just a hot mess. I am a hot, I ruin parties, you know? My friends, if they saw that my name was on like a guest list invite, like a, for a Facebook event for like a party, they would call it a liability. <laughs> that's very clever, but whenever your friends start nicknaming your drug and alcohol problems, like that's a yikes right there. <laughs> That's very troubling. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get it together. I am going to quit drugs. And uh, I did. I quit drugs, except Saturday. And no, I quit. I quit drugs. And then I quit booze for six months. And I find the criticism that I often get for that is people are like, well, why didn't you quit booze altogether? It's like, I'm not going to abandon my best friend because we got into one fight. You know what I mean? (laughs) You quit drinking. But I (laughs) think... I did, I, and then I, if you ever go through that journey, by the way, if you're ever like trying to go through like a very difficult journey, I do very much recommend therapy. For me, it worked really awesome because my therapist just fully blamed my parents, uh, which <laughs> they're here tonight. Give it up for Dave and Liz Brownrigg, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, whenever you go through something like that, like I, I did what's called Toronto Sober. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. So I was Toronto sober. So there's like California sober where it's like you don't drink but you still smoke weed, right? California sober. I was Toronto sober. It's like you don't drink but you still smoke weed, drop acid, and then go axe throwing, you know? (laughs) Not at a venue. We just threw it onto the 401. But like you understand. (laughs) You understand. And you know, normally whenever you go through something like that and you tell people that like you quit booze and you're getting sober and all stuff like that, people are always like... (gasps) Oh, good for you, honey. Good for you. I know. I. It's hard. It's hard. But you know, you don't look like Beetlejuice anymore. Okay. <laughs> you look great. Tell your mom I said hi, sweetie. I'm so happy for you. Good for you. God bless. Okay. That's what people would normally say, right? In that kind of moment. Whenever I would tell people that I quit drugs and alcohol, they were like, "Good." <laughs> you ruined my baby shower. That's good that you quit.
0: So now that we're back, the last little part before the intro, and I always play an outro clip too. It'll be like one of your big ones. One of your big ones. (laughs) I'm glad that you get to pick. I'm the worst
1: at picking my own stand-up.
0: I I, I hate giving myself work, but people like the episodes better. when Because I mean, some of this conversation is not, let's say not particularly funny but it's honest and it's it's honest it's vulnerable it's interesting but being able to pepper in a little bit of the stand-up is just like oh yeah he is really funny too <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> i mean that that or they're just hateful people <laughs> i i we know how you got into comedy we know who you were beforehand do you remember how long it was before you started making some money from it like your first do you remember your first paid gig well i would say probably not then at the,
1: <laughs> yeah it was the uh prove your comic
0: competition that was the first time you ever got paid for stand-up
1: yeah i was like about at that point because the first time that i did stand-up was like in september and then i did it like a handful of times and then i made it into the competition in that draw and then i made it all the way to the finals and i just yeah. fucking bombed the oh whole you week. did well you did well you but I, but i also had literally done stand-up like a five or six times you know what that's I mean? it mm-hmm. prior to that because i
0: i only could get on like once a month right um so that competition you did the competition your first year in stand-up
1: yeah i wasn't even a year in yeah
0: that's great okay that's great i, I apologize because are a lot of people's timelines in my head
1: well then at the end of it i remember jay gave everybody like you know at least like a hundred bucks or yeah something i i think that was it
0: that's a great first time paid story a lot of people it's like oh i did some bar gig or whatever for me it was like a a golf golf <laughs> bullshit the horrific thing in, in 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 my first year so in your first year you got paid which is good cuz a lot of people do it for a very 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 long time before they turn a corner or someone's willing to pay for it in canada so good on you yeah. and and something i liked was that you came in you were the the for everyone context wise this competition you have to perform on a monday there's judges, there's nine competitors, and it gets whittled down to five. Then those five compete the next two nights and the audience, every single audience member gets a ballot and they rank the comics on the show from fifth to first place. So Kyle would have been ranked first place on that on that on those two next two nights by realistically somewhere between two to 400 people. Yes. so it's not it's not a and it's not even like oh you you pick your favorite whatever they literally rank everybody so even someone who didn't think kyle was the funniest would have ranked him high enough that the average would have put you in first place so you earned your way to the finals through two to three two to four hundred people's choice and that
1: that hideous photo of me in the absolute comedy green room that was from the, the finals that week i remember i was wearing black skinnies that white
0: I don't know if that's possible because I had all the pictures. I did the graphics and all the pictures were put up before the competition started because oh, you were, you were Crystal on the Monday photo. Maybe I can't remember.
1: I remember what I was wearing and I remember, I remember looking back on that uh, in that photo and I'm like, first of all, I look like a gay vampire or I look like a vampire and I remember looking at this photo and just being like, this is the funniest photo. Every single comic that goes
0: to Ottawa oh, it's hilarious.
1: sends me this photo. It's like, I get it like every couple weeks Somebody
0: weeks. <laughs> I'm that. probably going to put it honestly, when I, when I post the, the, the picture for the uh, episode, I'll, I'll have it. So you swipe on Instagram and you'll see Damn. the little picture there because you, you dress, it doesn't like, look like you me. dress so good you dress so good now your your hair is phenomenal and everything and listen it's telling a gay guy that he he takes care of himself is really not noticing much but i'm just saying like you you look great you you really present yourself in the photo all, all the time now oh thank all you. the time yeah yeah no 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 i mean like you you really it's the law if we don't that we they call and the that's police. what i'm saying like it's it's, it's the but law. but at the end of the day you know what there's so many comics that <laughs> that are like they're doing something and they're showing up at a, a taped special coast to coast televised oh. in a hoodie and jeans. Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. And if I was in shape, I would dress in suits all the time. I miss dressing up. I loved, I loved wearing suit. I loved coordinating things as a big guy. It just doesn't sit on me. Well, yeah. it, it, and it looks like I'm wearing like my dad's suit just because whatever part of it decides that, you know, I just don't love it, and it breaks my heart. So I, I really admire those who are like, yeah, I want to dress up and look nice. Like I'll, I'll wear a sweater, I wear something that makes me look half decent. Sure, but I don't look good in suits. Or at least I'm very judgy of myself in them. So anyone who dresses up for the stage and, and takes pride in it, uh, yeah, I, I really respect. I always dress like,
1: like business cash. And I remember one time Jay was telling everybody what they should be wearing, which whatever if they're wearing like a dirty one size too small t-shirt and like you yeah. know shorts i totally understand as a club owner being like don't fucking and wear sandals that sandals on stage you know like, i get I just that. walked in off the street you know but i i heard him say to women like don't wear skirts it's distracting it's like that's a
0: yikes don't say that yeah i haven't heard that but i've heard like oh you're gonna wear a low-cut shirt and show off your tits like you know are you funny yeah. or are you just trying to and i'm like uh, like yeah. a that's part true. of me egalitarian a part of me is like you know does he have a point maybe but also maybe not also maximize your advantages and mitigate your disadvantages. So, you know, why not, why not smoke them? If you got them, if you're a good looking person, be comfortable in your own skin, <laughs> be wear whatever the fuck you want at the end of the day, like maybe this is you projecting Jay, that you're not paying attention because they've got their shirt down. Like maybe but, not yeah, everyone's doing that. That's right. Do you know I, I mean? think
1: that's, I think you're projecting in that, in that, in that moment. And you're kind of just saying how you view a person, but the, that photo, is so funny to me because I, it's it, I remember, you know, sometimes when you just, you're, you're like, I'm going to try something different. Like I'm going to wear
0: something different. I'm that's what some, that was. That's
1: what that was. And then it's, it's been it's funny because I didn't
0: even captured. Ca- I didn't even not recognize your dress in that. Like you dress different now than you did then. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. Cause now time I see you, you're, you're in a suit, you got a pocket square. Like you, you take very good care for- and that takes time. That takes time. Like it's, it's effort to put yourself together. Love
1: well, takes time,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, but I, I also respected by that because believe it or not, I mean, I just woke up before this happened, so I'm in it. I'm not doing well right now, but <laughs> I'm someone who I have a regime for my self care in terms of like my hygiene, I do a lot of stuff. Like my beard alone gets three to four different products. And at every time I shower, you know, my hair gets one thing, my face gets another beard, gets another body, gets another, like I, I put effort into Self-care. taking care of myself. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it takes time. And a lot of people are lazy and they just don't do it. But at the end of the day, what you present out to the world, Right, it's like a lot of people don't realize that someone will look at you and go, "Oh, well, if you're not taking care of yourself, like, how can I rely on you to do other things?" Like, yeah, you should take care of yourself. It shows effort, yeah, you know. And if I you mean, want somebody, like,
1: I, I show up to 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 gigs in Toronto, and you know, it's it's very hipstery now and it well, I mean, when was it not and I find the younger comics they're all wearing mom jeans that's like the new style that like you're referring
0: to the, the, the women or the gay comics both, or both men? men
1: straight men mom jeans I'm not familiar the big chunky 90s mom jeans that are like really unflattering and just very bulky with the like white over shoes the hips? sure yeah okay, like, like up like to hip here or whatever and then the the adidas white shoes with the black you know th- on the side right. And then this like gigantic like club Monaco sweater from the nineties or like, and you're just like, you're just sort of, it's like you look old and musty, right? right. This is the image that you're putting out. Do you think they're trying to put on like this vibe? Like I don't care. Like I'm just whatever. Oh, they probably are. Yeah. But I've always taken, I, I think it's just because I'm a gay man. I think all gay men are like this, but I think that we take the way that we dress very seriously. I don't know why.
0: Well, I've talked to, I've got, you know, a lot of gay friends and all of them offer me like, oh, like you, a lot of them have told me how judgmental the gay community is. Yeah. So like, you can't just be comfortable. That's right. You have to try super Stay on your fucking toes. hard. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, because like you, even if you're in great shape or whatever, if you're not just killing it all the time.
1: But then if you're a perfect 10, they, they're afraid of you and they don't want to talk to you. So it's like, you can't it's, win.
0: Well, that's the thing, right? It's almost like, and I th- feel like a community that's definitely been judged and, and you know whatnot. I'm like, why are you doing it to yourselves? Yeah. It's gotten that's, better. It's gotten better. Well, that's good. It's gotten better. That's good. Because they were yeah. just saying like, yeah, gay community is very, I don't think fickle is the right word. Um, Fussy. Fussy. Yeah. It's Dudgy. just, it's very, it's, 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 it's come, come on, brain, give me some words back. Yeah. <laughs> It's very vain heist. Of course it is. Yeah. So superficial. Yeah. And that's what I mean is like like a group of people who, in my opinion, I've always loved the gay community and that sounds like such a virtue signaling thing. But what I mean is that like it's a group of people who've been marginalized, been treated shitty. And so it's almost like it's a group that's very accepting because they know the value of not being accepted and valued. Yeah. So I've always enjoyed my time with, with my friends from the community because I'm like, you guys have already, you've already leveled up part of being human which is to to know that like you know not everybody's just what they are on the surface yeah but then i've always found it kind of like what the fuck are you doing with the whole being so vain about how someone looks but it's different depending
1: on what city you live in though because like ottawa there's not really much of a gay community there's not really much of a gay scene I, exactly i wouldn't know i know a lot
0: of gay people so sure. I th- yeah they're but all I mean, but all i don't scattered. know is it, is it hidden is it would it be no. an underground scene or is it just that they have like I'm one bar, bar
1: and like it's kind of more of a lesbian bar swizzles
0: it's, swizzles. Gay no bar. but
1: i did perform at swizzles once and i didn't yeah. know it was a gay bar but i saw there were condoms available on the wall that you could just take and i was like "What the
0: fuck is this A fucking gay yeah 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 oh yeah, it very much so yeah i haven't been many times but when i was there i was hit on many times and i said sorry to disappoint and they're like i could switch you i'm like i'm like what a thing to say i'm like i know that that you're the way you are and i'm the way i'm I'm like what i, I think I go, isn't that because- i go isn't that disappointing i go if i give off the vibe i feel good yeah <laughs> i'm like if i give off the vibe I'm, I'm like i think gay people are better people yeah right they you they-
1: <laughs> no gay men gay men love to because there are like straight guys that it's like you can just lie there and i'll just do everything for you and you don't have to reciprocate and then they're drunk and then they're like
0: okay that's a well, I thing. I guess. I guess if it's a if it's a sales pitch, hey, look, and by all means, make the pitch. But I'm sorry if I if you don't get the sale, I apologize. But yeah, I'm no. not insulted or offended or angry that you tried. <laughs> I've, I'm the fat chick in a gay bar. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like you. This is two a.m. and you're trying to go home with somebody. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Let's go back to the questions. Yes. We were, I was asking how long before we got your first paid gig, the competition. I wanted to close that off because we went off on a tangent with the picture and how good you look now and everything. But thank you. You're welcome. You, you, again, it's effort you put in and I believe in recognition, but you, you did come in fifth. You came in, last whatever the the week of the finals but i wanted to make sure people understood how you earned your way to those finals yeah and you you came in last there was a lot of really good comics people that again the person who won is still actively doing comedy now but not one person on that show has has hit the heights that you have so so whatever little little Pat on the back or whatever, but, but you, I the won. rule was, you were not allowed to do it again the following year. No That's one was right. allowed to do it again because they didn't want the finals to be the same five people, yeah. but you did it two years later and you came in first place and by a landslide, it was no competition. Yeah. And mm. I, I won. I, I remember because the,
1: the first time that I did it, I'd never done jokes more than one day in a row. And then I remember I hated the jokes that I was doing and I was just doing them because I thought that that was the jokes that I was supposed to do because I was gay and they were looking at me and they were like, oh, he needs to say jokes in a certain way. And I remember by like the Tuesday show or the Wednesday show, I was like, I fucking hate this. I hate these jokes. I hate everything that I'm saying. And then that's why I came in last place because I wasn't enjoying it, right, and I hated all the jokes, but it was the most
0: invaluable learning experience I've ever had in my life. What well, was the longest streak of night after night shows yeah. that you had done no ever. But
1: i I learned if you do comedy like I actually had to learn this. Why aren't you doing jokes that you want to do? Right. You don't do jokes for other people. You do jokes for you that people hopefully will relate to. And that was like a learning. And I was like, oh. And then by the time that I got to do it the second time, I won. Because oh, I learned. so
0: much. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so it's like much. like the only thing I hated about Kyle. I loved him so much. But he'd be like, oh, I love Amy Schumer. And I'm like, oh, I'll fucking kill you. Kyle, <laughs> thank you so much. So much. I, st- um, I still love her. Still, even with all the horrific... Have you met
1: her yet? I did go see her live one time, and I have to say it was pretty bad. Did you like the leather special? It was unforgivable.
0: (laughs) Unforgivable. But I forgive her and still love her. Uh, No, because then
1: she had that special Growing. I thought Growing was great. And then she had a new one that came out
0: recently, and I would give it a solid C+. Okay. I, I was pleasantly surprised by all three of her movies. And I was I was a I I actually felt bad about myself for just assuming that they would be bad because she was the star. But I I liked it, and I feel pretty. I thought it had a wonderful message in it, and mm-hmm. I thought it was a I thought it was a great movie.
1: I liked that one, and I liked Trainwreck, but the snatched, snatched was, was bad. Poor Goldie Hawn.
0: It's a weird it's a coming at, back out of nowhere, and then just, ugh. And
1: then she got a Razzie nomination oh. for worst supporting actress for that movie. You're like oh, no, no, no. I don't think she
0: deserved that, yeah. but it just wasn't like yeah. On her level. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, hey, like at the end of the day, I, I, but, but everything you've heard of her, tons of stories. And then some of the stuff you see of her where she just would be mean in public. You know what I mean Like very Very rude Rude Yeah And vicious For someone Like instead of having Like a teachable moment With somebody Where they're like Hey well like, we don't like When we call it that Or whatever Do you see the interview Where the guy was like You know in, in Trainwreck The character was like Did they say skanky here Like whatever And, and she took it So fucking personally Yeah Like I, I think he was meaning Like promiscuous Or slutty Maybe versus skanky But the whole interview She was so fucking rude Well her whole
1: brand Is slutty. about like feminism So calling the character Who's sexually confident
0: Skanky I think is like Was she sexually confident or was she just promiscuous? I thought she, I thought no. the whole point of Trainwreck, even calling herself a trainwreck, was that she was promiscuous because she didn't love herself. And then throughout that movie, her character's growth was that she learned to value herself. So I, I think, like, we, I don't think that, like, I got nothing wrong with promiscuity, but sure. she seemed to be trying to fill a hole. The character, no, it's a, it's a, the, her whole brand
1: when she, like, you know, became internationally famous was that she was a famous, celebrated feminist. Sure, and that role is a woman who is sexually confident and has a lot of sex, but that's not necessarily what she, defines
0: her motivations. It's, sure, but you labeled it train wreck. So, what are you supposed to think? I think of it, the, about
1: like the drinking and the drugs, and also right. like her relationship. She's she's a, kind of just like an awful person, and, right? And, and and that's very relatable, but also like you know, like having. Being kind of like a, a a rude person in those sexual relate because she was pretty rude in some of those sexual relationships. So I think that's what she means by train wreck. I don't think it. I don't think it's. I just thought sex. I just people.
0: thought it looked like it was somebody who not just through sex, but like the drinking and the drugs and all this stuff. It looked like somebody who was trying to escape. They didn't value themselves, and I thought that the arc of the movie was that she learns to value herself, especially with this relationship with someone who does care for her and does show her love and acceptance and things like that. So I was like. I didn't think that that it was like, oh, I, I drink and do drugs because I'm a train wreck, but I'm very like confident with my sexual promiscuity. I thought the whole thing was a package of not. So I didn't feel like that guy, at least and so I could be in the same shoes as that guy. I was like, oh, were you trying to say like, this is somebody who's doing all these things as an escape and then learns to value themselves? It's not like she stayed sexually promiscuous once her character had growth. She was, you know, monogamous with this guy. So I thought, to me, looking at the story, I'm like the promiscuity is is someone looking for meaning or something through this outlet as well as the drink. Like, all of it is part of the train wreck label. So she's like, "Oh, how dare you think that her promiscuity had anything to do with a, a character flaw or whatever?" It's like that. I don't know. That's what I took from. He it. called I, her I, I, skanky. I would. He say said that the character is like. Do they do they say
1: skanky here? But I think that that is the like the laziest. Summation, sure. Of a and it's also and that word has a very negative connotation to it. And to be honest with you, I, I think the way that she handled it was like a little
0: harsh. But I, will, that's all I mean. But like, I would, you but could I would correct also, the teachable moment is what I said. Like sure, you could, but you also could say like, a term is like that. Like, would slutty have been equally horrific? Yeah, I think so. What, what, what would you have called that sexual?
1: I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't really know what the hell the point of his question was. I don't.
0: Well, I don't even. He never got to the I, end of it because she but jumped on. Interview. Him for that. This
1: interview was 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 so long ago.
0: I mean, like I don't. Like I didn't come prepared with notes. <laughs> I'm no, just no, no, no. I, I like... didn't know I'd be talking about this either. I just, I just remember like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an egalitarian. Feminism is part of that. So I don't, I don't go. I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. I'm an egalitarian. Feminism is part of that. So I have nothing. Like I think women should be empowered. I think that everyone has the right to their own sexual preferences and choices, and do your thing. If you want to sleep with multiple partners, that's, that's up to you. I think it's important that all of us kind of know why we do the things that we do. Are we doing things to fill a hole or are we, you know, is it coming from a place of insecurity or a place of confidence, whatever, but everyone should be allowed to to do the things that they do. I just thought that this particular movie, the arc seemed to be that it was somebody who was using a lot of different things, you know, as as a yeah, means then, to, to fine, escape, but so, then to
1: just be like, so she's a skank. What do you have to say about that? How are you
0: going to respond? I don't even think that was a question. He goes, the, the character seems to be like, like, do they say skanky here? And then and then she jumped on him. So I, he never even finished. If I'm not mistaken, I could be, but if I'm not mistaken, he never even finished the but question here, here's, because, here's the because thing, she though. jumped on the term. Sure. And I thought, but like, I, I think,
1: think I think we're so I think we're talking in circles here. And I is, also think fair. that I don't really, I'm not really that invested. No, no, no. To be honest Sorry, with you, I, just, to, I don't really care that much about this conversation. But I will just say that she was very celebrated for the way she handled that and it was literally in time magazine so let's just let history was speak. it really it was so let's just let they, history speak for itself and i think everybody listening to this can take away what fair. they want I'll, and i, I would i'll drop
0: it. it but i didn't so time magazine was like she handled that situation great i i i don't i don't, I don't again i didn't come prepared with notes but yes it was, was in time guys, Magazine. guys know that kyle's just going with what's in his mind at the moment he says this is not uh, his thesis yes nor is, is it, <laughs> nor is it mine i just remember again for me anything anybody she else on stage I'll, I'll, I'll ignore I like, think
1: that that comes from the expectation that women are supposed to be sugar spice and everything nice and I think maybe she goes a little overboard whenever she's like purposely being like well I'm not going to be nice because you're expecting me to be nice because I'm a female therefore I have to be to to coddle your ego and maybe the reason why she comes off so is she's going a little too far with it you know what well, I mean yeah, there was a
0: kid she talked to she's like oh fuck your dad or something like that she said did you ever see that little clip where like she talking to some kid and <laughs> asked for an autograph <laughs> And, and and I don't I don't I, like I don't want to misquote. I'm also a big believer, believe none of what you hear and only half of what you see, because there's all sorts of things around what happened before, what happened afterwards. Two is one, What's one the is 10, yeah. sure. But I guess just I remember just thinking like anything she says on on a movie or stage or whatever, that's all stand-up, take it with a grain of salt. It was just like in personal interactions and interviews. I was like, Oh, I find her to be, to yeah. be kind of mean. And like I said, a teachable moment where you're like, if you are an empowered, yeah, you don't have to be nice. If some guy calls a character that you're, you believe strongly in like these things like correct him and everyone watching, like let them correct. Cause I obviously saw the character in the same light as this guy. I'm not, I wouldn't call it skanky. I kept using the word promiscuous. Do you know what I'm saying? That's yeah. how I chose to view it. Sure. Right. And, and then you go, what's the side? I would say, it? I would just say, we sexual. talked about porn stars earlier and why are they doing the things that they do? Yeah. We're not going, Oh, they're empowered. We're not. Yeah. Right. Knee jerk is not, it's going, Oh, well, this person kind of, is, this person is doing something that we wouldn't, that you wouldn't just necessarily do. So it just comes from a lack of, like I said before, understanding through understanding. We have peace. <laughs> what?
1: This is giving me a post nasal drip. Is it? Oh, this is giving me a so. nosebleed. <laughs> okay. We need to move on. We're going to move on, buddy.
0: We're going to move on. We I move I on. apologize. <laughs> uh, but you still love Amy Schumer And that's the important takeaway I do away. I do That's the important takeaway I
1: away. do Yeah not, didn't Wasn't a big fan of the last special Or the leather I hated the leather one But I loved it I crying. tried
0: watching it And I didn't And I've liked some of the stuff She's also come on Again we're gonna move past her But she's come under fire For the cardinal sin in our industry Which is joke thievery Yeah but again, I wasn't there. I've seen her live once. I too. just
1: don't really think that her topics are really that groundbreaking, you know. And I think that to somebody to say that she stole them, it's like I don't think she stole them. I just don't really think that she's incredibly original. That's all. But I just think that her character and when she started, the way that she told jokes with her misdirections and that yeah, kind of really she's formulaic. It was very, it was very sort of Wendy Liebman style that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's 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 different, but like I still love her. Anyway, that's the end of it.
0: Let's move on. That's fine. We're good. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm, I'm done talking about Amy Shore. Do you take shit for it a lot? No. Okay. It's just, I was like, just, like just you. Just you. Oh, really? Well, I just want you to know I haven't changed that much. You were, <laughs> you were saying earlier you were waiting for it. I guess that was it. I, was waiting. I wasn't prepared to talk about her. In fact, she's gotten way more airtime <laughs> <laughs> than I'm comfortable giving her. But do check out her movies, guys. They, they were good. I, I was pleasantly surprised and ashamed of myself for being judgy of them before seeing them. A couple milestones in your career? Cause again, you showed talent very early on. You won the competition. You came to Toronto. Do you have any milestones that made you feel like keep going? Cause a lot of times in this industry, you don't know what things are going. So do you have a few times where you're like, you hit something and you're like, this is what I needed. I want, I'm going to keep going. Well, when you are up and coming, if you are
1: on that path, you know, when you come from Ottawa, like Alex Wood or Kronk or Reeds, there is this sense of hope okay. that still exists. And when I moved to Toronto, I was headlining Yucks at the time, in just just in Ottawa, and I got signed to Yuck Yucks. And I was still only kind of like middling clubs around the GTA, but I was still getting to know the scene but while I was doing all of that, I was working on new material and I was like really working on my material. But there was still hope of like, I could make a career out of this. I can do this because I was still working as like a waiter and stuff like that. And then I remember in one year, I booked the Halifax Comedy Festival. I'd, I'd already done it, mm-hmm. but I booked it for the second time. I booked just for laughs homegrown it was a television bro- broadcast that we were the first year where it wasn't a competition and it was a television broadcast and they never did it again so I guess it wasn't really much of
0: a success they and never they never did homegrown again or they never broadcasted again they never they never or both did it again Both. <laughs> I think it's you on Crave that motherfucker to the yeah ground. exactly
1: yeah okay. I think it's on Crave you can watch it but okay so in one year I did the Halifax Comedy Festival I did just for laughs I was in homegrown I started headlining clubs in the gta and i won a canadian comedy award for you know like a best newcomer kind of thing and this all happened in the course of like a year and then i started everything was just going up and up and up and i just i kept booking television things like cbc here debaters this and jfl this and jfl that and i started making money from my album royalties and everything was just on the up
0: so up until All of this, there still was no moment at the point to encourage you to keep going? No, because it
1: just, everything was genuinely working out for me. Like it just, I,
0: it, you never, okay. If I understand correctly, you never had a moment of doubt then up until this point because everything was working out. Is that, that's correct. Okay.
1: And then the pandemic hit and I thought, oh shit. And then the biggest moments of my career happened during the pandemic. I did four, excuse me. I did four just for laughs comedy television tapings in one year okay but once you do that you don't have anything left to give right and then they were asking me for more how long
0: were those tapings
1: they would be anywhere from like seven to ten minutes and then you, they okay. would use however much they use right and then that's a lot it's insane that's too much actually that's it's too much too much and then they asked me to do a comedy special and of course i said yes but i was like obviously you know i have to repeat material because we're in the middle of a pandemic i haven't been said writing sure. They said, well, we need, you know, ten, at least 10 brand new minutes. And I said, where am I going to work on that material? Like I would literally have, how to much just time write did they it. give you? We want you to record it. How long? I think it was like 40. My, spe- my special is like, I think like 35 or 40 minutes.
0: No, no. But I mean, when they're asking you like, Hey, we want you to record a special in what? Two weeks, two months, six months. Like how long did they give you to come up a, with those 10 new minutes? A few months. Okay. And they wanted ten. And you're like, minutes. I'm not going to get 10 minutes in a few months.
1: I had a, I had a bit that actually, listen, it ended up working out, okay? I'm not, I'm the, not the the bit, attacking you. I'm no, just, but no, no, no. The, the bit ended up working out, but I, I was always very angry that they asked me to come up with 10 brand new minutes when... All comedy clubs were closed, all
0: venues oh, were closed. Right. The only place I, that you That's very could, important. You're right. I'm, I'm so hell? sorry. I'm you know? so sorry. But like where I'm going, am I going to come up with 10 minutes to do? Yes, not during the no, pandemic. There right. No, there was
1: nowhere there was no venue. It's yeah. like it, it, it's so like it been
0: a, we want you to to gain 50 pounds
1: in muscle. It's like all the gyms are closed. It's like okay, good luck. It's like, how the fuck am
0: I supposed to do that? Even that's easier because you can work out at home. Yeah. But you can't, like, I don't know if you agree with me, but I tell people all the time, like, I, it didn't take long into my career before I stopped telling people my premises because I'm like, they're never going to get the response. Even if it's funny, like a comic go, oh yeah, it's funny. But they didn't laugh out loud. Yeah. And I'm like, so I would immediately doubt it. I go, oh, it's not that good then. Yeah. Because- a joke is never a joke until you do it on stage. The only people who can tell you if it's funny, yeah, is is a a comedy club, yeah, like or or, or sorry, a, a, an audience, yeah, that that is there to see comedy because you go, okay, that it, it was funny here and there. So yeah, you can't just talk in the mirror and go, it's funny. It's funny to you, yeah. But there's no way of knowing if it's funny to other people until you find a way to, to throw it out but there. But then you
1: have to refine it. You have to, you exactly. know, you go back and you make like a million edits. And the thing is, is I tend to write more short form. I'm not a storyteller. So for me, 10 minutes, that's a lot. Right. And so what they had requested, I delivered, but I've actually how? since I, you know, I, I wrote the bit and I, I knew how to tell it and it worked and it works on screen, but I've obviously since refined it and now I have a comedy album that just came out that I'm very proud of that (laughs) has the better version of the joke and I'm glad that I'm able to deliver a product uh, that I'm actually proud of because it was like I got to refine it I got to work on it I I wasn't during the pandemic listen I want to make something very clear I love my comedy special I think I think it's really I think it's really good Introducing Lyle Introducing Lyle That's the
0: one where you did the 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 Early version of this bit is that fair to say? That's
1: correct. Okay, and i i think it's a I think it's a I think it's a really good special. I'm actually proud of it, and of of all of them that were released, I think it's up there. Okay, uh, it Reading was also all of the Netflix, or sorry, all of the Crave, Just for Laughs release, the Just for okay. Laughs, because there there I think there were like like six or seven of them. But I I will say. That just just in terms of numbers, I'm not saying like like my personal opinion. I'm just saying just in terms of numbers, mine and Paul Roblaskis were the highest trending of the entire year for the comedy specials. It's
0: interesting. I've never even heard that other that second name.
1: Yeah, he has a a show. He lives in the Poplar River Nation outside of Winnipeg. He's an indigenous comedian, and he has a show called Acting Good that's on CTV, and he had his special. And ours were the highest trending of the whole year. That's great. And if you go to Crave and you go to like comedies, it's like we're both up there. Oh,
0: I see you all the time. Oh, I would love to hear I that. I love to hear that. Well, you're you're on Crave, very close to the top of time. I don't know if there's any kind of algorithm stuff that's there because yeah, we're friends, we know each other. Your sure. name is spoken probably in my home yeah. near my phone. Oh I love that.
1: But then I literally just thought everything just kept going up. And I remember just being like, Oh my God. And then once that special came out, that's when it kind of I wouldn't say the no, work I, tapered off? yeah. I would say that I I wouldn't say it went downhill. I think that that's very melodramatic because I did still book. I've I, I've done a roast battle Canada three seasons. I I I I, I did a Halifax Comedy Festival this year, but I left Yucks, and I became more financially successful by doing a lot more independent productions. Of course. But then I started to notice that. How do I say this? I noticed that when you succeed, and unless you're like kind of one of the guy's guy kind of thing, like unless unless you're like one of one of the comics, because I've never been a comics comic, it's like when you really succeed, whether it's intentional or not, you get a lot of resentment from your peers. You get a lot of resentment from your coworkers. And I'll be honest with you, I've I really felt that. I really felt the that the resentment and the I I will say that I know that they I have their respect, but I also I, I never I don't have their friendship, so I don't you know I I I have to like beg on hands and knees to get like a five minute unpaid spot on Bloor Street on a Thursday night. Sorry to hear. And I I that's when I I started to realize I'm like you know stand up comedy is really about relationships and the friendships that you make with people yeah. because
0: it's just very little to do with how funny we are. The funniest people are not on TV. That's 100%. Which, <laughs> is that shade? Um, no, no, but we, we, we've talked about it. We don't need to talk about it on this, but at the end of the day, everybody in the adventure in the industry has advantages and disadvantages. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I, I also knew from a very early time on that like, nobody sees how hard people work i worked my ass off when i was new to comedy when i was new and passionate and hadn't entered a relationship that would fuck with me for 15 years mm-hmm. i was passionate i worked hard i talked to the headliners not the other open micers who were all sitting around talking about who should be getting what and i'm then what you need to do to make it and i'm like well none of you are headliners how can you say what it takes i would listen to the guys that were headliners mm-hmm. and ask them like what do they do and this and that and listen I try to put on shows and produce my own shit and you'd take shade because what are you that they're trying to put on a show for? You know what I mean? That's I'm like, so Ottawa, but, that, though, but it's know? everywhere. It's everywhere. It doesn't matter. Yeah. People who are working hard are going to take shit. Yeah. And, and what I was trying to give you credit with, with the illustration and everything is that you've always been somebody that I've known of that works. Even the story of you get like, so my question I'm going to, you know, well, was what, did you ended? hit any milestones that, yes. that encouraged you to keep going? Yes. But, but what I'm saying is, is that you're, Even your Halifax, that first one, the last time we got to sit and be on a show, the last time we worked together Mm. was you telling me a story of how the people who were representing you, the people whose job, the people who get a piece of your money for representing you wouldn't, sandbagged you, effectively didn't give you an opportunity to, to be in front of the people who picked that festival. You went and did it yourself and got it. And then they turned around and and said, oh, well, we'll take our piece. And you were like, fuck you. Yes. Which was the right move a hundred percent. And have, and as always listening to that, I admired you even more for having the balls because the amount of people who would have taken that as a, a just been bummed out and sit around and play video games. till the phone rings again, Yeah, you were like, no, I'm going to go do it myself. And you got it. You were rewarded for working hard. And that's a lot of the times in the industry, how it works is you keep working and working and kicking water uphill until it finally works and and you get it. But you're going to take shit from all those people sitting around waiting for the phone to ring because they will always find a reason to what's the easiest way they can blame you for it oh he's just gay so he's checking a box sure it's like yeah but he there's no such thing as a gay email or whatever you worked hard you sent those messages yeah but technically it's
1: it's 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 so funny because the industry like these these government funded things they need gay people they need black people they need yeah. women and when you're they one they can't
0: of, get the grant without it
1: they can't get the grant without it and yeah. so when you are one of the gay comics or the black comics or the female comics or whatever sure. it's like you're being booked and you're like oh awesome and you're so happy but then all the comics like resent you and you're like hate the game not the player it's like i didn't
0: like, don't hate the, the don't hate the player hate the game yeah it's is, like is like <laughs> do you know what i mean and, yeah. and so but to answer Or go make it yourself like Alice in Door you know what i mean make your own fucking thing and then you get to pick and choose what you want to do and you don't have to listen to to shit from anybody but the the thing that you're saying about to keep going
1: and to not give up this is the 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 whole long-winded speech and the the end of it is is this is that i actually the last like three months Mm -hmm. have really been considering quitting this industry and moving on with my life because i've because i kept kind of going up and up and up and up and up yeah you hit the ceiling and then i was touring i did a tour across the whole country i did a tour through the arctic you know I'm, I'm very proud of that and i loved every minute of it even the scary shows but you know it makes you a better comic and everything like that but then once you do all that you're like okay like so then i just do it again and then I just keep going out there and doing it over and over and over and over. You're like, something has to lead to something. Like this this can't just but then you're like, no, no, no. That's just how it is in this country. And then I kind of had this very realistic realization where, you know, everyone's going to the States, everyone's going to the UK. And it's like, do I want to move? I don't know. And if I do and then also like, you know, I, I I put out a comedy album recently. I was very proud of that comedy album. And, you know, It didn't quite land the way that I wanted it to land. But again, like it's a comedy album, like nobody listens to comedy albums and you just you don't think so. After a while, you just keep doing the same goddamn thing over and over again. And then you realize that it just doesn't really lead to anything. And I think that what Canada does is they try to set you up for success to leave the country because then it's like, hey, like you have all these credits Well,
0: they're not, it's not, it's by proxy. They're not trying to help you. you. They don't give a fuck to help you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they're like any other entertainment. They'll use you up until you can't give them anything and then they're done with you. Yeah. It's the ones who go, well, now that I have, what can I do with this? I have all these tools and credits. Yeah. What can I do with this but I And put, the smart thing Is to go down to the states And get some recognition get some, Because they'll Blow you all over the world But the thing is Is, is that I,
1: I Like you're saying I worked my fucking ass off And I hustled And then You think that They call it Like paying your dues Right And it's like Bitch I paid my dues I did it for like Over a decade And I fucking I had a 99 piece of shit Beater Civic With chunks falling off of it and Covered in rust Driving comics That I hate To the middle of nowhere On like a Thursday night To like Have to yell over Like hockey fundraiser crowds It's like bitch I did that for a long time mm-hmm. I paid my fucking dues So where is the reward And the reward Well that's the thing Is there
0: is no Like when you pay dues no In a union reward. Yeah when you pay dues In the union You get something for it Yeah like This whole paying your dues Is just a way to dismiss legitimate grievances yeah. while you're coming up. And then you get to the top, you open the door and there's fucking there's empty no, room. It's, <laughs> it's an empty room with like a, but a, on the a, other side, a bucket. Yeah. And then
1: you're like, what the fuck? And they're like, you clean it. Like, yeah. And, it be, and then I, uh, I came to this realization like a, like a few months ago, and I've 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 been having a very difficult time mentally. I've been, I've been uh, in a very dark place, and the thing that reminded me to keep going was I I, I you know I talked to you, I talked to Niall, but I I talked to Eddie DeLisepe. Actually, said something very meaningful to me. He's he was like, he was like Kyle, you know even Niall said something very, uh, he was like, you have to be like so optimistic and blindly. So mm-hmm. to keep going because we can do something that like a lot of people can't do, even yeah. if they try Right, and you do have a talent. The mice
0: in the bucket. I told you guys that he was telling, that. he was telling like the, the, Oh, by the way, I guess I talked about that yesterday in the podcast. I remembered where it came from. Well, it's come from a lot of different things, but but the movie I just saw it in recently was Catch Me If You Can. Christopher Walken is Leonardo, oh. Cap- and he uses the metaphor like three times in the fucking movie. Oh, so it was said multiple times. But I love that. Yeah, but I thought about that. Two mice after. fall in a bucket of cream. The first one gives up right away and drowns. The second one struggles so hard that he churns the cream into butter and walks right out. I love that. And that's that's what you have to do. Yeah. To succeed, to live, or you die in the industry. Like it's just like it'll it'll destroy you. Yeah. But it, it there is no like oh there's a ladder over there. No, you struggle and succeed, or you just give up. Like there is no one waiting to throw a ladder in, throw a rope in, whatever. The, like this industry doesn't care about you. No. The the
1: no, it doesn't. I
0: heard a I heard another quote recently that's like behind every like every if you look at inside every cynic is a disappointed idealist. Yeah, that's so true. Is that, is that like everyone comes into the industry going like, oh, I'm showing, you know, progress and talent and there's a little bit of recognition for it. It's probably the first time in your life you feel good about something that you're sharing and expressing vulnerable thoughts, you know, potentially vulnerable, depending on how quickly you're open to, you know, expressing those. But it's like you come into this thing and you're like, wow, I feel good because just my thoughts and my outlooks and stuff are getting like recognition. Mm -hmm. Right. But then you think, oh, it's going to be like, you know, the the right people are going to be reported, uh, rewarded. Sorry. In this industry, and it's and it's not and reported it's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, it's probably a Freudian slip, but it's like the right people will be rewarded because the funnier you are, you know. All oh, my favorites are the funniest. So yeah, but you know how many people you don't watch because you don't find them funny. They're still there. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it has very little to do with how how funny you are. It's like how is anyone going to know how funny you are? You got to put yourself out there. You got to yeah. reach out to places. There's. It's, it's a business. I, I did an episode with Trent McClellan years ago when he just announced that he was going to be on this hour, 22 minutes, and he has all sorts of great quotes and pieces of advice for young comics. He's like all these young comics, they want to drink all night at the bar, the club after the show. And then they wake up the next day, play video games all day and then come do their set. He's like, there's a quote that I love, which is show me where you spend your time and your money. And I'll tell you what your priorities are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's like, all these guys say they want to be great comics. It's like, but you spend all your time playing video games and drinking. Yeah. And he was saying how like he was opening for Jerry D, you know, doing a tour across country. And he's like, he's like, I'm driving the car. And Jerry's there on his laptop in the passenger seat, writing an episode of like Mr. D like the guy's working all the time. Yeah. So if you're working and you're getting rewarded for all the guys are sitting around with nothing better to do all day than on their phones, watching your clips of something to bitch about why you got it. And they didn't like, there's always people trying to tear someone else down And it's, it's amazing to me guys that I know are funny and won't promote themselves have laughed at other guys who are, you know, doing stuff on online and, and creating content and stuff. They laugh at them. Oh, look at them. What are they trying to do? Why do they have a headshot in a website? It's like, well, because they're, they're trying, they're working at it, but then somebody does something they don't like and they'll spend days writing and posting and destroying. And I'm like, if you put half the effort. Into your career that you put into trying to tear down someone else's. Yeah. You'd be doing infinitely better. But it's amazing. It, it, it's sad. It's fucking sad that, that people are more willing to, to do something venomous and spiteful. Yeah. Than to just just work.
1: But the, the thing that reminded me to keep going is that I there is a community of us that do believe in each other mm-hmm. and do build each other up. And we remind each other. To keep going
0: Of course That's the answer to So that's the, the first question. time In your entire career That you felt a moment Where you're like I should keep going
1: I know it sounds Almost kind of bratty But yes No I, I will accept that's that it That's just my experience I will accept it yeah. As the
0: genuine answer Because I, I can I've never had the experience where just one good thing After another And I'm glad yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed Seeing that for you Yeah as an outsider back in Ottawa, just seeing that you've got another thing that you're doing, I've been happy for you. Thank you've you. You've always been a good person. You were good to me when other people were trying to turn me down. You're like, I don't have any reason to hate Josh. You know what I mean? Like, he's always been good to me. Yeah. I'm like, I've been that same person to everybody. Yeah. But I'm like, I appreciated the fact you were, you know, I felt that you were loyal to me and I've, I've always been loyal to you. And I'm like, I'm happy to see the right people succeed. I love seeing Kay Trevor Wilson get things. I love seeing Nathan McIntosh get things. I love seeing Dave Merhage get things. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, the guys who are nice and the ones that work hard, Mm -hmm. I love seeing when the right people win. And you've always been one of those people to me is that like, I love seeing the right people win. Thank you. So it, it, it was, it was important. To me. I was going to ask if there's any moments that you had to, that you wanted to quit. And I would say it's probably the same one. It's the the it's same one where you're like, I'm just at this point where like, is the, you like, just keep doing the same there?
1: thing over and over the same. And that it, nothing leads to anything. And
0: I would say, treat it like a, treat it like your illustration diploma in the sense that. Oh, it's a degree. Like, like it's a degree. Yeah. But I'm saying, well, sorry. My point is, is that. All the things that you've done in Canada, use that as your like. For me, getting Just for Laughs, which I've never gotten, I've showcased a bunch of times. I've, I've, I don't want to say I've given up on it because I don't want to give up, but I know that I was never going to be a doctor or a lawyer. My mom was supportive very early on, and for me, getting Just for Laughs would be the closest thing that I could get to like being a, a doctor or a lawyer because it would mean that I got industry nationwide industry recognition mm-hmm. that I deserve that that spot and that I'm funny enough to be there. So to me, it's not a lot of people treated like getting like a festival or a TV special or something like it's the, like you've arrived, it's over. To me, it's just the, the diploma saying, all right, you've got the tools to do this. Now go do it. Do you know what I mean? So for, for yourself, I do, but you've you know got what? all of that stuff. If you- there
1: is such a myth in this country created by just for laugh sure. that makes and breeds resentment are between comedians because of who got it and who, didn't. of course. And that's the shitty part. That's but, the shitty part. But I got to say as a person that has done it a handful of times, if only it's five people, got to,
0: gig. if only five people got to graduate in every fucking class, you'd see it in a, in a school system. Yeah. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just that, but, but, but what it, I mean uh, in terms everyone, of what it means to you, but I the,
1: remember everybody puts such a, such a, it, this is the myth is it's like you, you do it and you finally get that credit. And then you're like waiting optimistically for the, the something to happen
0: and then nothing
1: happens. But that's happens. what I'm saying.
0: It's not. You can you can take a degree from school and wait for something to happen. You have to go out and get it. What I'm saying is, is all those people who are doubting, well, am I funny? Am I not funny? To me, like a lot of people act like it's you get just for laughs and you've arrived. You're good now. And it's like, to me, it's not. To me, it's you're all planes in an airport waiting for takeoff right waiting to to get the, the green light to go ahead and go fly that's what just for laughs would represent and i'm not saying that it is that but i'm just saying that in terms of like a a a symbolic you're funny you should be doing this now go do it like to me the, the just for laughs is the launch the wrecking, yeah right. right it's not the it's not the end it's not the beginning of the end it, it may however be the end of the beginning which is winston churchill if i'm not mistaken Again, I didn't come with my notes. No, that's fine. (laughs) But I, but I'm just saying that it's the idea is that this is not that you've arrived. This is just the validation to say you are funny. Mm -hmm. You've been recognized by the world's largest comedy festival. Mm -hmm. So go do it now. Go do the work. You've got your diploma go do the work
2: True, and I'm yeah. saying
0: so for, for if I could offer you anyone as somebody who cares about you as a person and as a comic, if you are feeling those, those doubts as I would say that that body of work you just described, if you looked at it, like I have conquered everything I can do in my country. So now go do it, go do it over the world. You know what I mean? Like in whatever, whatever market you decide. Yeah. That is, that is uh, like, I don't really want to. Yeah. Do you want to go back to school? You did everything at school. So what do you do it again? No. Yeah. You take what you learned and you go do it out in the world. I I don't, I don't want to, to, to,
1: to, you know, speak to that at this moment, but that is kind of something that I've been considering. Great. And I'll leave it there.
0: No, that's fine. And you spoke about it the other day. Yeah. So that's fine. we don't need to, but I'm just saying, I hope if anything that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of you, which I don't even feel like it's my place to say you've achieved way more than I have in my comedy career, but I got to watch you grow. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. You were, you achieved. were one of my mentors when I started. Well, and I, there's times where I've looked back on some of the advice I've given you. And I was wondering if, if I was out of place to give it no Um, no and and well no there was was i take everything
1: with a grain of salt. i have to be honest with you i take you 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 take in what everybody says it's up to you to decide what you're going to do that's
0: the same advice i give i go if someone offers you advice take what makes sense to you disregard the rest and keep in mind that any advice you take is just going to make you more like that comic and all the best blaze their own trail yeah so that's fine but there was times where i where i said to you you know I, I would say like i mean you know he got a lot of material about being gay or whatever i'm like do you want that to be the only thing i remember saying that to you on more than one occasion and mm-hmm. it wasn't to say hey don't be gay and don't be yourself but i was like you know do you want that to just be who you are do you want to be that gay comic or do you want to be a comic who just happens to be gay that's one aspect i don't want people and i remember thinking that because people treated me like oh josh you're a fat guy i remember times where i was losing weight i felt good about myself i was being healthy i was losing weight people were like well if you lose your weight you're not gonna have any more material and i'm like for for starters that's not true i have lots of stuff about relationships stuff that has nothing to do with me being fat mm-hmm. but people treated me like i was a one-trick pony because they're insecure
1: and jealous because you're succeeding so they only see you right. as a one-trick pony right and it's like so funny to me because when your audiences are so, it's so funny it's like we <laughs> when you have gay when you're when you have gay audiences and whenever you talk about like you know you have to you have to change your material but when when you're it's like if i just talk about regular boring everyday run of the mill stuff people are kind of just like okay but then when you do talk about being gay you get a like substantially bigger reaction so which one do you think i'm going to pick of course you know and it's so funny because basically what you're saying to a gay person and I'm not just saying that this was just you. Cause I got it all the time mm-hmm. is like, don't talk about yourself. Don't talk about your life. And then I can
0: see how that would come across that way.
1: And it's, it's funny because whenever people would say that to me, I would be like, but technically like every, like, so it's like, I, I, I talk about in my, in my new album, a liability now streaming everywhere. You know, I, I talk about addiction and I talk about drugs and how much I love them. And I talk about like, Move. I talk a lot about movies. Yeah. I talk about Ireland. I talk about relationships. I talk about weddings. I talk about. Kids. But at the end of the day, I know some straight guys walking out of the room literally it's being like, "Oh yeah, like we get it. You're gay. Like talk about something else." Right. There's other, well, no that's other what, what.
0: There's other aspects to you. Like I was saying before, I'm like I to my friend Dave. I'm like I love that I get to like movies and food and have hobbies and everything about you. People are just oh gay. They should talk to you about, but being that's gay. all they hear. Well, and that's exact. That's exactly it. And I know at the time that that I. I had, it's not like I was like, oh, I don't want to hear about you No, gay. but I, I, care. I, just, I just want but to say I this, I I will, But I remember, I probably took will... it from, I was probably projecting based on Jake. my experience. No, my experience was that everyone's coming at me like I'm yeah. a one-trick thing, and I was worried because yeah. I cared about you. I was worried that you I would think, go under the same fire. I because, think the
1: only time, though, that, like, to say that to someone where it's actually legitimate is if I had 40 minutes of what it's like to be gay. Right. That's, com- that's like, yeah, that's, move on. <laughs> like, you don't, that's annoying. That I would literally be like, hey, like, you actually need to talk about something else. But whenever somebody is just talking about being I don't know let's say they're trans and then or a female comic talking about what it's like to be a woman in the world mm. it's like can you, can you please talk about something it's like no that's the whole point of stand-up is it's like that's your point of view right yeah but I want you to know that I never really the only the only person that ever said something like that to me that actually really pissed me off was like I'm, I'm not gonna say it on the podcast but he's a very famous comedian mm-hmm. and he came to a show that I was headlining He wasn't on the show. Yeah. He was drunk. And afterwards I was selling merch and he, again, not on the show. Do you remember that I
0: messaged you the first time I heard you mention this and I thought you were talking about me? No. (laughs) I called you to apologize. No, it wasn't you. But do you remember that? That I called called you like, no, it wasn't you. It was someone else. You told me who it was. I've I've never seen you drunk in my life.
1: And then he came over (laughs) and he blocked my table where I was selling everything. And he was greeting people as they were leaving because he was a celebrity. And everyone was like, oh, my God, hi. And he was like trying to take the attention away from me. And then afterward, he was telling me, you know, once you stop talking about being gay, you'll have everyone. And I remember just being like, oh, my Gross. fucking God, fuck you and every fucking horse you rode it on. Like, okay. fuck you. You're
0: serious? The album that was on Serious that I heard, the the wording that you used, you're like, some guy came up to me and he was like, how long are you going to keep doing this gay thing? Oh, that was Mark Breslin. Okay, that's what I thought. So that, that I'm sure, was also...
1: Not. That was the first time I ever. He said, "How long?" He's like, "Do you want to keep doing the gay thing?" That's what he said to me, and
0: I said that. I would imagine that was also one of the times that was not taken particularly. Oh, I was, I was,
1: I was like, oh I was kind of shocked by it, and when and when he said that to my face, you know, I immediately was like, "This is a business transaction. I'm going to book a lot of shit and get you your cut." I'm also going to work a lot and get you your cut, but you're going to give me stage time. We are, you scratch my back. I scratch yours. So you said to him, please tell me that these are, he said, he basically said that that to me on the day that we met, he basically said, I can't, I'm not a manager. I'm not going to be able to build you up. It's like, I'll have stage time for you. And that's all I can give you. And I appreciated the honesty. And listen, I got to be honest with you. I don't dislike Mark Breslin. I really don't. It's just that he, it doesn't change the fact though, that he has said some really fucked up things to me. And I said those, he knew it was him that said it i said that joke to his face countless times right and He's when i'm sitting I, in his
0: booth you're on stage
1: yeah i said it to his face all the time and the thing is, is that <laughs> he never censored me once he never told me to stop and you know what i i appreciate that yeah that's
0: fair you know but i respect people who are accountable yeah i said it. like people who who say things and then deny it i'm like listen if you're holding true to your convictions if you think something and you say it and you admit it like i i still respect it. i don't agree with you but I know that hey, you're an honest person. Yeah, you'll you'll own what you say. Yeah. But I remember hearing it on on SiriusXM because again, I remembered when we were new, and I remember saying to you like like you know hey, or like are you going to make most of your jokes about this? And again, I don't have a problem. Ugh, that sounds so disgusting to say. I don't have a problem. It's not my place. What I mean is is that I don't care if someone wants to do all so and then to say a subject matter from hey i'm this and i like your starbucks material has nothing to do with sexual orientation it's not a gay joke you worked at starbucks i hate that joke fine i'm sure you do because you've told it a billion times i don't hate it it's funny it's a good joke right some a piece of advice someone gave me a long time ago is like when i'm sick of my material they're like yeah, but they're hearing it for the first time. It brings do you know what them mean? joy. Imagine watching Pulp Fiction for the first time 25 years later. That joke yeah. is literally one of my most viral videos. It has like almost 3 million great. views. So love it for what it did. It made you money. It made me, well. You know what I mean? If you're watching Pulp Fiction for the first time, doesn't matter how old it is, it's still a great fucking movie. I know, I know. I, I do too because I got to shower and get ready for a show. We're going to wrap this up in a couple minutes, guys. But I just wanted to say that at the time, I was like, yeah, I feel like. Was I quoted exactly? No. But I'm like, did I say a thing to you? Like, hey, is it going to be just gay stuff? And I called you. I heard you on the radio. I called you immediately (laughs) because not only did I want to know, but I, I wanted to apologize. And I, for the record, just so you know, whether you took it offensively or not, I felt bad and have for years saying like, I don't want to tell anybody else what they can or can't talk about. Yeah. I feel like that the reason that happened was that I got shit on for type of material. And when I tried to just do my thing, whatever, yeah. I knew how shitty the community could be about attacking people. And I thought, I'm sure subconsciously I thought, well, they may just protect you from the venom that's out there. And you can't, you can't li- again. Like I told you about no, other things. I, I can't live in that. fear. You can't operate yeah. from a position of fear. You no. have to go with,
1: but I never, the thing is, is that like, I never, I heard it so often. That I never really kept tabs of it until it was said in a way that actually really like was like woo. And the time with Mark Breslin and the time with the, 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 the other Canadian. celebrity, which
0: which please don't let me forget to ask you off the, the yeah because yeah um, that one he, that one really
1: made a mark on me. That one I was literally like fuck you. I don't I don't have a lot of people on my shit list, but this that person's on my shit list. I got three
0: super quick questions. Super quick. Super quick. And you don't, we don't even necessarily, do you remember your worst moment in standup? Like a moment. It doesn't have month. to be on stage. It was a month ago.
1: Yeah. I'm not joking. It was a month ago. It was without a doubt the worst moment in my entire comedy career. Okay. I got called out to do a corporate gig for a Christmas party or a holiday party, I should say, in Brampton, Ontario. And I get there and there is a, these three beautiful, like dressed up like Carabana you know like these big feathered hats and these beautiful sequin gowns and they're doing like a conga line in this office space in the hallway in in this in this office and everyone is fucking lit and they're dancing and taking pictures and the DJ who's the host of this event comes up to me and says okay so you're the comedian and i gotta be honest with you this group of people they're absolutely fucking insane and it's like trying it's like babysitting children okay. i don't know what to, and he's like I, she, they're like i need i need you to know that this is probably not going to go great and i'm like whatever i've done every fucking gig i don't care really? i'm getting paid and, for it. Sh-
0: was, and you learn that there's still ways to surprise oh there's that. still
1: ways to surprise <laughs> me so it was a 30 minute gig okay. i was supposed to do 30 minutes i go up half the people are sitting and half are standing right where I'm standing with the microphone like it was in a hallway but they were just standing having the loudest conversation getting drinks talking about how they hate comedy right next to me (laughs) and the cherry half the people in the room don't speak English okay because they're from wherever i don't know they're from some south asian country and they don't speak english i am so sick by the way i forgot to mention this i was that will affect you as well so sick and i and they weren't laughing at anything their their boss basically was just like let's just throw a comedian on but they were (laughs) they like hated comedy (laughs) they were literally like what is this why is this happening and they were like angry that i was there trying and i had a bottle of water that was on the ground because i kept losing Losing my voice because I was so sick. Some guy was so fucking drunk. He came by and he fucking kicked the water and water just went everywhere, all over the floor and I was like, "This just keeps getting better." <laughs> it was just a complete fucking nightmare. And this guy starts yelling at me from the from the audience, and he's yelling Air at quotes
0: me. was what we got by that, by the way.
1: And I'm 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 like, "Oh great, yeah, no, getting heckled and no one laughing and and people like yelling about how they hate comedy." Standing right next to me, kicking over my water. I'm just bombing, bombing, bombing to the point where the the guy that hired me started yelling at another person from the other side of the building, and I. I was like basically in the middle of like just chaos with a microphone, yeah. and no one was listening. And I remember Daniel was there. Daniel never comes to any of my shows. Of course, he comes to this one, and he had to drive me because I was actually that sick. And I remember the the DJ host literally. This was supposed to be 30 minutes. This was like, sh- they were like, this is such a disaster. And Kyle is being so disrespected on stage.
0: Oh, disrespected. Okay. <laughs> he's so disrespectful. I'm like,
1: no, 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 no. <laughs> Kyle's being so disrespected by this audience. People are yelling at him. People are talking to him. People aren't laughing. People. I- at one point I said, oh, are you married? She's like, I'm in an arranged marriage. I'm like, start the car. Like I was just like, I- I'm out. I can't. What do I have to offer? I'm the
0: first gay person you've ever heard of. <laughs> you know that you did this gig. So that you have this story for it. Oh my God, that's, I know. That's what it was. Oh, it and wasn't- the worst
1: part is, I was like, oh my God, what's that beautiful restaurant that's like lit up? It was like all covered in lights. And I was like, what a beautiful restaurant. What kind of food did they have? It was a church. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, it's a Hindu church, like place of worship. I'm like, just eating shit. And then the DJ literally cut it off and was literally like, you need to get off the stage. They gave me the light. I'm like, oh, thank God, I can leave. And they start laughing because I'm like, thank fucking God, this abortion is over. And that's one person started filming me and I was like, yeah, why would really you good. film this? I was like, do you, a week from now where you're like, I'm in the mood for a train wreck. Like, why would oh, you yeah, fill me a million
0: views for you? Comedian bombs that fucking.
1: Oh, and, oh. and so <laughs> the, the, the DJ person like got me off and was like, you are such a pro and you handled that like a fuck. I'm so sorry. Like apologizing. me mean, paid me in full. And then the the guy who hired me comes up to me, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. He shook my hand. He's like, oh, my God, that was so funny. Like, you're so amazing. I'm like, are you fucking kidding where me? Where were you? Yeah, where were you? I yeah. think they were all just fucking wasted.
0: And I went home, and I went to bed. <laughs> best moment. That was, the, oh, the best moment? <laughs> that I was going to say, that sounds like a rough one. Ithymus is... This Friday, but yeah, whatever. Terminal. They will have heard his story. He bombed his worst. Bombed at a gig. Tripped over all the cords on his way off the stage oh. and unplugged everything. Like ruined oh, the whole. No. Like, it was, <laughs> insult to injury it was so bad. Then he turns to the walk off stage, trips over the cords, pulls everything. out oh, The, the no. feedback all goes through the real like screeching. Every oh my god, that's bad. And I'm like that's so. I'm like that's just like the exclamation point on the ball. You just try, all right, whatever. <laughs> just, it was so funny.
1: So that that was my worst moment, and this was less than a month ago.
0: Okay. Best. I guess it
1: was at my peak, like, what am I doing in my life? Why am I doing this job?
0: And that job was like. Best, best moment. And, and these moments don't necessarily have to be on stage. So I, and I, I, should have put context in the last one, but like best moment.
1: Best moment. I think the best moment of my comedy career was when I was on stage filming my just for laughs comedy special. And I got my first round of applause. That's great. Yeah.
0: That's you're like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that first laugh. I've, I've, uh, I've, I've I've, I've, likened comedy to when you're on a roller coaster. Like it looks like fun. Then you get on it, and that that climb is the scariest part. it's Slow, and you're like, oh my god, why did I do this? Why did I do this? Why am I in it now? I can't. I got to do it. Can't just walk away. I got to do it. But then that first that first drop. Yeah, like that. That's the getting on stage, and then at that point, everything's kind of just fun. Yeah, it's a little scary, but it's, you it's more the, fun than scary, but, but it's like, yeah, the walking around waiting for them to say your name backstage. That's like the climb. Like, just get me out there. Just get the, yeah. over that
1: first. Once note. you get your first one. And yeah. then I, 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 I put so much thought into the special and I wanted it to be like, I wanted it to sound like an old Hollywood movie. And then so I dressed myself up like kind of, um, sort of like a gay, like mad men thing, like with okay. the pocket square and the, and I was, I got to be very in charge of that. And the other favorite moment sure. of comedy was when i cut this album that i just released a liability it's i it's the thing that i'm most proud of i've ever put out That you
0: have ever put out okay yeah okay so guys check that out okay. i was going to plug all three things right as we say goodbye the last thing is just any advice that you would give to somebody i mean every comic wants to knee jerk make a joke yeah. <laughs> as the <add>, don't don't, <laughs> don't 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 but any advice you would give to somebody Who wants to get into comedy? They're like us. They have something to say. Mm -hmm. They'll probably, you know, but what would you give them as, as terms of advice? I know that when you're with
1: your friends and you're making like racist, dark, homophobic, transphobic jokes that they think it's so funny at the end of the day, especially in Canada and trying to work on television and radio, People, especially in in the age of technology where everything is captured and published online, will only see you as that person saying that thing, and it will always come back to bite you in the ass. And when you're telling jokes that are homophobic, racist, transphobic, whatever, dark, like very dark, dark jokes, all comics. I did it when I started and I I don't necessarily regret it, but I don't do them anymore. And I learned why you don't do them. It's about being likable in this industry. And when you tell those jokes, you've lost half your audience. And the only people that you're winning over are incels and really douchey people that are just not fun comedy people. So if you want to win those people over, do that kind of jokes and stick to your guns. But for the love of God, when people are telling you, Hey, that joke was racist or Hey, that joke was like really not okay you have to be open to listening to that and you have to be able to grow from that because in this country you will never work if you are known for telling racist, transphobic, offensive, dark humor that will never get you booked, that will never get you on TV and it will get you nowhere in comedy because all the major amazing comedians, including Dave Chappelle, don't say those kinds of jokes without any kind of sense of irony or purpose behind it i find that Dave chappelle's take on trans people it's kind of annoying at this point but like i didn't find it funny I didn't, it's just I just, not funny it just
0: sounded like a stupid little like the first one from the special a while ago yeah. i watched it i didn't find it offensive i just did I like i was offended that it wasn't funny yeah that's what was offensive about it i yeah. didn't find
1: it but it will always yeah. come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. My advice to anybody getting into comedy, if you want to do dark jokes and offensive jokes and edgy jokes and stuff like that, just know you're a you dime a dozen. have
0: something to say behind it as opposed yeah. to just, hey, it's low-hanging fruit.
1: Low-hanging Racist, fruit. Racist, prejudiced, prejudice. whatever. It's yeah. lazy.
0: It's low-hanging fruit. And you might get a laugh, but it's 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 not the laugh that you, you would want.
1: It'll always come back to bite you in the ass. Always. Because everybody in comedy talks, and there is such a diverse group. Representation of comedians in Canada now. So when you say that about that, about a group of people, it's affecting at least you're talking about somebody that could pr- probably be on the show. And right. it's like, you, you're just an asshole. Yeah. So it's like, my advice. Maybe simply, even somebody who books a show.
0: Yeah. Just, <laughs> you just, know what just, I mean? Like, there's yeah, sort of like,
1: just my advice, don't be an asshole.
0: Yeah. Don't be an asshole. And, and yeah, likability is very important. That's one of the things that, that about you is you're a very likable person. Oh, thank you. On stage. Uh-huh. i i mean i've always found you to be likable offstage you've told me for years these stories about you being bitchy and drunk and i've never seen it you've never seen it i've never seen it. i and you know what's funny i'm getting to the point. You're lucky where I'm, I'm an old an old uh very nice greg schroeder type now where if i saw you being vicious i would come up and i would give you i would go what are you doing yeah what's wrong i would go what are you doing this this is not, I, I don't believe this is who you are i believe the fear behind this anger but they don't matter don't don't betray yourself. You're yeah. hurting yourself more than them right now. But we know each other, so. of course. And I would hope you. went. you know what, Josh? You fucking get on that treadmill. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'd never. Say I'd that. Pro- I would deserve it at least once. I think. But that's. Uh, I appreciate you. You being on the podcast. Yes, we thank you. This a, was amazing. We gave them a good. But did you have a good time? I had an amazing I, time. My insecurities are always going to be that like. I'm now talking to someone who used to sit in my passenger seat while I delivered pizzas. Yes. Who's now achieved heights that <laughs> I don't I I am I'm scared enough to, to to think that I would never achieve. I appreciate you giving me your time for free. I appreciate Wait, you. What? Down, this with is free. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I'm I'm grateful. I'm I'm still gonna be championing you and and admiring you from afar. I hope we get to work together yeah. again at some point. That at would be very, point, very nice. Be nice. Well I'm back at absolute, so yeah.
1: When? Ooh, uh, Toronto, like in, in March, but I'll, I'm coming back probably like. May, June. May, June? Okay. Ottawa, yeah.
0: Well, if you have spare time during the day, maybe we'll just sit down and either do comedy work or we'll just enjoy being two human beings yeah, we'll together. That. That'd be lovely. Sound good? Mm-hmm. We're going to plug the three albums. I'm ashamed I keep trying to remember the name of the first album. What was the name of your first album?
1: The first album is called Kyle Brownrigg, Unmedicated, The New Fragrance. The right. second album is called A Liability. This is the one that I am very proud of. I It's the one thing I've ever had complete control over and I could actually work out the material and then the third thing is i have a comedy special on crave called introducing lyle yeah
0: so So for context guys i was i was hoping you would do them in chronological because introducing lyle explains Mm. the liability yes but just even talking about this this person that you are you're like i get drunk in my mouth that would be lyle is your alter ego and
1: drunk and high yeah
0: drunk and high kyle is Lyle. lyle so we have unmedicated the new fragrance i love the picture of that by the way you Thank look you. great in that Thank can you. i tell you that i my worst nightmare is to not have my shirt on in any capacity that someone could see me so yeah i did the artwork for that
1: and i did the artwork for the second album
0: too yeah i like the first one better <laughs> but guys please please listen to it i'm gonna uh, I, I tag a bunch of the stuff on the episode notes so they can follow you are you on instagram i'm on everything okay F- guys to, to just exit this i love kyle very very much oh, uh, me there's too. there's i can i can honestly count on both hands the amount of people in the industry that i genuinely love there's less people i like but i'm i'm proud of you i care about you and i I, you. I i just want to say real quick when you're like on oh, thinking of quitting there's only two other people who who one of whom you mentioned on um, there's two other people in the entire time that i've known who are like i'm, I'm quitting comedy and i was like oh please don't that's such a loss Joey Houlihan was one of them. Yeah, I found his stuff to be funny, and he's I like, loved him. But he was so sincere with himself, and he's like, "I'm done. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. Like, I just don't want to. It's just, Stop. you know." I'm out. I was like, "Okay." I, he was always a very set boundaries person and everything, and he was like, "Yeah, I can't." And the other one broke my heart, Jimmy Cassidy. Yeah, well,
2: I he, was just like, he went he back was, to school.
0: For, he went back to school, but yeah. he was just a lot of his stuff was really, really good. But the the industry and the hanging out part, yeah, like he would have been a guy who, if he, I guess, I, I can't. I don't want to be judgmental or or say what he was, but if, if he was the kind of guy who would put his head down and just focus on the work part, do your writing, come out to the shows, do the the stuff, you know what I mean? And then just go home. Don't stay and drink all night. Like where, where a lot of his dark stuff was coming from in terms of in his life. I, I think it would be, he was so funny. Like yeah. his jokes were really, really good and yeah. everything like that. And I, it's, it's a loss to everyone who would have ever had a chance to, to hear him and his stuff that, that he stopped. Yeah. So I just, for what it's worth, I, I, f- I had to say like, no, when you're like, I'm just l- looking at leaving the industry. I'm like, that would be such a loss to everyone who could have an opportunity to consume your stuff. No, I appreciate So that. don't let the shitty, don't let the fucking your, your, uh, what's her face there. Jennifer Lawrence in the hunger games. <laughs> the industry is like, yeah, we're just going to use you up and get. No, you fight back against them, you win, you go do whatever it is that you're going to do. But but for what it's worth from this old broken diabetic, <laughs> high blood pressure <laughs> shit comic still in Ottawa, please don't stop.
1: I appreciate that and I love you so much. Love you too, buddy. And okay, I got thanks. a nasal drip that I got to talk to somebody. <laughs> Post-nasal, drip. Post-nasal, Post-nasal drip. Post-nasal. drip. Post after
0: my nasal. Yeah.
1: Thanks for doing this. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to leave you. I'm going to leave you with this. This is going to be my big closer. So I <laughs> said that I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, right? But I don't actually dream of being a stand-up comedian because I feel like my dreams are probably more important than that, right? For example, I dream that one day I will own a Dyson vacuum. (laughs) Right? Oh, Mm -hmm. oh it's happening (laughs) because if I have a Dyson vacuum like everything is going to be okay (sighs) oh those are not just commercials those are beacons of hope oh my god I will never forget the first time I saw a Dyson vacuum ad it was on TV and it was that like ball vacuum do you know what I'm talking about if you haven't seen that commercial before I'm going to do it for you right now this is a performance piece and like it's a lot so just brace yourself okay here we go okay over the past century (laughs) vacuum cleaners have had such an obvious design flaw (laughs) it's a wonder that we've all put up with it with four fixed wheels the only move that it can easily perform is a straight line With fixed axles, you can move forwards and backwards, making it nearly impossible to steer or turn corners. But if you pivot on a ball, you can go anywhere you want. Dyson. (laughs) And. Oh my god. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I, uh, I remember I saw that when I was 16 years old and I was uh, I was an emo kid I had the full my chemical romance bangs going on you know thank you thank you and if anybody doesn't know what an emo kid is it's like kiss with skinny jeans and I remember seeing I was just carving lyrics of the used into my arm like uh. our problems were so real And I remember seeing this commercial for the first time and it resonating with me so much. And I remember thinking to myself, I'll never forget, I was like, I don't know when (laughs) and I don't know how, but I know something's happening right now. Watch and you'll see The Dyson D66 multi-floor cleaner that if you buy online, you actually get an extended warranty. But I'm not even kidding. You literally have to call ahead every single time because if you don't, they will always screw it up. will be part of my world Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you. Omega oh my God.